Fucking Fact. Richard Lynch. <laughs> this that might be one of my favorite moments in the show history. I'm just... <laughs> Three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman from the foreign land of Canada. Our host, Mood Six One Six. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to Vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 133 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast is coming at you live. I am the host of the number one horror podcast on whorephilia.com. The 22 shits on all the other podcasts on the network, a.k.a. Moods. Yeah. And of course, I always got my two 1976 preparation slackers by my side. First up... (laughs) We have the man who is madly in love with Eli Roth and loves to overrate his films, Double Shot J, a.k.a. JP. Next up, we have the freelance entertainment industry worker, the man that puts the free into his last name, Freeman, once known as NES Ruler 22, but now simply settles for the Jew, a.k.a. Jeremy. <laughs> and we'd like to welcome back to the show for the last time one half of the Woodsboro <laughs> Brothers podcast because he is going to live in the Scream era for the rest of his life. Andrew, what's going on, homies? Hey, guys, look, we have the first, the most popular podcast on horophilia and the least popular podcast on horophilia. Hey! Look at this. <laughs> oh, oh, you're dis- oh, okay. I was like, I didn't get it at first, but no, no, that was pretty good. I'm going to give us Jeremy. Jeremy did a good job on that one. <laughs> I, I give- Not giving it to him. Anybody who gives half the best day a 10 out of 10 deserves to be named the worst. I didn't give it a 10 out of 10. Sorry. I'll give it a 9.5. Okay. okay. Yeah. We, we need to figure this out right now. So, Andrew, you are on the show. You picked this show. And you kind of put a little bit of a kink in JP's OCD here. Now, we always like to theme out our shows. And, you know, when this was originally picked, I think JP thought it was going to be like a floating heads, maybe volume one show or 90s show. But it turns out the Backlot Murders is actually from 2002 and is not either a floating heads film, really. And so what the fuck do we call this? What show is this? 133 episodes in, and we're stumped on the name of the show. <laughs> I when I made the show, I was thinking three Scream Era films. So I I, I know you guys are hating on but that pregame, but you know, films, <laughs> no, so. these are all three Scream Era films. You yeah, can definitely are. tell the Backlot Murders is very Scream inspired, and Friday the Thirteenth inspired, and Halloween inspired, and Psycho inspired, and every other fucking and Predator the inspired the, the score for Predators through the entire movie. Mm-hmm. No, they it? fucking went on Google and they typed in public domain sound effects, and that's how they fucking <laughs> got the sound effects for that movie. Okay, Pretty so much. yeah, these are Scream era films, but yes, I uh, didn't want to. I don't know. It, it's the uh, it's a weird version of Scream era films because it's not like the the ones you would roll to. 
So well, you I guys guess... covered all of them already, so I was short Yeah, so on you picks. picked two shitty ones and one semi-good one. Thank you. Well, I picked one great one and two good ones, <laughs> to correct you. <laughs> right. <laughs> we are picking a film, by the way, guys, that I like more than Happy Death Day. Really? That yep. isn't that hard to do. I, maybe it's because else I, I, I was just going to say, I mean... <laughs> you rate everything like 10 out of 10. I mean, you're fucking worse than 10 out of 10, Derek, and that's I, pretty no, hard to do because I, his I name is 10 out of 10, Derek. No, I only have 11 films in in my horror collection rated 10 out of 10. 11. Yeah, and 11 of them are fucking stupid picks to have a 10 out of 10 on. <laughs> JP JP's backing me up by at least two of them. Yeah? Well, Scream. Yeah, and 10 out of 10. I, uh, well, actually, never mind. Uh, the Exorcist. What would you give The Exorcist? Well, it would the- probably be close to a ten, honestly. Okay, there we go. There, there's my, there's my two that I feel like a lot of people can agree on. Yeah. Uh, what, what's one that nobody agrees on? All H two O. Oh my! God. You rate H two O a ten out of ten? H two O now sits at my number two of all time. <laughs> my second favorite. Holy. <laughs> Uh, the whole fr- what? That's your second. In I the- in- really? I that's have- the second favorite all time horror movie. Not even in the franchise. Well, too bad we can't have a shock moods post going on right now. Damn. <laughs> Do you also rate Resurrection a uh, ten out of ten? I gave it a one out of ten on our show. Oh wow! So you're not completely retarded. <laughs> well, just a little retarded. <laughs> he likes the, he likes the two thousand the remake carry better than the fucking seventy eight carry. So seventy six. He 76. likes the worst carry the best. And which is I, crazy. But on our show, on our carry show, which I do think is one of our most in-depth shows, I did say that I actually think that Angela Bettis plays carry the best. She is like the best carry because she is kind of like ugly in a way, but she also plays the like attractive carry in a in a good way too. She kind of like flows on both ways, both huh. ends pretty good. It sounds like if you would play carry. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that's supposed to mean. I don't. I, I didn't I don't really know. 100% get it, but it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, okay, so well, I don't even know where to go from. I that. don't know. We'll, 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 <laughs> I guess we'll come up with something. I really do not want to call this shit Scream Era Films Volume <laughs> One or Flicks. If you, I don't come, know. I just if don't you like. Come it. up with a better title. I know. It's just, go for it. I don't think Does there's a lot it? we have to work with now <laughs> that we can. Yeah. I was really hoping floating have a floating heads poster in another region though. I can't find it. I can't, I, I looked for, I can't find one that's floating heads. I didn't look too long, but yeah, the only <laughs> artwork I've ever seen for this film, I think is the one that's on the DVD. I swear that's the only one yeah. I've seen. So, and that one clearly does not have, floating we, heads you know what we, we could call it garbage day volume two. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I'm down. Um, but <laughs> Jeremy's like, I'm down. <laughs> oh man. So dude, I've had to watch more shitty fucking movies <laughs> these last six months than you guys have had to do fucking combined. So don't give me that shit. <laughs> it is true. You've probably watched more shitty movies on for this show than I've watched ever. Yeah. Every week I've had to watch at least one fucking piece of garbage <laughs> movie. It's this fucking horse shit. But you do do it to yourself. And you know what? We, after this rant, and after that rant again, you're probably going to get more next month. 
Okay, well, it's gonna fucking happen anyway, so you might as well just <laughs> have it happen. Jerry yeah, actually man, if you can't said win, you that. might as well keep complaining, right? Yeah. Jerry actually said that he stopped giving you shitty movies because everybody started giving you shitty movies. It's <laughs> 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 kind of funny. That's all right. Um, he has his mom's bush on his head, so. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so, um, one thing that I wanted to throw out here, by the way, is so. It seems like the tournament, the director's tournament, is going pretty well. What do you guys think about it so far? I mean, we talked a little bit about yeah, it. And, no, we didn't talk a little bit about it. What more do you want to say that we didn't already say last week? Well, because we've seen some results to actual the first round of 64 now. Well, there so, hasn't really been any upsets. So, I mean, there's been stupid-ass people like Andrew fucking voting for... Savi over fucking Polanski. No, I voted for Polanski. Yeah, I'm fucking dumbasses. I don't know, man. Some of these results are a little bit frustrating. I think someone even made a comment that everyone I vote for (laughs) fucking loses. But (laughs) but no, the Polanski one actually made me scratch my head a little bit. I mean, as much as I love Mikel Suave, like I mean, give me a break here. Well, I figured you would have you would have paid for played for that one. But I love Polanski. Like I mean the the. You know, the horror slash thriller films that Polanski has done are really good mm. and clever. Like, they're really well-made films. And, you know, he's done, what, three or four of them? He didn't do a whole lot of genre films like that. But the ones he made, I think, are pretty fucking quality. I mean, Suave only made, what, four films? So, you know, if you put them head-to-head, I, I think Polanski... I mean, if you definitely disassociate yourself with Polanski, the personal Polanski, and you, mm. you know... Because I think, I don't know, man. Maybe it's a fact, again, of people just not seeing his films. I don't know. Um, I mean, that that's the case for me. I still voted for Polanski just because Rosemary's Baby alone is better than anything that's, anything close to, to what Suave has done. It is true. And, you know, and, that, and even though I've only seen Rosemary's Baby from Polanski, I just think that all four of Suave's films combined don't even touch... But like, baby. but yeah, man, like the tenant from Polanski is, is, yeah, is an amazing yeah. film. And you no, know, actually that one's from 76. So I, I think you guys are probably getting around to watching that one. Yeah. The Fearless which, Vampire yeah. Killers is, it's more of a comedy probably horror not. type thing, but it's very, very clever. Repulsion is classic. I mean, shit, that was on our top hundred most influential films. I mean, that, those four films right there alone are saying a lot for Polanski's career. I was just shocked by it. Like actually when I looked, I was like, Wow. Swahili is beating kind of a legend. Yeah, I- I'm so, pretty sure that every single person that I voted for won. So I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure every single person I voted for. Maybe um yeah, yeah. I'm, I, you know, I think Joe Dante beating James Cameron was a little surprising, I guess. I think right. that's the only one. Well, because I think that James Cameron's the better director. But he doesn't necessarily make horror films, though. I was, you know, James Cameron even being in there. And, and you know, actually, it got me thinking. I, I'm glad that you brought up James Cameron because it got me thinking um, earlier yesterday. I was actually thinking about this. And uh, with um, Robert Rodriguez, was he not in the bracket at all? I didn't even know. But, it, like, I listed a bunch of directors on the top of my head. And then I just took suggestions for everybody else. And I didn't even think of robert rodriguez what robert has rodriguez, he done dust till dawn and the faculty right in the faculty and, uh, and planet terror planet terror oh yeah see right. that's kind of so messed up because he definitely belonged if you have some people in there 
For sure. Yeah, for sure. Because there's there's directors with two, but he's got three, you know, bonafide horror films. Mm-hmm. And arguably all good. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, so that one kind of baffled me that, a little that bit. That one should have been in there, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. We know that none of, like, Brian Usna has no chance of winning this competition. But it's just kind of fun to see what matchups you get. Like, Brian Usna versus Bill Lustig was a good matchup. It did The, the results weren't that close, but I thought it was a tough matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that Lustig has the higher like ceiling because he made um, Maniac, right? Yeah. yeah. Which is the and best film out of their, both their filmographies. But he also made Uncle Sam. Yeah, I mean, he did the Maniac, Maniac Cop, Cop films. You know, he did those. Uh, yeah, Maniac Cop 3. <laughs> yeah. Maniac Cop 2 is actually pretty good. I like it the best out of the three. But, yeah, I mean, so there's definitely some interesting – like, yeah, I understand, like, people like Steven Spielberg, not a horror director. I understand that. But I think that the three horror films that he did make, or at least two of them, are really fucking good horror films. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, Duel is great, and Jaws is one of the best We already had this fucking discussion last week, bro. Did we? About Steven Spielberg? Yeah. Oh, I just I haven't looked at the page here in a while and just noticed that Todd Browning actually got some votes finally over Eli oh, Roth. Yeah. I voted for Browning because <laughs> when yeah, I first I, looked see, at that, I disagree I, with that one. I don't think I don't think Browning's a better director than Roth. I really don't because Freaks is really good, but that's his best movie. Like he, he didn't even direct the best version of Dracula. Somebody else who nobody even knows directed a better version than he did. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I think I mean, most it's, people it's, consider the Spanish version of Dracula to be the better version. I mean, it is up for debate. I've heard a lot of people say they do like the, the Browning version better, but, you know, it's all taste, right? Yeah. Maybe it's people that don't want to watch the, the dub Spanish or the subtitles. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I prefer, yeah. honestly, I do prefer the Spanish one also. But uh, but Freaks is fucking classic. I mean, that movie, geez, there's so much to say about that one. I mean, for the time it was... And, you just you really can't make movies like that anymore. Maybe you could in the indie circuit, you know. Yeah, and, but, and I agree with that. There is a lot to say about it, but it's kind of not. Yeah, Schroyer, what are you doing? Get your mic fixed. What's going on here? Is this amateur hour? What? <laughs> when you <laughs> when you mute mute on the actual Skype instead of the mic because what I think is that's this fucking. Uh, 2014 journey this is like, here? G- like Jesus. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because it's we're getting some because <laughs> we're getting some feedback here. Okay. Um, but but freaks, yeah. It's I think that it's a, a great movie, but it's not. It's kind of simple, and it, there's not a ton of horror in it. I think the biggest issue here with comparing or like a battle like Todd Browning versus Eli Roth. What in the living fuck was that? I'm pretty sure I just heard sex. Okay, yeah, I, I thought maybe he was on the set of a porno for sure, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, I think the main issue with comparing, or ha- not comparing, but having a battle like Todd Browning versus Eli Roth, we're talking two completely different eras. I mean, one is right from the golden age it's of filmmaking. as different as you can get. Yeah, you can't really get any different than that. I mean, comparing somebody from the golden age of filmmaking, you know, everything was kind of limited, and they, you know, they did what they could. And that's how why Freaks kind of stands out a little bit because it was really kind of pushing the envelope and essentially ruined his career, like Jeremy's mentioned many, many times. Eli Roth is in an era where, you know, I mean, I mean his films are they're, they're well made, 
you know i mean yeah, if you well, like him or I, not I at, that's debatable is the, the best example and i think that you can talk about freaks and and all the cool stuff about that and we have talked about hostel and all the cool stuff that was you know about that and like the movement that was created and just like the the influence that that film had in i mean both of these films made our 100 best horror films i believe Mm-hmm. Did, I think Freaks made it, and um, yeah, Freaks was like in the top twenty, bro. And I yeah. think both of them, they, both of those films, were on our most influential list too. Yeah. So I mean, they're definitely an interesting matchup. Um, I guess maybe if I had seen more Tom, Todd Browning, I'm basing this off of the lone two films that I've seen, which is Freaks and Dracula. And personally, I think Dracula is one of the weaker Universal monster films. Um, and I, I honestly think that the Spanish one's a little bit better too. So it's like, I don't think that that movie is that good. Yeah. He created an icon in Bela Lugosi and stuff. Um, and that look of Dracula, but I'm not sure how good that film holds up as a well-directed movie. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's fair enough. It's fair enough. A lot of Tom yeah. Browning's films are actually hard to get a hold of. In general, yeah, you could see you could see some. You can see some of them, but aren't a bunch of his films actually like lost now? Isn't that yeah? Like but a lot of them are like on like Warner Archive. Yeah, so I've seen like six of them, yeah, six I've, or seven. I've of seen his a, movies. yeah, I've seen a fair amount of Browning's films yeah. too. But yeah, it's just it's hard, you know. I mean, they're two different eras. It's hard to you know to fully digest, you know, the filmmaking aspects mm. of it too, because it's just it's so different, man. It's so mm. different. But I think that I think that um, also like what some people were saying with like Eli Roth is I think people think that um, his, his he's like a much better r- director than he actually is a writer. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I, obviously if we learned anything from from last show, like I'm a pretty big fan of Eli Roth. Um, maybe because I like him so much as a person and like as a horror fan. That, I oh think, my god, I Andrew! Think, you're I think, killing the show. I think I'm completely, yeah. I'm, I'm one of those people that I think you know. I actually, well, I've said it a few times. I, I I think I like Eli Roth the person more than I like his films. I don't I don't dislike any of his films to the point where I'm like, oh, they're, he's garbage kind of thing. Yeah. You know, his films are okay. They're not my favorite in the world, but I do mm-hmm. like him because I feel like Eli Roth is just like us, yeah. and he's very relatable. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I do agree with the writing, which is kind of funny because a lot of people have brought that up since we did the last show, you know, about Eli Ross kind of weak dialogue and shit like that. And I mean, it happens to, it happens to a lot of great directors that don't have the greatest dialogue and stuff. Maybe his stuff is getting a little bit over critiqued, but yeah, it's still not the strongest stuff. It was an interesting, I think Dave brought it up about in uh, the Green Inferno, how his dialogue felt like it was from a different generation. I never thought of it until I actually thought about it. It's <laughs> like that's kind of funny, considering yeah, what I he's supposed really to be think playing of that off either. Yeah, <laughs> considering what he's supposed to be doing, it's like a modern, you know, it's it's very very modern idea, right? Satire type thing, mm-hmm. and and it's and if it's if the dialogue is coming off as a different generation, it's kind of working against itself big time. So I guess if you're seeing it like that, you you know the movie is really not going to work for you. But. I mean, I don't agree a hundred percent with with Dave. Mm. I, I I do think that like some of the the social justice warrior angles with that do seem a little bit dated, but at the same time, we actually seen this film a couple years after it was you know written too. I mean, it's you not a whole I mean? generation so, though. I mean, it was yeah a yeah. Years. Well, I mean, I don't know the social justice warriors of like the 
10 year ago generation you know i wasn't really around for that but i do know that there's a lot of douchebags today that that come off a little like that maybe maybe not as much but you know um but yeah uh i, I think that that he kind of opened my i didn't really see that but it was a good it was a fair point for sure like jerry see what what <laughs> like jerry didn't real social social justice warrior douchebag <laughs> Oh, uh, douchebag! Just douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> just douchebag. Douche douche yeah. Um. I, but to wrap up the uh, the March Madness 2018 thing, there's some cool matchups coming up. If you guys haven't joined, please join the group page at search forward slash 22 shots search, and then uh, you guys can check out the the polls that go up every day. I'm not doing ones on Sundays, um, even though I think Sunday is more active than our Saturdays. If you look at the statistics. Um, but yeah, Monday morning they'll start up again. And uh, yeah, I did want to. Uh, do you guys have anything else on that? Absolutely not. Negatory. Okay, so uh, going to do this contest right quick uh, for the month of March. The Patreon contest. Uh, have everybody's name in here. Should I read them off or no? No. Okay. Just um, Jerry the faggot and Carly the cunts. We do have both of them, I, even though I would not cho- choose to call them by those names. Um, but we also have Jonathan Wilhelm uh, three times um, because he got triple entries here for this month as well. Um, and yeah, so the prize this time, I was going to give something out of the collection, but we had a awesome uh, listener uh, hook us up with a copy of Demon... Uh, wind demon wind isn't that what it is demon wind from vinegar syndrome jesus you don't even know what fucking prize you're giving who sent who sent that in uh it is corbin dandy who's actually won a few of our contests so that's pretty cool he's giving back he had an extra copy of demon wind unfortunately it is not the lenticular slip covered awesome version but this movie is still pretty cool um i think me and moods seen it uh vinegar syndrome (laughs) thanks for sharing the wealth yeah i didn't even I didn't get the slipcover with mine either, but it's about the flick. Come on, peeps. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing, Corbin. That's really awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Didn't even know. That's awesome. Yep. Good shit. Uh, he PM'd me the other day and asked. Uh, he said he had an extra copy and would like to give it away in the Patreon. And Corbin actually is a Patreon uh, member, so if his name happens to come up, then I will be giving him something instead, <laughs> and then we could use his thing next month. So Lord um, knows you you probably got enough in the collection you could probably spare with right now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with that said, <clears throat> yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna hit the randomizer in three, two, one, go. Uh, and the winner is Action Jack Man. Man, he's won before that mofo. Has he really? Action yeah. Jack Man, really? He so doesn't action... even pick anything. He just supports the show because he's cool. Yeah, he doesn't. He's he's literally has donated over eighty dollars at this point. Um, he's been a Patreon member since we first started Patreon in the month of July or June or yeah July, and he actually has never picked a tier. He just has given us 10 bucks every month, which is pretty cool. And uh, hopefully, um, since you've won a couple times, maybe it's actually worth it to, to donate every, uh, maybe every once. Maybe he intended to the first time, and he just forgot about the Patreon, and $10 has been coming out of his account for the last eight months. <laughs> well, Action Jack, man, if that is the case, now you know, buddy. <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, uh, hit hit me up and I will uh, get your address and we'll send you out a copy of Demon Win by Vinegar Syndrome. Um, if it is out of country, I would like to extend an offer to pay that shipping um, to Corbin uh, because he actually has the copy. And if for some reason Corbin decides to not send it to you, then we'll figure something else out too. But I'm not I'm not saying that Corbin wouldn't do that. He's a pretty regular um, around here. So um, and if and honestly, if it's even in the U.S., we could send you the shipping price as well. Um, just. <laughs> Give us your PayPal and tell us how much it was to ship it, and we'll pay for it for you. Um, but yeah, so uh, thank you guys. As always, there is a monthly contest. Sometimes we're a little late on them. If I'm shipping the prize, guaranteed that you're going to get it about two to three months after you win it, but you will get it, guaranteed. Um, so please uh, support the Patreon uh, in any way. And just so you guys know, we're probably going to be limiting the amount of actual influence for the next coming summer months is it's getting closer we're gonna have to scale back because we do less shows so um get them in while you can uh because they're they're, they're gonna be taking a break for like the what we watched picks and the chill and like what andrew picked today the trilogy show and stuff like that simply because they, we just won't have the time moods goes on vacation every damn weekend uh and jeremy works a lot and I no Jeremy complains more man. than he works. Really have much. You know what? Fuck you, man. Okay? You do. You fucking see. You're doing it right now. He does. He does. Yeah, he does I complain, but guess what? I still watch the fucking movies. I get it all done. Hey, so it's about time you watch all the fucking movies. Fucking brown hole, bro. I, I thought you meant he was. Com- he complains about work because he does that too. Oh no, no, he yeah, complains too. about that too. Yeah. Of course. I complain about everything, like having Andrew Schroeder on the show. What do you expect? <laughs> this guy's on fire tonight. one joke after another i guess it's this 52 ounce coffee i have right next to me that'll do it that'll do it jesus christ man your heart's gonna oh dude i got a keurig yeah yeah you didn't even drink coffee as a coffee person i don't drink coffee but now i have all these guys what are they called k cups i got a ton of them so i gotta start drinking coffee now dude i literally drink three or four a day of those it's handy as shit man it, it, I, I used it I don't last drink night, it and I was I like, I can totally see why people drink this stuff. It's convenient as hell, and it's, it's caffeine. Convenient, but it's like I don't. I like drip better. I rather just put it in the pot. Well, but it's all it's all preference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got friends like that yeah. too. They don't like the the Keurig ones, but I, you know, I'm a big fan of the flavors, man. Go out of my way to get the different flavors and shit. Yeah, that that Poo-poo makes me flavors. I, the fucking peppermint Sally. Ever since I seen it in Moods is uh, one of his. Um, Oh, marathon uh, videos. Marathons. Man. I was like, ah, oh, that would be actually like, because I always need caffeine when I'm watching, especially when I have to watch like three movies in one day, like I did yesterday for this show. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, like I need to uh, get some caffeine. If I don't have any monsters, I'm just, I'm screwed. So, like, this is actually opened up opportunities for me i'm feeling good about it i've seen moods video it seem like it's a fucking life-changing fucking- <laughs> it is it's a pretty big life-changing thing i have like un- like as of right now it feels like unlimited coffee that's super simple to make mm-hmm. so um i don't like coffee but i'm gonna drink it now and uh yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty nervous going into this but at the same time i'm kind of I don't think I'll replace monsters i'll probably just drink double the caffeine you can always but, get those um, flavored creamers too that really oh, helps man. out a lot of people like yeah. that. So it's not that I don't like coffee because I love like you know Starbucks like iced coffee or something, but I hate hot drinks. They bug me. Hmm. So that's they make your throat dry. 
Not necessarily. I just don't. I, it just feels wrong to drink hot liquid to me. Do you eat soup? Not really. I had some wonton soup today. Oh, that's a good wonton choice. soup. Look at you, fucking expanding your palate. Yeah, yeah. That was actually the first time I ever tried that too. So yeah. I, Did you I, like I, it? Oh, I love it's me. All right. Tastes soup, like chicken man. noodle soup a little bit, which yeah. I like. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It came. It came free with the. Uh, uh, dinner that I got, so tried it out. But yeah, uh, so Keurig, pretty crazy, pretty pretty excited about that. Just just so do we still have out. do we still have uh, one half of the Woodsboro Brothers podcast here? Or what's going on with Andrew? Uh oh, static incoming. Andrew, is he gone? Did that, he drop? I have no idea. I just I thank God he's gone. Anyway, <laughs> no, I mean, it still says he's on the call. So I just wanted to ask him what was going on with the uh, the Woodsboro bro. Woodsboro he's bros. The, he's probably out partying with the fucking rest of the school. Maybe he actually was on the set of a porno there. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Too loud. For yeah. He might have got a little friendly fire in in his uh, bro. <laughs> face. <laughs> he's off fluffing <laughs> somebody right now. <laughs> it's a big cast, you know, well, Damn. Out in, but in about a minute 30, there's going to be a lot of noise because fucking all right well i guess Loyola's i guess gonna we win. can't really continue to ask him any questions so um, good yeah, if, if he comes back uh, i'm very well. happy now <laughs> anyway let's get to the news oh. all right man so oh, uh am i i'm here oh, 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 oh man. now he's here what's going on with the woodsboro bro i'm depressed bro? what's I, uh, i'm so fucking stupid i i i did what you asked and and muted my mic from my from my computer and then i <laughs> I forgot that I had also muted it from my f- my microphone. Microphone, yeah. So I'm like, uh, I was like fiddling around, like, what the hell's going on? I'm not frozen. Whatever, I'm back. <laughs> so what's going on on Woodboro, Woodsboro Bros? What kind of what well, kind of flavor do you guys got coming up? Uh, our next episode, we're going to be recording here in a couple days. Um, usually doesn't take me too long to get it out. After that, we'll be recording just a Netflix special show. Um, we're going to be doing uh, Veronica and the Ritual, and then I'll also be talking about open, open house. Yeah, open house. Uh, the so basically f- covering three Netflix movies. I hope you're talking uh, about the early or the what? What is it? Mid '80s slasher, early '80s slasher, open house. Are no, the net, the one that's on Netflix. I know. I'm just fucking with you. Obviously, <laughs> the one on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you know it's a Netflix show. Moods. Santa Clarita Diet came out. Season two, I got to get on that. You know what? I actually worked. Wa- worked. I watched the first episode last night. Is it cool? And it was awesome. F- and it was fucking fun. Great! I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah, that shows good. So man. that's what that's what you guys are doing, uh, coming up here. Actually, definitely check out the episode that I was on. I absolutely killed it. If I do say so myself. Me too. You two killed it. Yep, I killed it. No, you did never kill it. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that episode was really awesome we went over some like hidden gems slash underrated movies um me and carly joined them for that um i did want to kind of uh, I, before we get into the news guys i did want to just let everybody know who listens to some of my other shows that i am no longer on the married with children podcast i don't know how much of our audience actually listened to that show um but Wait, people yeah. listen to that show actually yeah they they do we actually yeah. did pull some good numbers you know not at first we did terrible at first but we've steadily been increasing huh. the entire time we've been doing it um even on you know 
YouTube. Well, one of the, what, what was the Married to Children episode that made the top 10? It was our last episode, I think. It was the last, the one where uh, you... What was the, no, no, it would have been February. So, yeah. Um, oh, it was, um, it was, uh, what the hell was it? I think it was our, like, wrap-up show or something like that. It might, no, it might have been a commentary. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, that was, uh, oh, I think that it... was quite an experience. I, I stayed on that show for over a year and a quarter, I think. Um, and we've never missed an episode. I've missed, like, three, I think. Um, but the the guys have never not posted a show every single week, um, so that was that was a good experience. I, I built a stronger friendship with Alex and and Jerry, which was pretty cool. Um, obviously, Jerry, you guys know. Um, Alex kind of retired from horror podcasting a little bit, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jamie and Dan Chase or Jamie Jenkins, uh, Salmons and Dan Chase have joined over at married with children and I'm, i know that they're gonna kill it because they did on skeleton crew for so long but uh yeah it was kind of my time to bounce i think um i think a lot of people didn't expect me to stay on that show that much but i actually ended up really enjoying recording it every week um but now i feel like i'm free as hell i have all this extra free time like m- my mondays were and the whole day was like took up because we would we would record you know as soon as I got home from work and it was like nine p.m. when we're done, so Mondays are now open, which I could watch more nineteen seventy six movies. Yay! Got <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. slackers, man. You guys are slackers. Do you expect well, anything? Dude, less honestly, from man, me? I like listen. I gotta start getting on them. I've watched. I've been watching about two a week as of right now. But uh, I'm going to start picking up. And, hey, I asked you guys if anybody wants to throw me what we watched in April being 1976 movies, I would be more than happy to cover them. Look at this uh, motherfucker. <laughs> you believe this Man, I'm, a, I'm fucking on fucking, I'm on rewatches right now. Well, a couple I of anyways. I still films like freaking Carnage Road and Summer <laughs> Massacre, and you're fucking asking for 76. Hey, dude, you, you could have did it, too. You're just mad that you didn't think of it Jeremy, first. are you even going to get to 20? Yeah, because exploding heads is all passing you up, man. Oh, good. <laughs> but you're a host, you you're like one of the hosts on this show. I did Get 50 the 2017 films, so I did fucking fine. I'll be yeah, fine. That's that was 2017. We're now, we're now in 1976, bro. I'll be fine. All right, you better be fine. I don't want to hear you come on the show and be like, I watched 19, and then exploding heads is like, I watched 25, 25, and 70. Well, since we're since we're in, the, I can't promise because that's probably going to be a reality. But I'll try my best. Yeah. Since, well, at least watch all the heavy hitters. Oh, I will. Do you need any recommendations? We got to the news now. <laughs> so since we're in the you know in the moment of self promotion for the you know the seventeen people that actually listen to this show and my other show, Disposable Arts, this goes out to you, Daniel. Uh, new episode is going to be recorded next week. So I know there is people that do listen to that show and also listen to this show, so that'll be coming mm-hmm. out. But it's a very, very small crowd, which I'm cool with. It's all good, but it is coming because I think that we might all be able to be on the same schedule for one week. So, see, not every single thing Moods does is a massive success. No, well, it's because we've uh, every episode that we record is like four months apart. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, really, we have no rhythm because of our schedules. It's kind of been, yeah, it's that's been like a, Netflix and chill. It's been a total disaster with the scheduling. Where the fuck is Netflix and chill? Fucking you know, Carly's on all these we other were, shows. We were supposed to do an episode like 
last week, but I <laughs> I got behind on watching movies because I still had two Patreon and three uh, Schroyerons. Schroyerons. I yeah. like that name. I, I dig it. But you know what, man? I'm happy. I mean, the show does, you know, it still gets a few hundred views. I mean, four or five hundred views on, on the channel and stuff, which is good enough. That's fine. There's people that listen to it, so... That's yeah, I think it's good stuff. It's all good, man. It's all good. I mean, it's just it's a fun little thing. I just wish that our schedules matched up a little more. Like you know, of course, with you and Carly, the same type mm-hmm. of thing. But man, we've had issues every time we go to do something. It's like this: someone's schedule changes. <laughs> you know, it's like holy fuck. And like, I'm pretty strapped for time as it is. I'm kind of mm-hmm. stuck in this one little uh, this one little era of time, and yeah, it's tough. But they're coming. They're coming. They're coming out to you guys. So. Stay tuned. All right. On that note, let's get into the fucking news with your host, Jeremy the Jew. We'll do it live. No. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! I'm, I'm a host now? Well, you're hosting the news for now. Don't fucking oh, it. Alright, so I'm gonna do the news this week because JP's fucking stupid, so now you're gonna have to listen to my amazing reading skills twice tonight. I'm actually curious to see what so, you found. Uh, let's see. First piece, uh, Platinum Dudes Producers Update on current Fridays for 13th franchise. So, uh... So what this guy said, who is a producer for Platinum Dunes, he says, uh, one of the biggest heartbreaks the last couple of years was that we were about to make that movie and it fell apart. That still hurts, full or admitted. The fans reach out to us. Andrew doesn't really engage because <laughs> he wasn't joking. Twitter, he does suck. But I am and I hear from the fans and that's all. I- what? Fuck you guys. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he totally just left, right? <laughs> no. Come on, Jeremy. It's OK, buddy. He's just a little bud. Oh, my just God. Just give him a treat. Oh, my Fans God. think it's so simple I'm... that we want to make the movie, we could go and make it, and that's just not the case. Because of fucking, of course, the rights. Mm-hmm. Now the movie is a new line, and we made a lot of movies with those guys, but that's not our home studio anymore. So, Platinum Dunes. More Friday bullshit that's never going to happen. So, Yeah, I, I read that article earlier today, and um, yeah, it seems like right now it's like the worst to be a Friday the 13th fan because the rights were originally with Paramount. Then they went over to Warner Brothers. Because it wasn't then, like a World War C, like, oh, we could give you this movie if you give us the Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And then they never made anything out of it, so it went back to... So it was with Warner Brothers. They made... Uh, they didn't make anything, I don't think. And then they so do they ha- gave they- them back to Paramount, and then Paramount had a couple years to make a movie, and that was the latest one. And... Then they didn't, so the rights went back to Warner Brothers. Now they're with New Line, which I didn't even know was still a studio. I thought they were just so. Is this like a time thing? So when the rights went to Warner Brothers, did they have so much time before the rights reverted back to Paramount? Is that what happened? No, no, no. no. The rights were with Warner Brothers because they own them. Because if you remember, way back in the day, right? Paramount owned Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, yeah. They got rid of it to New Line. That's when we got Jason Goes to Hell. Jason X and Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, yeah. All the movies uh, that Schroeder probably loves the most. Yeah, I, I know that. <laughs> and then, so New Line was bought out by Warner. By okay, that's right. Okay. 
And so Warner Brothers owned them. And then Paramount wanted them back, so they sold them a movie, like a Fincher movie or something like that. And <laughs> they got the rights for, 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 for Friday the 13th, but then they just sat on it yeah, for yeah. so long. And then they got cold feet whenever rings did bad. So they pulled the plug on it. Apparently they had like, they were ready to shoot. Like they had a whole script, like everything was going good. And then Paramount pulled out the rights. Then yeah, expired, cause they were supposed to start in March, right? I think so. Something. Yeah. Like I remember that, reading yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, so Paramount, lost the rights they reverted back to warner brothers and according to mr fuller they're with new line now which i believe is just an extension of warner brothers at this point so i'm not 100 percent sure on that but now yeah, they bought there's the name. also they this... bought the name right so it's probably I, I wouldn't assume it's the same company who knows but they bought the name right yeah so now i think that like this victor miller is that his name victor miller or what the the guy who wrote the original or whatever he has this thing going on with this legal thing so chances are that they're not even going to do any pushing towards a new movie until whatever is settled with him um because it would be like the geek legality of of doing it while you're in essentially in a court case with um going to court over the the ownership of this film so isn't it fucking crazy how you can make like 12 films in a franchise and then have this type of bullshit happens where yeah, because it's been a but nightmares like almost going on 10 years right since the last one yeah i don't really know the whole story uh, with uh, the whole nightmare no, thing tw- but 2010 10. yeah it's wow 2000, it's almost, it's almost the 10th ago. anniversary of nightmare on elm street 2010 yeah it's crazy Do you but, love that one too andrew uh no it is my second least favorite well, second least favorite. Um, but yeah, man, like, how do you make twelve fucking films in a franchise and then all of a sudden come to this type of legal bullshit all these years later? I know, I, and you know what hurts worse is like Dave Z told me so the entire time, and I was like, no, nah, this one's really going to happen because they're not going to just lose all that money that they gambled on Fincher's film or whatever, <laughs> and yeah. then it never freaking happened. And uh, yeah, and and he was completely right on that one. Um, but I think that fri- we probably won't see another Friday for a very long time, which is disappointing to me. Obviously, it's my favorite franchise, but I don't know about you guys. I've been itching for a new Elm Street, and I know that it's like you know non-Robert England. Everybody's afraid of it and stuff like that. But I just really want a new Elm Street. You know, at this point, you know, it's been so many years since that remake. I mean. Is there a point to make a sequel to that or just make another full-on reboot? I say you just do Dream Warriors. If you're going to do something, not exactly like Dream Warriors, right? But like the same concept, kids in a mental hospital, last children of Freddy, like that type of thing, but just not the same movie. Um, I'm not I think a, that would be a good start. I'm not 100% convinced I actually want to see that, though, even though part three is my favorite and I guess I'm a fucking retard for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i got called a fucking retard for uh saying that part three is my favorite in the franchise but um seen that which, which yeah, legitimately cracked me right out i thought it was so funny it's just the way it was written i literally burst I out used laughing to think in you public were the smartest reviewer ever yeah and then all of a sudden i'm a fucking retarded retard. <laughs> <laughs> so good i actually responded to i just i burst i just big laughter and i was like dude come on man it's just my favorite i didn't say it was better but anyways whole nother argument i don't know if i want to see another 
you know, hospital-based one. I mean, I even though I love that type of, you know, setting and stuff, but I like to see something completely new. But at the uh-huh. same time, it would be nice. I mean, you know, that familiarity would be kind of cool, too. But I don't know, man. I don't know what they do. Like, I mean, it's been so many years since that one. I mean, the remake was not a All success. All you have to do is not tell another origin story. I think I, I think care. the way the big heads would even approach a situation, they're like, well, you know, it's been, I mean, by the time the new one comes, it's probably going to be 10 years. I mean, 10-year anniversary. Let's reboot it, you know, with a whole, I don't know, redo the first. I bet you that's what happens. Dude, I, I can't I see them doing a sequel to it. I'm literally going to Hollywood and slitting throats if they do another <laughs> fucking Elm Street that's literally the same story, like Nancy and Tina, like and all that I bullshit. Know. I don't want to see it again at all. Like I don't want to see that either. But I'm just thinking the way they're they probably I, I have you're, their. You know, I think you probably have a good percent chance of that being the case. Yeah. I'm just really hoping it's not. I know. Because I, like personally, I think Freddy and the the concept is such a cool concept that literally. The films have barely scratched the surface of what you can do with that concept. That's what I've always so said, too. So that's why I want another one. And I've seen fan films and, and different things where where no, no names have like tried to play Freddy. I'm like, okay, these aren't that bad. Like, Of course there's going to be this negative reaction no matter who does it. But I think that there are people that can do a, a believable Freddy. I really do. So um, I think that you know, casting would look, look at it, right? It proves that somebody that is in a iconic role can be replaced if you do it properly. Um, speaking of Tim Curry and Bill Cigar, I think or it's just, you know, for somebody like myself, you know, I, I mean, when the remake was approaching, I was like, you know, okay, I'm going to have to try and accept this. And, and I did. I went in, you know, with a pretty open mind. I just didn't care for the film whatsoever. But I think for the hardcore Nightmare on Elm Street fans, um, you know, Freddy was Freddy throughout the whole original franchise. I think it's a little mm-hmm. bit different when you compare it to the Friday the 13th franchise where there was so many people playing that character. You know, you love the franchise, but people love the Robert England in that franchise. Mm-hmm. It's not just Freddy. It's Robert England himself because you get so attached to that person under the makeup. Yeah, it's also. like, can you think of anybody else playing Chucky? That's, or John Kramer. That's a good point, Hell Jeremy. No. That's a good I point. I mean, I, I can in a sense of if somebody – because, like, voices are different, right? Because, like, how, how many people – Okay, John Kramer. Can you after... see anybody else playing that role besides no, Tobin not to- Bell? No, Tobin Bell has to play that. Exactly. He can't. Nobody else can play John Kramer. Like, somebody else could take over as the, the villain, which we've seen. Yeah, fail. yeah. I mean, that's a little <laughs> different, yeah. Um, yeah, nobody can literally just be John Kramer. Yeah, that's no, you can't do that. But but they did become John Kramer in voice terms. You know what I mean? Like other people, like he was gone, and and other people were doing the voice and stuff, and it and it worked out fine. In terms of that, they just picked bad villains. But yeah, like so, I get what you're saying. Like for, like Freddie is only Freddie. Robert England played him the entire time. Um, but now that we have one, now that we've had somebody <clears throat> else take that bullet and play him i think a third person would actually be accepted more than the first person yep which being jackie um but yeah i i i think that it's about time for another elm street to go in production i hope that soon i'm just curious you know and it might suck who knows and 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 if it does it does but i would rather take a chance and see another elm street than and it suck than to not get another elm street 
and me want another Elm Street the whole time. So you know the discouraging thing about the the franchise though is you never hear. I mean, the, the talks, the rumblings of a new Nightmare film just aren't there anymore. Like I feel well, like they, it's all- they really never were, right? I mean, <clears throat> like the only time we've heard rumblings of another Elm Street is when we got the 2010 remake. Yeah, there hasn't been like, like any news, like the Friday news. Yeah, at Friday. Oh no, no, no for sure. Like start and stop well, over that- and over again. But Nightmare, if news comes out that they're making a Nightmare movie, I would probably believe it <laughs> because mm-hmm. um, they haven't teased it like the other franchises. Yeah. But th- that's also contributing to my point, though. It's been so many years you know eight years nine whatever it is now why hasn't there been you know maybe people are not interested in freddy but i i really no he's definitely sellable i think that the studio heads are probably just like i feel like they just they were willing to make a remake eight years ago right and they must have had a vision to reboot you know make a franchise out of this new film that they're creating you know to make sequels from this that's always the idea but what happened like i mean it's not like the movie tanked to the point where they're like holy shit that like corrupted our fucking our uh business you know so i think i think that they just feared that critically it didn't do the best and like i think that fan wise people were kind of pissed so they had to have realized that critic wise and well, I mean, maybe critics might have been a bit easier on it. Who knows? They might have been a little bit more forgiving. But the the fans, obviously, coming from our perspective, you know, if you were a, a fan of the original franchise, it's probably not going to be as easy to accept. They must have known that going into that, right? But the film didn't mm-hmm. do overly that bad at the box office, from what I remember. So yeah, no, I don't. Think, I think it did. Fine. I'm surprised I didn't just you yeah, know, try I, to pump out something right after. And but I mean, eight years eight, is a long time after you reboot something, not to do anything or not have any rumblings. It's kind. Of, it's kind of scary to me. Like I just kind of, mm-hmm. I'm at that point where I feel like we're not going to get anything. It's been almost too long. I f- I feel like it's too valuable of a property to not do anything that's with it. why it's mind-blowing to me i just don't get it i mean the freddy image the character itself sells itself it tef- it definitely should yeah. you know it's done it in the well, past I, I thought with the new it film that it might mu- because it was done by warner brothers i thought that maybe that might get their juices going for other properties that they have that they could reinterpret to a new audience and kill it because like like the cool thing about it is that it's very similar to like the, the mythology around the it character is very similar to that of Freddy Krueger. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it really is. When yep. you boil it down and, and really check and like compare, they're very similar stories. And who knows? Like, wouldn't it be kind of neat to see a Elm Street that actually has children instead of teenagers? That would be a different spin, right? Um, that'd be scary as hell. But I mean, there's all kinds of things you could do with it. I hope that maybe that somebody somewhere is thinking about it, but from the, you know, on, on, in theory, you know, that's, it's a scary idea to put kids into that film and and create that story with kids around Freddie. Um, I just don't think it says as well. I mean, it could be marketable now that it does did so well, but people really like those teens, teen type characters. I know. Just right. look at who we're doing the podcast with tonight. Exactly. So I mean, I mean, who hasn't it, said anything it could in work about with the kids. Minutes. He's like the Jeremy. I I just you know think what? it's a real I'm shame. A guest on here. <laughs> so why are you here then? If you're just gonna sit there for fucking forty five minutes, <laughs> Jeremy's just rocking it. He's such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Um, He's being polite. But to wrap up, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street, it, it's for me personally, it's it's just such a shame, you know, because it's my favorite franchise. And All right, I, I'll I just, it down. I just cannot believe that it's mm. been so long since they did the remake and nothing, no rumbling stuff. So as a fan, you know, somebody that really tries to stay positive with things, it's it's hard to after all these years. And, you know, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe it's one of these cases where they have the, you know, the Victor Crowley film already filmed or, you know, this other, you know, this other film completely filmed. Mm-hmm. But I doubt uh-huh. it with a big studio. Who knows? I mean, we can only yeah. wish for it. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I really don't want to see that uh, that full on reboot. But come on, guys. Yeah. We need <laughs> Freddy again. Any like just bring it back. Yeah. And, and release bullshit. <clears throat> The goddamn Freddy's Nightmares on DVD already, goddamn it. That's I should, I should download some bootlegs of that this week. There was this dude that was selling these sweet-ass bootlegs that were like Blu-rays, but they were just like, the transfers were really solid. You know, I'm sure they weren't 1080p, obviously, but they were they were good. It was just that he could fit more episodes on two Blu-ray discs than a ton of DVDs. But um, he stopped selling them. I tried to get one, and, and uh, yeah, it, but it was a sick-ass set. Yeah. All right. Next up, I spit on your grave. Making of book on the way later this month. So I guess since the film is coming back with that sequel that we've talked about a few times, they're going to make a uh, retrospective on the first film and talk about why uh, the film is continued to be talked about today and the video nasty scandal it had and you know everything about the movie. And the effects that it had on the genre. We've talked about this before. I'm sure to picked up my paper that I wrote on this film. I fucking wrote a 5,000 word essay on this movie. But uh, I'm curious to read this. This would have been a good uh, source from when I was writing my paper. But, uh, you know, it's I Spit on Your Grave. If you guys haven't seen it, then I don't know why the hell you're listening to this podcast. It's awesome. You should listen to the Joe Bob commentary because it's just as good. So the new I Spin in Your Grave film is going to be a, a direct sequel to the original one? Yep. Is and that- Camille Keaton <laughs> is set to reprise her role. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting again. wonder if she's going to get raped again. All these franchises that just, you know, they'll, they'll you know have a remake franchise and then put another sequel into the, <laughs> I just it, I, I love when they do that. It's so it's, funny to it's me. It's so bizarre. That's uh, a messed up <clears throat> franchise because you have you have part one and then you have the unofficial Savage Vengeance and then you have uh, the remake <clears throat> and then two sequels Which to that and now you have a <laughs> Savage Vengeance might have the funniest rape scene ever in yeah, a you, film. Yeah, you've talked about that before on the show. Yeah. God, I can't wait to eventually cover them. Damn, it's <laughs> so ridiculously bad. It, it's so stupid, but yeah, it's shot on video and shit. But actually, you know, oh, in the favorite. in the book, I, I'm really I'm really curious to know if they actually talk about um you know the cover art because the ass that you see on the original box art yep. is demi moore's ass allegedly charles band told us that so we got to take it with a grain of salt i'm pretty i I've, I've read around on it i'm pretty fucking sure it is her ass that's on there i mean from everything that i've read i don't know i mean you can never be 100 percent sure and you are right charles band did say that and who knows <laughs> and we all know his track it's a, record it's definitely it's definitely a selling point for charles band right he's a salesman but i mean, I mean it makes sense because he but uh, parasite was with demi moore right? I, did, I mean wasn't that was that around the same time as the box art 
I don't know. Probably oh, not. Oh, when they put it on him? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but uh, as, as far as I looked into shit, I couldn't see Demi Moore denying that, though. Mm-hmm. Well, so, who the hell? Well, I don't even know how the information would get to her. Yeah. Who's coming up to her and be like, "Demi, it's have a you ever heard from this film?" You think like spit on your grave? You think one time in the history would be like, you know, after Charles Ben said, yeah, that but Demi that, Moore's that only came on out a couple years ago too. Though. Yeah, well, if I ever met her, I would bring her my laser disc no, and see what out. would happen. It, that that information's like, been could out you for sign her? Could you sign your ass, please? And yeah, just the, the left cheek, please. Just see what she. I'm says. pretty sure that info has been around for a you know a fair bit of time. But no, it, I'm pretty sure that just came out like within the last five years. But don't you think somebody said, would try to comment or contact Demi Moore and be like, yo, for real? Is that really your ass on there? Like, just I don't know. Person. I don't I don't know how one does contact Demi Moore. Yeah. How she stays like an A-lister. I have no idea. She's, would, Is would she, she an ever, A-lister? I, I don't like, know. Was she ever? Nice. An A-, I don't know. But it's just like I'm sure she was at one point a list. But if yeah. it is true, that's amazing. That's a really cool tidbit, though. Demi Moore's ass on there. Yeah, that's Pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Next up, Sack Baggins, who is the executive, uh, who is the guy who's from Ghost Adventures, which is, I think, probably one of the longer running ghost shows on TV. It's been on for freaking forever. Yeah, one uh, of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. You like it? Yeah, I love it. I grew up. So we you, used to watch it every Saturday. So you like that type of shit? That fake. Like ah, there's ghosts in here type thing. I've no, never I, seen I, an I, episode. Didn't, I, I hated it. I, I hated uh, go. Was it Ghost Hunters? That's on the Sci Fi Channel. I, yeah. I really that one just really appeared fake. But they they actually do a good job on the Ghost Adventures. I just uh, like yeah. their personalities too. Is it like a like what is it? Is it a found fo- like a found footage type thing, or is it just shot with like regular style and they're just hunting shit? Like I I don't even know. I've never seen any of these you know fictitious ghost hunting well, shows before i don't know what they're about it's found footage because basically grave encounters uh the guy who the main character is he's pretty much a ripoff of zach bagans oh no shit <laughs> really oh, that's funny See, yeah, yeah grave looks, encounters looks... when i think back to like the shows we did over the past like year or so that's one of my favorite shows we did mm-hmm. I, I, loved it. I picked it but anyway this guy is executive producing a manson documentary that says we'll cover everything from Manson's life to the news of his death and the court battle over his body and exclusive oh. footage of his open casket funeral. Nice. I hope you can also have too focus, many Manson documentaries. The doc will also focus on Manson's grandson and its quest to meet the infamous cult leader face to face. A meeting that never happened when Manson was alive. Oh, there's the drama of the fucking documentary right there. Man, I hope that they get, uh, you know, those audio tapes of... I I was watching this little miniseries. I think... I don't know what channel it was on. It might have been on Netflix. I'm not even sure. But it was, like, something to do with, like, Manson and uh, some people that had, like, befriended him while he was in jail. And there was this one guy that he... I think he was on a list of, like, four or five people that were actually allowed to go and see Manson every once in a while, you know? But we used to he used to record he used to fucking record all their conversations on audio tape and he has like something like forty eight hours of fucking like you know uncut raw fucking uh, footage of Manson you know audio footage and shit and uh, that'd be interesting here because he said some of the shit that Manson told him was terrifying and he's never really Dude, played it for we people. Ha- we haven't like, had fucked. a notorious serial killer in a while. Yeah. Yeah, like like a Dahmer. 
I think Dahmer was the last Dahmer we had. Mm. Wasn't Casey after Dahmer? No. No, Dahmer was in the 90s. Early 90s, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we've like had like an infamous like, one. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. Yeah, know. you know, like Ed Gein, Ted Bundy, yeah, uh, John all, Wayne Gacy. They're all quite old. Yeah, I mean one of the, one of the most recent ones I can think of is the uh, North the, Carolina one. Well, no, the pig farmer here from um, from down south near Vancouver, the guy that killed like fifty hookers and he was feeding them to his name? pigs, Robert Picton. They actually made a movie about him. I think there's actually a couple movies about Robert Picton now. And you know huh. he's he's not as known, but man, dude, like. His track record was fucked. Like <laughs> now, now our no- notorious people are school shooters. Yeah, I know. I mean, these school shooters, all these fucked up, you know, mentalities—they kind of overshadowed the Robert Pictons of the world. I can't wait for twenty years. But if you a bunch ever, of movies, to if watch you ever about get them. the chance, man, check out the story on Robert Picton. Man, he was this serial killer that was living, you know, close to me, and he would go down to the the east side of Vancouver and pick up hookers and take them back to his farm. He'd you know rape and kill them. But he'd feed him to the pigs. That was his way of getting rid of him. And they figured he only got charged with like 23 murders. They found it was like a couple year, um, you know, investigation where they had to, you know, basically dig up all the grounds and find all the DNA and shit. But they figured they, they know that he's killed at least close to 50, but they can only prove like 23. It's pretty notorious shit, man. It's pretty wild. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, and the last bit of news, we have an update on the Maniac Cop remake. No shit. And uh, last September, we had a note from Larry Cohen who said it wasn't happening anymore. But the director, uh, John Hames, assures that it's still happening. And uh, this week, he talked to a blog, Birth Movies Death. What a fucking stupid name. Well, our name is stupid, too. But he says... Uh, it seemed like nothing's happening, but actually quite a bit is happening with it. We've been working on it for a few years now with some starts and stops, but it's going to happen. Uh, right now, Nick Ruckman, our producer, is an amazing filmmaker and a really great guy. He's stuck by me this whole time and hasn't let up, which I'm deeply thankful for and inspired by. Uh, but between Ed Burbaker and myself, we are developing it, and it's actually just took an interesting turn recently. This is all stuff I'm going to be able to talk about a little more in the coming months, but things are definitely coming together on it, he says. So, Yeah, because there was a big beef between uh, Lustig, wasn't there, and and that production that came out a while ago. Yeah, I remember when that was announced like a couple years ago. They actually had post art for it and everything at that time. So it quickly fell flat. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, that's... Just one last thing. Uh, Bruce Campbell says we'll uh, we'll likely never see Ash again if Ash versus Evil Dead is canceled, and um, he says we won't know if we've been renewed to the middle of March. We're in the horrible television limbo right now. He's told Entertainment Weekly last month. If they take us off the air, we could think about another movie, and if they don't, we could just keep plugging away. But that the evening with Bruce Campbell offended the Irish Film Institute this past Thursday, Campbell expressed serious doubts about a fourth movie actually happening. If they cancel it, I think Ash is done, he said. He continued, I have lavender on my property. I'm going to smoke weed and hang out. That was it. So. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> Honestly, I, I, I'm cool with No More Evil Dead. Yeah. Well, I would love to see another Evil Dead film that was actually a horror film. Yeah, but I know they wouldn't do it. That's why I don't care. Yeah, it's a good point. Like, I love the remake because at least it's a hundred percent horror. 
Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Besides that silly MacGyver thing. Scene. Yeah, I mean the MacGyver <laughs> part's definitely a little bit comedic. Yeah, not, I, I don't know if it was intentional. I don't know if it was intentionally. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's funny as yeah. that. But um, I don't know, man. I didn't really care for the Ash vs. Evil Dead show. It was just way too comedic for me. Hey, I only watched the first season because the second season's fucking still expensive. I, I still have yet to up. even see the first episode of that. Yeah, Me too. <laughs> I don't know what it is like. But actually, just came onto onto Netflix. I guess I could check out the first season. But yeah, you're right though. The uh, the seasons are mad expensive for those. I mean, the first season was like nine ninety nine two years ago on Black Friday, but the second season's still like it never it's never dropped down. Yeah, it sucks. But yeah, that's it for the news. Fucking thing sucks. All right, so let's move this along here. Uh, we are not going to be doing box office brawl as we were. Re- Recording on a Saturday and the numbers are not out right now. So with that said, uh, we'll get to it when we get to it, I guess. And um, let's move it along and get into some dead mail. Jeremy. You've got mail. Dead mail. Pulling out a Floating Heads style issue of Fangoria this week. You know, we've talked about a lot on the show in the past. A lot of early 2000s Fangorias here on dead mail. But I figured this week would be good to do another one. So we got issue 208 from November of 2001. And on the cover, we have 13 Ghosts, yeah. uh, Wind Boogeyman, DVDs and collectibles, uh, Exploding Heads. You should probably pick up this issue. Maybe you could win some uh, Boogeyman DVDs and finally do our show. Um, <laughs> Lord of the Rings preview. Oh, yeah. Um Bones and From Hell, Rapper and Ripper, uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf and the One, and Route 666, Working on the Pain, gang. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's see what we got. <laughs> hey, here's a floating head. Final Stab, available October 2nd yeah. on VHS and DVD. Is that a real movie? Yeah, that it's is awesome. a real movie. Yep. Floating heads, bro. All right. That's actually David Decatur's best film. <laughs> well, like, by far. All right. So, Homer J., who doesn't give any address, he writes, I was really disappointed to hear about Bruiser going direct to video. I've seen a lot of Romero's films on the big screen, so I was looking forward to Bruiser. I feel really bad for, for Romero. I've noticed that Ginger Snaps, Ed Gain chasing sleep and others keep getting picked up by rising independence only to end up on video only why do companies do this they should realize that not everybody wants to see i know what urban valentine bullcrap directed by some hack play on 2000 screens screens while masters like romero or dario argento get their films dumped i heard that dagoon and beyond reanimator got picked up by lionsgate now let's see what they do with them. Look out, Brian Uzna. That is it. So I guess this guy in 2001 didn't want to see any more what I know what Urban Valentine bullcrap. <laughs> He's sick of the floating heads at that time, too. <clears throat> Pretty much. Yep. All right. Next up, Kevin J. Powers from Forest Park, Georgia says... A uh, few films of summer 2001 could be considered great, much less even good, but all are but all hope for a credible genre film is not lost. 
surprised as I am to say it, Alejandro Andabar's The Others is pure cinematic magic. In a year of nothing but dredge, Valentine, The Forsaken, Jurassic Park 3, to name a few, there is finally a horror film worth seeing. While a sleek direction, Andabar crafts a film that operates on several levels and not only entertains but also obligates the audience to think about what they saw. Taking a cue from the godfather of genre films, The Exorcist, the others ask you to evaluate your faith in religion and the afterlife with not only a top-notch script and story, but also excellent performances all around. Uh, Nicole Kidman hasn't been this captivating since Dead Calm. It is also a film, it also a tree that the film harks back to the past, lifting from such classics as Carnival of Souls and The Haunting, not the remake, which also brings new tricks to the table. The twist ending is simply a masterstroke that actually helps rather than hinders the story as a whole. Andabar also provides the haunting score, which uh, accentuates the film's suspenseful and thrilling aspects while also helping to create the period atmosphere. The movie is creepy and captivating with outstanding special effects. The Others is truly a standout among the year's films, along with The Gift. Here's hoping that Andabar's next venture will be as intriguing as this one. I actually really like that film. Mm-hmm. The others what is film? good. The others is good, man. Jesus, I said it like eight times. Why the fuck? Uh, I wasn't listening bro? to that. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, a good one, I, man. Uh, I mean, I, I think I prefer Thesis. You know, the one from '96. That one actually made my top. Did it make your top ten? JP '96. Yes, it did. Yes, that's right. Thesis was a completely different type of film, but uh, the others is good for you know being a PG-13 film. Definitely. Did you guys happen to check out his other? I guess it's borderline horror, but I considered horror. Did you uh, happen to see Regression? It was from a couple years ago. No, no, I did not. Ethan Hawke, Emma Watson. I I love. Oh, that movie. I know the really movie. I really dug that one too. video. I almost actually picked it up last time. I saw it. I I recommend it. All right. I think you're the only one who has. So um, <laughs> let's see. Next we have Nick Loris, and he writes, "I'm writing to urge." anyone calling him or herself a horror fan to rush out and see Toshke Mike's audition. This gruesome masterpiece is one of my new all-time favorites, not to mention the decade's best genre film. It examines questions of sexism, abuse, loneliness, and family with peerless originality and perception and the appropriate degree of humor. The result is a rare achievement which moves seamlessly between horror, mystery, and unpretentious drama. Oh yeah, Last but certainly not least, for the routinely ignored and betrayed gorehounds of the world, this movie features one of the most extended, righteously sickening scenes of torture ever put on film. Yeah. Between audition and the indefinitely more emetic cure, Japanese horror makers are causing me to question whatever, whatever their American counterparts have been spent the last few years sleeping. You say of this decade? One of the best genre films of the decade? Because uh, Audition came out in 99, so yeah. it was right at the end of the 90s. Yeah, um, but I th- think, did it not come out in the U.S. till 2001 then? Probably. Yeah. yeah. All right. But Audition uh, is, Audition's amazing, man. You know, and it's crazy, too, because, you know... I've never seen it. At this point, you know, Takashi oh. Miike had directed so many films, but this is kind of the one that kind of really brought him out to the forefront. I know oh, the man. Blu-ray's, like, pretty out of print now. Mm-hmm. That was a shout factory, wasn't it? 
No, it was uh Arrow. No, I think it's Walgo actually. Like the I old... have the Arrow Blu-ray. Yeah, I'm talking about like the old school. Was it Region One Blu-ray? Mm. Oh, did they? I thought it was Tokyo Shock that put out the Blu-ray. Maybe but... it was Tokyo Shock. Yeah, I think it was actually. But... Yeah. All right. Last one. Oh my God! This can't be this guy's name. Lucifer Fulci. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, w- yeah, I wonder if that's I real. Can't believe you even said. <laughs> well, let's read. Let's read what he says. I wonder if he's going to talk about a zombie film. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, I am pissed. What can I say? I own every version of Dawn of the Dead known to man on DVD or VHS. The soundtrack on vinyl and CD. The novelization. Magnets, collector's glasses, and other Dawn memorabilia, as well as the rotting Dawn face tattoo on my left forearm. I love this film, and I hate everyone involved in remaking it. Leave it the hell alone. I hope it never happens. I hope that everyone on the crew quits and that Jamie Grumpy, or whatever his name is who was writing it, falls (laughs) ill and vomits for days, only to realize his mistake in having any hand in remaking this classic. Why not take the money from this project and put it into Twilight of the Dead? I I will not see this film. I encourage everyone to ban the new Dawn. Call it something Twilight different. Of the Dead, that was the supposed eventual Land of the Dead, right? I don't know. Right? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe Moods knows. Like, that was what they were calling it back then before Land of the Dead came out, I thought. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, Land of the Dead came out after... The Dawn of the this Dead remake. 2001. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's saying... That, it's interesting, like, even in 2001, they're talking about the remake, which didn't come out till oh, four. four years later. Right? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. So, like, so that... Yeah. Wow. Okay, I thought he had seen the Dawn of the Dead remake. Oh, no, this is from 2001. So, I'm, yeah, yeah, but okay. even 2001, talking about the remake, which came out three years after this issue. Yeah, right? and Land, Land came out in 2005. Yeah, the So year after, I yeah. think at the time, everybody... Well, at the time, there was originally supposed to be one in the 90s, right? And maybe Twilight makes sense because it's like, okay, dawn, day, night, Twilight. You know, kind of in that, you know, setting of... uh, It's interesting. See, this is why I love reading these because, like, you see, like, you see that shit all the time where it's like, Halloween 7, breaking news. It's like, there is no fucking Halloween 7. I mean, there is, but it's um, H2O. But it's just, like, interesting to read... Things that like are probably never talked about ever again, but are like talked about back in the day that are exactly in these it, it's basically it's, like, super interesting. Our news segment is that it's yeah. a time capsule of what people were thinking at the time with the news that that came out. So it's it's really cool. I think that that is like a lot of people say that new they don't do news because um, it gets dated really fast. It does, but after five years, it's kind of cool to hear what yeah what's it going turns on. into a retrospect. Really. Yeah, it's kind. It's I think. Neat. I think Romero is even on record saying that he was, he was kind of ashamed that he didn't get a chance to make a film in the '90s because it would have made a lot of sense, right? The '70s, you know, covering the '70s and then the '80s and then going into the '90s. Well, '60s, '70s, '80s, '60s, '70s, '80s, not. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah. just didn't get a chance to do that. But it's very unfortunate. I would have seen. I would have loved to have seen the you know the social commentary in that one in the '90s. Anyway, yeah. I kind of like the title "Twilight of the Dead." Maybe you want to poke fun at floating floating heads. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, I will not see this film. I encourage everyone to ban the new He saw it. Guaranteed he saw it. Call it something different. Call it The Living Dead Return and make it a homage. Do anything but remake this movie. Have I made myself clear? Do I have to open up a can of whoop-ass? Yuck. 
Oh, so he I was watching it's... a lot of WWE at the time. Whoop ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was what that was. Uh, that was Stone Cold era, right? Yeah, that was. Yep. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh boy, man. Okay, so this is kind of this was one of the more interesting dead mails that you'd done, but at the time, like th- what you said, this ninety nine. I know. Um, November two thousand one. Two thousand one. So. This is before the big remake boom. This is yeah. before the the uh, TCM kicked everything off, and to hear people's like resentment, you know, hardcore fans' resentment of remakes mm-hmm. at that time, and then when you think about, because I've I've said this when I first started watching YouTube, it was like everybody hated this shit, hated remakes. It was like you couldn't even say like you liked Halloween or else you'd be like <laughs> chastised for it, but. But you still get that reaction so, from a lot of people. Well, not as much. Like, like I, just in the chat the other day, Andy's like, oh, turns out I love a lot of remakes. And I was like, yeah, me too. So it, it's like the, the remake trend has gone away. And now people kind of accept them as part of the types of films we get. It's, it's kind of hard and, not to accept it, though, because there's been so many. And I don't want to get into this debate, but, you know, you know remakes or readaptations or reboot whatever the fuck it is but mm-hmm. it's, it's just it's just a fact of filmmaking nowadays yeah it's, it's definitely it's just to. part of the landscape it is but at this time it was not part of the, of the landscape back in 2001 during lucifer falci's letter and he is <laughs> he is like you know like preparing himself to go off here like he's you know tensing up and and grabbing hold of the steering wheel like okay what's gonna you know he's he's getting prepared for what's about to come down the the pipe in a couple years and it's kind of cool because it's like if the first is like a a immediate no and then it's like once they came it's like a fuck this take these things back like stop making them stop making them stop making them and then it's kind of like a lukewarm like I like some, I don't like some. And that, now it's kind of just everybody just is like, cool, okay, whatever, they're remakes. But it, it's it's kind of cool to see the history of that play out, um, especially I from the perspective of the wave not hitting yet. I can understand his resentment, though, because Dawn of the Dead is my favorite film. And I remember when I, you know, I first heard it was being remade. I, I didn't know what to think. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? Like, my favorite movie is being remade. And... Well, I had a lot of resentment towards it too, but you know, I think, I think I, everybody was a lot more angry back then. I really do. Like, I think people like legitimately like, you know, when you see people get like, like fanboy, like angry, like, like it's made oh fun of Oh my God. Now. You just said like three out of the four words. <laughs> well, bro. you know what, man, by the time Dawn of the Dead had came out in, or the remake came out in 2004, we had had, uh, Texas Chainsaw came on. Oh, three, right? Three, yeah. yeah, so it was a year before, and I, I've told the story before when I went and saw it at the cinema, and I just kind of, you know, I, I put the original on the back burner in my mind and just kind of went in with an open frame and it kind of accepted it. So I, with the chainsaw experience that I had, I, I kind of got over it a little bit. I was like, you know what, I can kind of accept this this remake type thing, and I, I might have been an exception, but I didn't know it was going to blow the fuck up and, you know, there was going to be a remake of every classic film within like a three, four year, five year span, which was insane to me. But but I will say, though, Dawn of the Dead, and I've said many times, is one of those films that I initially really, really enjoyed. I find that every time I watch it, it depletes in uh, value for myself. 
I don't know why. Yeah. It just definitely does, but yeah. Yeah, I definitely am not a huge fan of the Dawn of the Dead remake, but I think that it's super interesting that people were so mad about them and now nobody cares. Like this guy's letter, if anybody said this in a chat right now today, people would like literally roll their eyes and and be saying this guy is retarded. <laughs> like you know what I mean? This would have been interesting people, if we were podcasting. Not, if we were podcasting back in 2001 just before the boom and like what our thoughts would have been uh, on record, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I know I was a little bit, I mean, Dawn of the Dead was, you know, the special film to me. I don't know if I would have cared as much. I mean, like I said, with TCM, I didn't really want to see it, but you know, it wasn't, you know, my absolute favorite film in the world, but I still had resentments towards it. But Dawn of the Dead was a special case, you know, and that was right part of that, you know, that sonic boom of remakes. So, yeah, I get it. I get his complaints, though, man. I understand it, man. And I mean, he might have been a little bit, you know, kind of shook too. I mean, that issue came out in November of two thousand one. It was like right yeah. after nine eleven. It's crazy. <laughs> All right, DVD Dungeon. So these are the DVDs coming out. Um, we have the Midnight Movies release of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Fuck, which is interesting because now we have that new Arrow coming out seventeen years later. Uh, let's see, we have the. Special edition releases of Carrie and Dressed to Kill, which is like that very famous DVD of Carrie with her on the front and behind the fire. Very famous. Uh, we have Phantom of Paradise and the Fury coming out from MGM. Or no, from Fox. Uh, Mario Bava's Planet of the Vampires. Uh, Theater of Blood, The Howling. And Ruby from VCI. So even in 2001, VCI. I, ha- was... I have that. <laughs> I, have th- I think I have that. I just and, grabbed uh, the Blu-ray <laughs> recently. A Better Place from Synapse. So Synapse been around for a long time as well. So I think uh, that's it. Let's see if we see any more f- floating heads bullshit in here. Don't think I so. I have pretty much all those releases. Well, I don't have some of those anymore. I got rid of a lot of my MGM Midnight and On ones. the back, we have Boogeyman, the killer compilation, which has, I remember that fucking thing. That was around everywhere. I think they even made two of them, those Boogeyman compilations. Bo- oh, yeah, with all the, the, like, the mainstream horror movies. Like, it was yeah. just a clip show. That's all it was. yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, you know what? The second one actually is a documentary. I was gonna say I don't think they made two of those clip ones, but but yeah, that is hmm. Dead Mail from November two thousand one. Dude, I remember when that damn clip show came out. That Boogeyman. There was this kid, and I was in elementary school when that came out. And there was this kid who was into horror movies. It was like the only other person I ever met that was into horror movies. And he said he had it. He's like, dude, it has Leprechaun, Jason, Pinhead, Freddy, Michael, all in the same movie, dude. And I was like, what? I couldn't <laughs> believe it. And I was like, this. I was like, how, how did I not know about this? And he was like, yeah, dude. And he and I like tracked it down. Like I don't even know where I got it, but I got it home and I'm I, I pop it in. I'm like, this, wait, these are just. I was like, this is just, I didn't know what this, I didn't know, like, I don't even think I knew what the name, like, word scenes was, but I was just like, this is just parts from the movie. <laughs> like, and I was like, I was all pissed off and stuff. It was actually on VHS. That's what it was. It was Boogeyman on VHS. So, like, the DVD had, like, trivia and cool stuff like that. The, the VHS was just the clip. Were you too poor for DVD at the time? I, I don't think I had upgraded to DVD 
yet. Definitely not. I think that was the year I actually got my first DVD player was in 2003 was my first year. I got it for mainly the uh, chainsaw. It was 2002, but I, I got it for... Yeah, like I think, my first DVD was the Chainsaw remake. It was either 2000 or um, 2001, but yeah, that's yeah. Hmm. But yeah, so uh, the v, the um, Boogeyman. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I remember so, being hella disappointed with that shit too, man. Popping that in, going. I thought it was a documentary, right? Was I thought it, it was. I like at my, you know what, freaking. How old was I? Like ten year old self would thought it was. <laughs> like a movie like the like the guy convinced me that it was like um like a the the damn slashables or whatever you know that <laughs> he sold you man <laughs> yeah slashables well that's nothing there was this kid when the i lived slashables I lived, in, I lived in the projects and the, i was the only white kid who lived there besides one other white kid at the very opposite you're white you're mexican half white kid well half white kid you know whatever i didn't even know i was mexican at that time um <laughs> but i don't think anyone else did either but uh, this kid convinced me. So I go down to his house and he's like, yeah, uh, this this Sonic 2 game, it's like a special copy and it has Jason and Freddy in it. And I was like, what? And and I was like, dude, like, that's so cool. And he's like, yeah, if you bring me your Sonic 2 and you take mine, I'll let you borrow it. So my dad don't know. And I was like, oh, OK, OK. And I took my Sonic 2 down there and he gave me his. I ran home and I popped in. I'm like, I'm like, this is just Sonic 2. <laughs> like, and I, 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 even at that age, like literally like five or six, I was like tilting my head, like thinking that it was bullshit. Like even at that age, I, I was like, this sounds like bullshit to me. Cause when he brought it out, it just was a regular labeled Sonic too. And I was like, well, if there was Freddie and Jason, in, I feel like they would put them on the cover, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I took it up there and I'm popping in. I'm like, maybe it's on level two or something, which is the damn water level which was hard at the time and then all of a sudden there's this knock on the door and this dude's dad is like super pissed off like saying that i stole his son's game (laughs) (laughs) and i was like well i was like no he and and he took it and i was like well wait he has my sonic too oh i guess one person (laughs) you're a mexican i had to to fight with my mom to go get my damn my copy of sonic 2 back because now this goddamn kid had two copies of sonic (laughs) 2 it's bullshit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he tricked me. He didn't even trick me. I knew that was some bullshit, but I I, I couldn't pass it up. Checking. Should have kicked him in the balls and fucking took your shit back. <laughs> I know, right? Bullshit, blonde-haired little fuck. <laughs> All right, so that's it for dead mail. Yep. All right. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for? If not for shedding. I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Have you checked the children? Children. What do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. Oh yeah, let's get into some what we watched, where we go round tree, review some films, give some overrated reviews i'm i'm assuming that's what's going to happen with andrew um anyways guys let's uh let's do this who wants to start us off andrew why don't you start us off guess first all right you you, you said it wrong too it's dubs 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 oh fuck you man <laughs> i was like to say something that i was impressed that he didn't do that <laughs> bullshit and you just had to go in there and fucking ruin it <laughs> now i hate you being on even more 
<laughs> All right. Um, okay, so I will talk about a movie that I actually just watched uh, today, uh, and this is probably the 50th time I've rewatched this movie, and it is by a guy, you might have heard his name, Wes Craven. Uh, I like him a little bit. Um, and that is... Because uh, your favorite movie of his is fucking stupid. Scream is stupid. It's I thought, I thought, is I thought that other fucking stupid ass. That's one my was second stupid. favorite. Since when? And JP will back me up on that. Yeah, he's always he's always said it wasn't his favorite. You're a fucking lying bitch, JP. I oh, said what? it last time. Uh, uh, well, we now know that Jeremy didn't listen to the last show that I was on. I don't practically the same. Show. It's practically the same movie, to be honest. It really is, though. <laughs> I don't listen to any shows. Why the fuck would I listen to the one you were on? You should Even listen though I to the uh, Gilbert Gottfried podcast. He had like Tom Savini on there once I heard. And you like him, so. <laughs> I love Gilbert. Gilbert I thought of that when I Man, seen Gilbert Gottfried. Podcast. Does he do that voice the entire show too? That's his voice. That's He's not a, doing a voice. No, That's just not. how he talks. It's, it's not, not his voice. voice. That's a put on. Oh, no, it's, it's not bullshit. I'll send you a clip from the story. I show swear to God, Baba Booey, and he talks like Gilbert Godfrey talks normal. That's his fucking. It's like it's like fucking. Is it he, really? He's like the be real of oh, fucking yeah. of uh, Hollywood. Be real doesn't it. talk like the way he raps. I, you know? I need proof because I don't All believe right. this. Sh- well, shit. Want me to play it? All right, give me a second. Yeah, it's actually quite interesting to hear him talk normal. I've heard him talk normal. He does it because it's fun. I can't remember the story. I actually heard the story. On Dude, how the voice I literally became was thing. watching this show with him. Here, here and action constant. A cartoon character. You are. What, what voice is this from? Aladdin. Aladdin, he plays a parrot. Yeah. And in fact, uh, they wanted Gilbert. The on-air persona and the off-air persona. And they're both scary. All right, here you go. Here's Gilbert as the parrot. I can't believe it. I just don't believe it. We're never gonna get a hold of that stupid lamp. Just forget it. Look at this. Look at this. I'm so ticked off that I'm molting. Patience, go Patience. The was obviously less than. Don't worry, I'll get to it. Oh, there's a big surprise. Have you ever watched these cartoons? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Now, what are you saying? Well, you should see him. He's, you know how when celebrities watch their yes. work on the night show? see Gilbert very serious during oh, his clip. Not making I, a sound. I, I no. like when they start crying. He interrupts everything thing. else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that he sat and listened to. Now listen to, in contrast, this is off the air Gilbert. Oh. This is Gilbert calling Gary from years ago on the answering machine. Yes. Okay. And this is Gilbert's real voice. <laughs> uh, just as scary. Yes. All right, but it's like a whole different guy. Oh, All right, know. here it is. Yeah, Gary, it's Gilbert. You I'll can't. probably be there tomorrow, but um, if you could call us, uh, call me up and just tell me what exactly is going on tomorrow. You know what's, you know who's going to be there and everything like that. Um, that's the scariest Gilbert. Yes. People are afraid that's of the serial killer. Yeah, that's serial yeah. killer Gilbert. Yeah, I mean, really, listen, 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 all right, well, I guess everybody gets the point there. Gilbert Gottfried has his Hollywood. I don't trust has, it. No, it's actually like it, set up for the show. No, JP, it's actually 100% true. He does not normally talk like that. But he talks for hours like that. But that's his that's his persona. It's it's that's a character stick. that he's created. It has right? to be more his voice now than his regular voice. That's all I'm saying. No, it's like it's like um what's his name that Bob Goldwaite or whatever the fuck that dude's name is. That guy doesn't Bobcat. talk like that either. Bobcat. Yeah. That guy doesn't talk like that either. I don't know. I don't trust it. It's the same shit, man. It's Fucking, he's the B-real Hollywood man. I'm telling you, conspiracy. I no. think that's a conspiracy. <laughs> this is bullshit. You guys are just trying to 
freaking there's no conspiracy way, this is real way shit. too loud by the way just letting you know that's gonna kill the listeners jeremy did you well, good play that, did you play that through anyway. a megaphone or something or what? yeah i was like i said like turn it down like four times well, i couldn't hear you man so yeah. fucking cut it out then <laughs> well you gotta test these things you can't just go guns All right, blazing. let's get this jabroni talking about west craven <laughs> okay uh uh, well, <laughs> how do I follow this up? Um, uh, no, I, I'm going to talk about Shocker tonight. And um, Ooh, I, I think Moose, didn't, didn't you say this is, I think in your Craven video, if I'm remembering correctly, isn't this like your second or third favorite Craven film? Yes, it is uh, my second favorite. I love Shocker. Nice. I didn't yeah, say it's um, his best film. I said it's one. it's my favorite. People get that yeah. shit twisted all the time, man. Shocker is well. You go ahead, talk. Yeah, it might be one of your favorites, but it's definitely one of his least good. <laughs> no, mm, it's better than uh, a lot of uh, Wes Craven films. Put it that way. It, 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 I would, I would agree with that. Uh, it's I probably it's, somewhere mid tier. I'm not gonna. It's, it, I will say it's mid tier. It's better than Swamp Thing, Deadly Friend, Hills of Eyes Two, all of those. Um. <laughs> what, you, yeah, you know, I'm not one of those Swamp people fan or swamp thing fans either uh, actually i i'm a huge fan of the movie well, you but like I'm not everything gonna, he's done so i yes I, but i'm not gonna sit here and argue it's a good film <laughs> i legitimately find that movie a total snore fest it's boring uh, it is so I watched fucking boring man i i don't know what it is about the movie at least part two as bad as it is by when jim warnowski did the sequel i think it's such a bad movie but it's fun you know at least to put some fun into it. I don't know. Swamp Thing is... Ugh. See, if we if Jim Wynorski versus Wes Craven would have happened, we would have had a direct comparison. Who did Swamp Thing better? <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> the only time that Jim Wynorski that wins there. that battle right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Do I even go into a synopsis? Because pretty much everybody's probably seen this movie by now. Um, yeah, go ahead. I want to hear how stupid it sounds. <laughs> it's Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, a uh, high school. I, actually, it's a male this time, so it's not exactly a remake. Uh, but uh, a high school. Well, no, it's actually he's in college. They do mention that, but you never see the the college. If it is a high school football player has dreams of this killer who we find out is Horace Pinker. Terrible and... nickname. Terrible name for a killer, by the way. <laughs> uh, I just think it's no, so funny. Horace <laughs> Pinker is one of the best. It sounds like a joke. Horace. (laughs) First of all, who the fuck is named Horace? That's amazing. First of all, who's going to be scared of a guy named Horace Pinker? Uh, That name would fuck me right up, man. (laughs) Honestly, though, uh, Mitch Pelagi does like he's really intimidating in his role, though. Like he legitimately scared me the first time I watched this movie, which was like five years ago. Um, Like I thought that he plays this role like so over the top and so like uh, I don't know how to say it. Like just. He's pretty intimidating. Like he, he feel, I feel like he could overpower pretty much anybody. Um, and <laughs> okay, so he gets caught, and the second half of the film is basically just him as a supernatural person who just hops into different people. So basically, think of Friday. Jason goes to hell, um, but except way better. Yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> disagree. <laughs> yeah, that was a dig for you, JP. Um, yeah, but basically, uh, 
if I give the my thoughts on this film, I, I will admit it's not the greatest film by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, the special effects are pretty pretty damn bad. Um, but I, I find this film to just be so entertaining um, on like a like just the narrative. Like I, I'm never bored by this film, although if I could if I could say there are probably three or four scenes that I feel like don't need to be there. This r- does run an hour and 50 minutes. So God it- damn, that's why I didn't like that movie too. I <laughs> forgot about that. That is yeah. way too long for this film. A, a slasher movie. Yeah, I, I do. I do say that is like my one complaint. And it, also the effects are pretty, pretty damn bad. Um, but I mean, it is just fun as fuck, man. I mean, if, if you pretty much, uh, the opening score to this movie, like I actually, one of the few scores that I actually listen to, like out of the movie, like Don't it's so Mr. Nice Guy, bro. Yeah, it's so it's so awesome. Um, yeah, it's fun. I mean, pretty much everybody's seen it probably, so I'm not going to talk about it anymore. It's West listen, Craven. It's- before you rate it, I don't want to hear any of your bullshit like personal ratings. I want to hear your your for the rest of this show. You're only given objective ratings. Or you could give both. Nice. Um, okay, I'll, I'll give both. I did that for our Halloween show. Um, if I was to give like a purely objective rating, I would probably give this right around a five or a five and a half. But my personal score, which combines both objective and subjective, would be an eight and a half. My brother gives it the exact same score too. So we actually do agree more than disagree on Craven films, me and my brother. Mm-hmm. So yeah, eight and a half. I, I like, think when I watched it, I gave it like a six and a half, but I think that's because so many people liked it that I thought that I was just missing something. I think if I rewatched it, I would probably come down to about a five. I always take Shocker as like a comedic, almost satire version of Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, this whole idea of this guy <laughs> being, you know, sent, yeah. to, sent, sent to the death row and killed in an electric chair and then comes back through electricity and shit is... It's ridiculous. I mean, the whole idea yeah. is ridiculous. And this is a movie, you know, that at the end of the 80s could only be made in the end of the 80s. Yeah, I, I once it, had someone actually say to me, they're like, oh, you know, they need to remake Shocker. And I'm like, it just, I don't know if, it, I mean, you could probably remake the movie better nowadays. Please, with God, better, no. With, with better special effects and stuff. But the fact of the matter is, that's kind of a product of its time. And I think it works better oh, yeah. as a later 80s film to remake it and do it. I, I just don't see that ever wanting to happen. But. I, I think it's a fun-ass film. I think, honestly, Horace Pinker, I totally disagree, JP. I think the name's awesome. I think the guy that plays him, is <laughs> he's phenomenal. And that's kind of what sells the film for me. You know, it's just like Nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy. When you think of Nightmare on Elm Street film, you think of Freddy and how memorable oh, that please, character please, is. Oh, please, please, please stop. Do not compare <laughs> Horace Pinker to Freddy. I'm just I'm comparing him to any memorable character in a film, right? What, what please do think? don't compare him to any memorable character in a do, film. Do, man. I love Horace Pinker, and I know there's lots of people out there that are going to agree with me. Horace Pinker not only is a wicked yeah, name, lots it's, of a, crazy it's a badass lots fucking killer. He's a badass killer. You. He's got some great lines in this. He, he pulls them off great. I, I think it's fun as hell, man. I always have fun watching it. And sometimes you don't have to I watch it in film. I literally have eye-rolled so many times that my eyes are hurting. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, but that's 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 simply the fact that sometimes you just can't have fun with movies, man. No, I agree. Dude, this is I, not Shocker, objectively I I, listen, a great. I don't film. get the love for Shocker. I think it's, I don't think it's that. Like a lot of times you see, it's okay, I can see Street. why people find that entertaining. I don't know, man. It's just it's boring. It's bland. The horse pinker dude is not cool. No, he's uh, lame. See, I guess if you. Jer- 
Have you, you seen Shocker, Jeremy? Once when we were supposed to do it on fucking burial grounds. grounds. Fuck that show. Yeah, what you think of it back then? I don't remember. <laughs> I think if you don't like <laughs> Horace Pinker, you're gonna have a hard time liking this film or getting into the film. I do agree with that. It, like it is too long. Oh, the movie is definitely head. too long. You scared me. It is too long, and I, I, I've said that many, many times. This one is definitely a little bit ahead. drawn out. I don't know why Craven decided to make a two-hour fucking yeah. satire of Nightmare on Elm Street. That seems a little bit ridiculous, but... Yeah, well, him jumping in from body to body, just... I feel like there's way too many times where he does that, because, like, I get it. I, I know he can do that. But so, the difference like, is it, between this film and Jason Goes to Hell is that, you know, Jason goes to hell, he's just kind of, you know, it seems like he's just jumping from body to body. And this one, at least it gives you the whole electrical story yeah. to it and things like, it kind of tries to justify it a little bit. I mean, as ridiculous as it is, at least it's kind of working for the viewer, at least for myself mean, it does. What, how, does it, how does it not make sense And Jason goes to hell? It's just, it's not as fun either. Like, it's just, he's just like, at least you got the electrical thing here and you got the TV, you got all that shit kind of going on and that that's a lot more fun. It really is. Yeah. You want to know something funny too about this movie is that no. you you were talking about, well, well you travel gonna hear through anyways. power, man. He travels through power. That's how he gets it. It's, it's kind of <laughs> cool, man. Come on. Uh, so this I have the Screen Factory Blu-ray obviously and I was listening to it with a commentary with Craven and he actually doesn't talk that much. I mean, he, you know, it's very well yeah, done. Yeah, cuz he was like one person. day away from dying. Uh, yeah, I mean, at this time, I probably, but he, he gets into this movie and it's about an hour in and he's sitting there and he's, he's quiet and he's like, yeah, as I'm rewatching this movie, cause I haven't rewatched it in years. I'm looking back at how similar it was the nightmare. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, he's like an hour in and he's like, yeah, this was similar to the, the nightmare. I'm like, Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much the same so movie. Sub- subconsciously, he couldn't get away from how great the idea of Nightmare on Elm Street was, and he just like made this film not even realizing it was practically a remake. <laughs> I I don't know because the the biography that that I read on him was like, yeah, he was trying to make a something to rival Nightmare because obviously he was he felt that uh, Robert had like you know, done him wrong for the sequel, like he pretty much just dis disowned his idea of what would become new nightmare for the the second movie mm-hmm. and he just kind of uh, he just kind of wanted to do his own thing but then i guess here did he forget that he wanted to do that in this commentary i don't know <laughs> it was it was <laughs> in 2015 so i don't know yeah i still haven't uh checked out the commentary on that because you know, i haven't had a reason to go watch it again you know the thing is man if shocker was made like in 2000 early 2000s this movie probably would have had like it, it would have became a franchise you know but being made in 1989 going into the 90s where you know just not a lot of films were being made and shit it didn't turn into what uh, it probably yeah, but could you have really been. can't make a franchise off of it when your first film sucks oh give me a, it doesn't suck it's fun man God, please tell me how many <laughs> listen th- i love craven as much as the next guy how did puppet master no you don't how you don't puppet love master? craven nearly as much as me how does puppet master have 12 films right now let's, <laughs> let's the first one let's the first one is really good good for a full moon film it's good it's, for a full yeah, moon film, but it's not a good true. film and you know it took him to like the third one to finally make a decent puppet master film but there's yeah, yeah but 12, th- those dude. films also cost like 17 bucks to make so that doesn't <laughs> count just the cost of the materials for the dolls yeah. 
<laughs> but okay, let me go next. Let's get off of the shocker talk. So I had a couple of Patreon picks. Um, this first one here is from 2011, which is kind of a year that I didn't watch a ton of horror films from. So I always get kind of curious, like if that year would pop up in our next like retro uh, top ten list because. I feel like there would be all fresh movies almost. But uh, this film is titled Kill List, and it came to me, I believe, from Rob Henkin. And uh, was this an IFC Midnight? Mm -hmm. Correcto. All right. So uh, this is a Ben Wheatley film. Why does that name sound familiar? He did uh, Free Fire, which came out in the U.S. He did... (laughs) Uh, Sightseers, which is also an IFC. He did this film. Then he did another film that was done by uh, Draft House. I can't remember the name, but I've been wanting to see it for a while. But he's he's been around. Did Maybe you, it was uh, his ABC's a death segment that um, I remember. You kind of cut out there for a second, Jerry. But did you did you say Sightseers? Yeah. Oh yeah, man, that movie is funny as hell. Yeah, it's good. Good one. So really. so. I'm going to be honest. So this movie, um, I watched it without subtitles and it, they, they have a, they, yeah. they have a heavy English accent to them. So I feel like I may have missed some stuff in the dialogue, but from what I got from this movie, I actually didn't do any research to like look up what actually the movie, you know, like the, any type of plot or anything like that. Like it basically fall from what I got out of it. It follows, a couple of army vets who are either becoming hitmen or have been hitmen in the past. Yes, they were. And hit, yeah. So they were hitmen in the past. Yes. So they, they get a new job and basically this dude is like, Hey, you know, kill these people. And then he like cuts his, <laughs> he like cuts his hand and they like sign this contract with blood, which right away is kind of like, okay, that's a little odd. Um, and then when they go to kill the first person, there's like this eerie moment where the the person it was a preacher, by the way, which is I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I'm not like religious or anything, but I feel like if you kill a preacher, you're probably going to hell. But I don't know the rules and stuff. So, um, but <laughs> anyway, this this dude like says like thank you or something before he kills him. And that's kind of weird. And then the next person, you know, it, it, and it gets a little weird. And and by the end of it, it's actually, it's actually like kind of a simple movie in a sense. But I feel like there's a bunch of stuff that, like, I, there's like a reveal in the end where you're like, okay, like I kind of saw this kind of going in this territory. But I'm not. It's a fucked up ending, bro. Dude, the ending is oh, actually yeah, like what you usually. It's powerful. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the ending. Yeah, the ending's awesome. But I'm saying, like, I don't know. Like, I might have missed, like, why. Like, what was there something? Was it just the guy that did the blood thing? Or, like, did I miss something? Wow, that's like straight spoiler stuff. Yeah. Well, if if, maybe you guys could fill me in afterwards. But, um, I gotta say, there is one scene in this movie that absolutely... I literally got up out of my chair and I was like, holy shit! Um, This guy... Is it the preacher? It might even be the preacher. I can't remember which... No, it's not the preacher. It's another person that they're killing. And this dude, like, absolutely destroys this guy's skull with, like, a bat or something. And it is... 
like holy god is that one of like the best effects i've ever seen you guys know the scene i'm talking about right it is absolutely brutal (laughs) is it how brutal is it it is like on a scale from one fucking awesome it's like an 11 yeah it's it's super brutal and when i seen that i was like I was like, I don't care if I like this movie or not. I like this movie enough to remember this movie because of that damn kill. It was amazing. Um, just very like icky too. Just ah, uh, you know that feeling when you get and you see something bad happen to somebody, and you're like, you like hold the back of your head. You're like ah, <laughs> you know what I mean? You guys ever mm-hmm. do that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so this movie. Uh, actually really cool like suit like it seems like an indie flick obviously ifc midnight they usually get like uh acquire these i miss old ifc midnight anybody tired of the scream factory ifc midnight for about four years now (laughs) (laughs) yeah these were these were always cheaper too like you could just get them for like three bucks somewhere out in the wild Uh, and now you can still get them for that you can even though i've never seen a scream factory ifc for under ten dollars anywhere family video bro that's the thing man those releases are expensive but i i will admit though man in the last few years ifc films has kind of what do you mean gone down in quality of films they just don't release oh you're talking about quality of films i think the film the quality of films have gone up actually to be honest yeah there's, well, you know, he ain't watching the ones he picks up. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. So there has been I'm a not lot saying of good anything ones. About it. Yeah, I'm I've been saying. quite impressed, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I love like the genre in which this film goes into. I love that genre of, of horror. It actually is a genre that scares me a little bit. Um, And yeah, the oh, the old oh, man, the <laughs> I I thought of like the the main reveal not like but Serbian yeah film. super 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 sketch that would be insane but yeah, yeah I, I i mean this is a very simple you can't talk about it without going into spoilers really like because it, it is super simple these guys start hit manning and then some shit happens um but i'm, I'm gonna say i'm gonna come in at like a probably an eight on this one probably an eight mm-hmm. yeah all That's right fair. Jeremy, get us up. All right. Uh, let's talk about one of the two films that I watched today from the year 2018. Let's do uh, Unsane. This is the new Steven Soderbergh film. That Go easy was, on spoilers on this one, by the way. Yeah, I was shot uh, completely with an iPhone 7. Now, the body was an iPhone 7, but I bet you they bought off a fucking lot of expensive lenses and things like that to... Uh, make the phone better than just having a stock iPhone with a, you know, just a regular phone. Now, this is the first film that was shot with an iPhone. Sean Baker did a film a couple of years ago called Tangerine that was shot with an iPhone. That's a really awesome film about transgender hookers on Christmas. It's awesome. It's a really nice. good movie. I know you but, love um, trannies. Oh, no, it's a, it's a really good movie. You have to watch it. It's a new Christmas classic for sure. But, um... So this movie was shot completely with an iPhone 7. And, uh, you know, you you notice it. It looks like a found footage film uh, quality-wise. You know, the video quality isn't as high as, you know, an Alexa or Red or anything that is being used in higher budget films. But 
it still works after a while you don't really notice it and the thing with an iphone is that it's very small and compact that you could do a lot of tricks with it that you could do with a regular camera but it would be a lot harder you know you could place it in cabinets and you know put it very high above and put it in places that maybe people wouldn't see it and things like that so there's a definitely a lot of interesting tricks that you could do with the phone that uh soderberg uses to his advantage so uh it's a different kind of movie for sure uh maybe not so much in the narrative style but the way that it's shot uh so we follow sawyer sawyer is played by claire foy and she is uh you know just got a new job everything's going right in her life but we learn that she has a past experience with a stalker from uh, her. She now lives in Pennsylvania, but she used to live in Boston. But uh, there was a stalker that she had in Boston, and that was one of the main reasons why she moved to Pennsylvania. And one day she decides to go talk to a psychiatrist, and she's filling out paperwork, and she doesn't know that she's filling out a form that gets her admitted into a psychiatric hospital and while she's there she runs into her stalker from boston and that's all i'm gonna say uh the film has very high level of commentary on uh health scams and things like that um you know health a lot of these hospitals are just keeping people for a while just to make money from the healthcare insurance companies and things like that but the film, you know, starts out as a thrill, but then it turns pretty sleazy towards the end, which is kind of interesting. You know, it it has an, um, you know, a grindhouse type of a feel as we reach the final act of the film. But overall, it's not nothing like amazing or anything like that. It's not anything like super original. But I think just the way that it's shot and everything like that is is very fascinating to me. That's why I think I loved films like. Uh, unfriended and the den because it's, it's very fascinating to watch people use um, new technology to their advantage and just shows that oh all you could use is a computer screen or you could pull out your phone i mean it's a lot harder than that to make a movie but it, it's it's in a world where we you know any schmo could pull out their phone and make a movie technically you know it's a lot more than that but uh, i think that uh, Stoltenberg is always somebody that has tried to adapt to technology, uh, you know, and and push the envelope of what the medium could do. So, you know, check it out. I guess I, it's a solid seven point five. It's, it's an interesting movie. Um, it, it's like an hour and forty minutes long. It's not too long, and it, it's it's good. Check it out. So you're a fan of the gimmicks then. It's not really a gimmick, to be completely honest. It's just the but, format that the film is, is shot at. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a gimmick, though, right? I mean, an iPhone 7, people are like, oh, the whole movie was shot on an iPhone 7. I mean, that's kind of what a gimmick is. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but yeah. it's kind of what yeah, sounded a little bit. Yeah, but I don't think they bit. marketed it as that. No, yeah. they don't even say anywhere. Like, I, oh, bet, I, I was thinking, like, the people in front of me were probably, like, thinking, like, oh, why does this movie look so shitty? They probably didn't know that it was shot on an iPhone. It doesn't say anywhere at the beginning or even in the credits, it doesn't say anything about being shot on an iPhone or anything like Maybe that. So. Yeah, not, not on the poster either, you know? <laughs> yeah, nowhere. You, you, yeah, it, you would have to like read insider. stuff. You had to see it on, like, a news site or something. Yeah, to know that it was shot with that. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. Interesting film Maybe, for sure. maybe they should have, you know, kind of let that out there. That it was shot on an iPhone so people understood what they were watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I feel like that would intrigue more people to actually go see it, too. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, that's usually, you know, people are victims of liking gimmicks. I mean, it's, it's not a bad thing sometimes, but yeah, it's intriguing Jeremy, to me. Do you think, yeah, I think I remember uh, what the director's name, I forget his name, but do you, Soderbergh. He, yeah, I believe he said he thinks that this is where filmmaking is heading. Do you actually think that might be a thing? Mm. No, not really. I think like if you're like an up and coming filmmaker, like this is probably what most people are going to use these days to make like their first films or something like that. But I don't really think like the quality wise is going to live up to anything like the Alexa that a lot of people. That's what most big films shoot on or the red camera or anything like the big cameras that we that we hear about. So, no, I don't really think so. I think if you're like running, gunning, shooting, this is probably a good way to do it. But I don't think it's going to like change the landscape of of movies and the way that the medium shot. I just see it, you know, as as a as, as a novelty act. It's, I guess you could say. Two thousand or two thousand eighteen shot on video films, Ben. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. And they look like that too, but not as like fucking shitty as quality. But, it, well, but it, it feels like a shot on video kind of a movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if they had them in 1986 when they were doing them on VHS video, you know, kind of thing, they would. It's just the equivalent, right? It's just the mm-hmm. technology of the time. Oh. So, kind of interesting. Um, all right, man. First up here from uh, 1994, film directed by Pierre David, uh, and it's called Scanner Cop. This is what a, the fuck is this? Scanner this, Cop. This is a um, spinoff from you know obviously the Scanner franchise. Pierre David actually produced the first Scanners film. Actually produced a couple David Cronenberg films. I believe he also did Videodrome, um, but uh, he didn't actually direct a lot of films. I believe this was his debut. But he produced a shitload of films. But he only actually directed a couple films. But uh, um, yeah, just a spinoff Scanner Cop. Basically, it follows our main character Sam here. Uh, the backstory from for him is uh, um, his father was a scanner, and he ultimately goes insane, and um, he ends up getting killed. Where um, this police officer ends up taking in Sam and raising him as his own child and stuff like that. Uh, his, you know, and now the uh, the cop that took him in um, becomes the. I guess like the lieutenant of the um, the police department and stuff. Uh, Sam grows up to be a police officer and joins the force. And so what happens is we've got our antagonist played by Richard Lynch, who is kind of a, his his story is that he's like a neurosurgeon and he ended up getting fired from from his job for doing you know all these unsanctioned tests on people and things like that. And he's created this way of abducting people and basically injecting them with some type of hallucinogenic formula that makes them see demons. So when they see a cop, they'll see like a demon version of the cop and they'll kill that, that person. So now Sam's father is kind of forced to make Sam use his scanner pro or his scanner issue or his scanner abilities to solve this crime which you know of course sam had always said that he would never use these things because his dad became a victim of it and stuff like that so that's like the setup to the film um yeah you know not a major hardcore you know narrative here or anything but uh i will say this version of the scanner films 
is a lot more entertaining than the sequels to the original Scanner film, which I might add, I absolutely hate those films. Those are boring, shitty-ass films. But I think this is kind of a cool concept. Um, A Scanner cop. You know, this guy is here to fight crime, you know, like the legit way. And he is. He's like a very stand-up type character. And he had always vowed that he would never use his his abilities to, you know, for bad and things like that. But he is forced to use them in this in this aspect and stuff. It's a very 90s film. Very, very 1994. Uh, you know, fully equipped with head explosions and things like that. Um, it's a fun one, man. I, I really enjoy <laughs> this film, man. It's a straight-up popcorn flick. There's nothing more to it than that type of narrative but there's some really cool sequences in this film there's a really cool one where sam gets entangled with this um i guess she's almost like a genie type thing she's like the sidekick to david lynch or to david lynch's to uh richard lynch's uh kind of empire and uh there's a really insane scene where he, he kind of ends up dipping into hell with her and that's i'll kind of leave it with that fucking really cool shit man but there's nothing cooler than watching these older films where richard lynch is the uh the antagonist because he's fantastic you guys know who richard lynch is right no you don't know who richard lynch is okay a movie <laughs> was the end. like fucking tons of movies but anyways he's like the most badass great that really fucking bad. helps me thanks he's like he's like the most bad ass looking bad guy ever man i mean you can't miss him, man. He's got that burnt look, natural look to him and shit like that. But Scanner Cop, man, fucking fun-ass film. Not a great film, like I said, narrative-wise or anything. But uh, it's got some pretty cool effects. And, you know, even for 1994, kind of straight to video and shit. I think it was actually a pretty decently well-made film. And even well-acted, man. Daniel Quinn plays the main character as Sam in this one. who actually passed away a couple years ago. He has a ton of acting credits under his name. Um, but if you're a fan of the franchise, the original Scanner franchise, you've never seen Scanner Cop before, definitely give it a shot. I've never actually seen part two of Scanner Cop, so I'd actually like to see that one. But uh, fun-ass film, man. Six and a half out of ten. Definitely worth a watch. But, yeah, it's good shit, man. So you honestly have no idea who Richard Lynch is? Uh-uh. Oh, my mm, God. If Richard I knew who Lynch? he was, I just Is that from... Said uh, dude, he was... He's is that like, the dude from Chillerama? He stars in Bad Dreams. He's also uh, in Invasion USA. He's in fucking Zombies Halloween for a, for a little bit. Uh, I don't know this guy either. Oh Me neither. God. Right. I might know him well, if I saw his face. We don't watch 87,000 movies a week like you do, and we don't fucking know everybody. Fucking I know who Michael Berryman is. It's fucking Richard Lynch, man. It's... it's oh, here. Oh, here we go. What? What? 161 credits. Oh, my God ridiculous well that'll be an upcoming joke anyways <laughs> it's fucking Richard Lynch make man. fun of JP too he doesn't know who I bet you Dave is. doesn't know who he is Dave doesn't know me and Dave are usually is. on par with shit like this dude he's been in oh he's done genre films his whole career oh my like what I, you've never seen bad dreams before no um nope you've never <laughs> seen bad like Oh my god! No. From 1988. Oh, for fuck's sakes! Anyways, then there's there's no going back then. Okay, later. <laughs> what scanner's the showdown? Which one's that? Is that Scanner Cop Two? <laughs> it might be. I haven't seen it. Do a Scanner's franchise show. <laughs> yeah, Moods loves those two sequels. Fucking hate those films. Fucking terrible. <laughs> I no, like I... them. They're like they're like pre X Men X Men movies. 
I can't think you guys are Richard Lynch's, man. Look at look up a fucking picture of him right now. I did, and I still don't know who he is. Yep, me neither. Let me. <laughs> it's insane, man. Bad Dreams is basically the equivalent. It's like a, it's like a Dream Warriors ripoff. I just haven't watched it. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. Mm. Sure, Richard. Uh, what, Dave, the Dave. what the fuck were you talking about, bro? Richard Lynch. He was in late. I know to that, but he was doing. He was in late. He was in late to rest, and we even talked about him on that show. I mean, just. Still, oh, I've seen him before. I, I remember because he's the he's the principal from the Halloween, right? Yeah, he's in late to rest. Like, oh my god, Moots is getting so mad that we don't know who Richard Lynch is. Um, but everybody listening to the show knows who Richard Lynch is. I'm not getting yeah, mad. Yeah, but you said he was astonished. like everybody. You're, you're so, talking about him as if he's like goddamn like Bill Mosley or something. Dude, he's been in 160 films. You think that you would see anything that he was in? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm looking so, at his, his filmography, so and the only thing I recognize is Halloween. I mean, this, I mean, this really doesn't surprise me. I mean, and everybody was in Halloween. It, yeah. I, I basically I saw him I I pretty much think he's a poor man's Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, he's he's in Lords <laughs> of Salem too. I, I think I think you're the one that needs. Oh, to he's get uncredited sand. in Lords of Salem. You're the one who needs the sand sucked out of the vagina tonight, man. <laughs> I, I suppose <laughs> everyone no one's here has seen Cut and Run before. Death nope. Game. He's in oh. Death Game. Oh my whatever god. That is. Jesus Christ. The that, Barbarian. That he's got the greatest fucking hair ever in The Barbarian. Isn't that like the horror Expendables movie that's coming out? Or is that no, that this is from 2001. He wouldn't mm-hmm. be in that. He's not a horror star. Okay. Well, Moods <laughs> thinks he is, so. Well, I'm just just wait till the show comes out. He's in Cyborg 3. The Ooh. classic. Necronomicon Book of the Dead. There's another horror one. Oh, he's in Puppet Master 3 plays major Dude, car- cross he's, he's in a fucking ton of films man i know you've already said it eight times you said yeah jeremy maybe you should fucking maybe you should oh know your God. shit for once. gives a shit he's in little nikki no oh wait that's not little nikki that's little nikita hey man that's cool was he in any films that included blurriness Oh God! Really, Jeremy? Like you're just gonna be a faggot <laughs> like that? And oh, just he was in the Ninth shit? Configuration. He was uh, the sec. He played the classic character of the second cyclist. <laughs> hey, man! It's not my fault. You guys don't watch movies. It's not, really not my fault. Watch movies. Who has never seen Invasion? Who's Hold never up. seen that- Invasion USA with Chuck Norris, oh. man? It's Actually, like, he's in the Premonition from 1976. Who's never seen Invasion USA? Like, I mean, that's ridiculous. Me and JP. That's that's just lame. Hey, the that's movie The lame. Premonition that we're supposed to watch for 76. He was in that. Great. I still won't know <laughs> who he is when I'm watching it. Oh, Jeremy. It's just, it's well, so listen, it's so you know pathetic. what's really funny so about pathetic. this? So is Jeremy gives me so much shit, it's like so in pathetic. the chat or something. If I don't know who some sports broadcaster... That's what I'm saying. It's pathetic. You know. What? You don't know who that is? You, you, you I can't believe it. Ah, so it's this but is. But Bad Dreams is like not an unpopular film. Oh my. That's, that's what okay. Saying. Neither is Halloween, but I still don't know who I keep, he is in that movie. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> whose turn is it? But but to be fair, JP, you don't really know who It'll anybody be. is though. Exactly. That's why I could have fun with this, but it's kind of fun. Jeremy's the first guy to give you shit for not knowing who somebody is. I mean, so it's we, kinda we talked about him in Laid to Rest. I mean, just recently. <laughs> that's that's the funny part here. I just 
weird to me. Maybe he'll be in Chopping Mall. <laughs> Maybe he'll play one of the mannequins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew. Yeah. All right, well, I guess I'll do a review of this, uh, if I want to call it a movie. This will, I guess, prove that I don't rate every single movie really high. Oh, so this Um, one's going to be an 8 out of 10? (laughs) Nope. Um, Not not quite. Um, This this movie is called, I I don't know if any of you would have had the unfortunate, um, I don't know, okay occasion to watch this movie no this isn't your vice oh, that's locker, not what it's called the key. no this is called 1313 ufo invasion anybody Jesus seen it christ <laughs> what the fuck is this shit okay background to why why i wanted to watch this movie if you go check out the cover you understand why floating heads <laughs> yeah pretty much david decato every, every one of his movies since 2001 or 2000 actually when final stab came out what is it uh, called he, again, please? 1313 UFO Invasion. What a fucking retarded-ass name that is. Oh, yeah. This was a whole series of movies. He, he There's like six or seven films in this this series. of. Wait, this is the 1,313th of these bitches? No, they, they just titled the franchise 1313 and made di- uh, random different movies. They're like different subgenres. One's like a slasher. Dude, this looks hella gay. Oh, it's well. <laughs> Go to images. <laughs> <laughs> Type in thirteen thirteen UFO invasion. Yeah, that does look look at Look at ICP. Look at the fucking gay porn. This is a gay porn. Fucking shirts off that look like that look like Robert Patterson from Twilight. You guys obviously don't haven't seen uh, don't know of David Decato. He he actually his film well, studio is not, does that don't surprise you? Porn, so. Jesus Christ! I don't know who fucking Richard Lynch is for Christ's sake, man. <laughs> That's true. Fuck, this is I true. don't think they're gonna get his <laughs> Christ, man. This cool, is man. A, he this is a little more underground. Than <laughs> <laughs> Although there's a connection here, fucking Puppet Master Three. I mean, That's right. Yeah. Yeah, which is also gay. Oh, yeah, come on. Yeah. That's my favorite Puppet Master movie. It's everybody's favorite Puppet Master. Yeah, that's Philip his, probably. His films got he's, insane. He's also directed 1313 Bermuda Triangle, and it's the same he, fucking shirtless ab yes, guy. Yes, like all, that whole series. 1313. Dude, 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 dude. We have to get Jim from Toronto to review all these. There's uh, one. I always associate no. Dekachu with them. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, no. 10, 11, 12, 13 in two no. years. Do not do this to this kid. Like this, <laughs> no, 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 no. Dude, listen. 2011, 1313 Nightmare Mansion. 2011, 1313 with a wicked stepbrother. 2011, slasher model. 2011, 1313 boy. There's there's six of them in one year. (laughs) Yes. Man, he's making freaking... I always think of him as a full moon director, man. How many full moon fucking films did he direct? He probably directed about a dozen of them. He directed tons of them, man. Yeah. yeah. I think he did Witch House, too, right? Yeah, I think he did Witch House. Yeah. like I, I've def- What's funny is I've actually seen some of these guys' movies. The early, like, yeah. That shot on video, Dream Maniac. I think you did that. Uh, that sounds familiar, too. I haven't watched a uh, ton. He's directed so many films, though. I think he's over 100 now. Oh, so uh, 30 Babes in the Slime Bowl Bolorama. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, you guys are right. His how does he go from studio- gays to How does he go from babes to hunks? That makes no sense. Yeah. 
Well, this film studio, which I, I can't find the name of it on the back of it, Rapid Heart, maybe? Rap- yeah, Rapid Heart Pictures. It's actually, they do make movies specifically for LGBT uh, fit folks, and I didn't know this going in, but I didn't care. It was floating heads, so I just like don't give a fuck. But It's not um, floating heads, it's floating abs. <laughs> that's true. They're all shirtless in the car. Um, and every movie... Yeah, and pretty much all of these later ones from like 2008 on, I think. It's this like, makes looks like the fake tits and backlot murders look like a freaking. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this this fucking run of thirteen thirteen films has to be the Dude, funniest I'm shit ever. I'm telling you, <laughs> Jim <laughs> from Toronto, get no. on it, homie. Oh. Get Dude, on it. This is go fucking, ahead. Like he made what you know, thirteen of these in a matter of like one year. Yeah, like but in it's... smack dead of the middle there's like 1313 nightmare mansion 1313 wicked stepbrother so on so on no Crazy no no Boys. that's the first one the first one is wicked is uh 1313 wicked stepbrother 1313 actor slash model 1313 boy awesome. crazies 1313 haunted frat 1313 nightmare mansion giant killer bees cougar cult Bigfoot Island, UFO Invasion, Bermuda Triangle, Billy the Kid, Hercules Unbound, Night of the Widow, Franken Queen, uh, and that's it. Franken Queen was the last one. You read them off differently that they're listed on my IMDb here, but the point was, it's trying to make. He has like four 1313s, and then all of a sudden it's Christmas Spirit TV movie. Yeah, but before this, he made a. He, he directed all the Brotherhood films, which is yeah. a series of homoerotic homo- yeah, horror yeah. films. Yeah, so then he directs for those Dude, Christmas I had spirit- no idea there was, like, gay horror genres out there. And then there's, like, four and more. There's floating like- heads, too. They're all floating heads. It's I funny. love this. Then there's four more of these 1313 films. It's, like, Giant Killer Bees to Cougar Cult, and then it's Snow White, A Deadly Summer. And it goes back <laughs> to 1313 films. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. It's so random. And Mary and Marie McCormick is are in these fucking even all watchable? No, how the hell did they get Maureen McCormick to be in Snow White: A Deadly Summer? That might be the most <laughs> fucked up thing I've ever seen on someone's filmography. And she has a fucking starring role in it. Like, what the hell? It, did it they seems give her, like, like they're all on Prime. They are. They're all free. You can go watch them if you want. Jim, Toronto, now. <laughs> Yeah, after the Amityville. He's about to wrap up the Amityville flicks. He's searching for the worst franchise ever. He's already made it through the witchcraft. Uh, This is rivaling the witchcraft, man. How are you doing I can guarantee you these movies are worse. 100% guaranteed. All right, let's get to the review. What What the hell is this fucker about? Oh, okay. So basically this grad student who's studying, uh, for some reason, astronomy and wants to do his grad paper on UFOs moves to Roswell to do his paper. And they're in this random house, which, by the way, every right, single one. I'm lost one- already. <laughs> well, he goes to. He goes to Roswell, uh-huh. you know, because that's where the UFO famous yeah. UFO sighting went. He's a grad student wanting to do a paper on UFO yeah. invasion. So he goes there and to work on his grad school paper. So you basically get in this movie, I'm not even kidding, five-minute shots of him just walking. I'm not even kidding. Just walking in Roswell. Just just straight Patty, walking. Padding the time just with walking? Yeah. Is it in and, slow-mo and, like the old uh, 80s Sodom video films? <laughs> nope. Just walking Shit. with – with uh, music playing, just wow. just him walk, no dialogue, no no like. <laughs> every now and then they'll have like a 
like a voiceover of him doing like his thoughts with him like a hundred yards away doing this. You can tell they're just like action, and they're just he just walks and and I I actually um, I thought some of his earlier films were pretty actually well directed. These movies are horrendous. I mean, there's there's no story here. Like what I told you, that's all that happens in this entire movie. I've heard million times. Oh, it comes at night. Nothing happens. I mean, this movie, literally nothing happens in it. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, there are like five minute sequences where there's no, no edits, no nothing, just music and like somebody doing some random thing, like walking around a house. So now underwear. that explains how we made like 13 of these in a year. Yeah, he exactly. Didn't edit anything. <laughs> and they're all shot in the exact same house too. Like the exact same property and everything like and that's how they they probably rented this house for like a year and they're just like or maybe it's he owns the house and so they're just like is oh, there lots, film well is maybe there, he should learn something from david St- uh david sterling you know so is there lots of gay sex as the cover suggests no there's like you get like dudes in the shower but you don't see penises or anything like you just see like shirtless <laughs> abs nothing so there's not even that so it's just like, even if you were somebody, I guess, that, uh, somebody who, like, wanted to watch that, like, I don't even think it would be that. It's like, I, I, I don't know. That, there's really nothing to this movie, and mostly of the franchise in general. I, unfortunately, I did buy some of these, so I am in the middle of trying <laughs> to return these. Um, and yeah, yeah they're floating I, heads. You got to keep them. Well, I heard uh, that you can get all 13 for about 13 bucks. <laughs> listen um, i just followed this guy on twitter man because uh i admire his ability filmmaker. to create a career off of this stuff i know like he is an actually a talented filmmaker like his like he does do good uh like his films are really well shot it's just this these films in general the ones that i've seen of his later ones are just atrocious so i i don't really have much to say i will say that um, it at least has, um, at least like the, there's no like production issues. It's just literally there's, there's no, nothing going on in it. So I give it a one and a half out of 10. This definitely deserves to be in some sort of uh hall. We have a hall of resurrection over it. So <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how all these things keep coming full circle, but he's the guy that directed final stab. Yeah. And I love that film. <laughs> Absolutely figure. love that movie. That's and funny. this movie is just horrible. Well, I'll be damned. <laughs> well, this I've, is crazy. I've you seen learn it. something new every day. I've Andy. seen a bunch of his films That's before, sure. and like some of them are bad. Like, oh, I've sh- seen a ton of his films. I, like, I was looking through the list. I've seen a lot of those films. Yeah, man. Like, Mooch, have re- you seen Leeches? Yes. Yes, I've seen Oh, them. dude, that movie's hilariously... I mean, it's bad, but oh, it's, it's hilarious. Bad. Yeah, but he did Shrieker. <laughs> Shrieker's fun, you know? Yeah. You know, he did some pretty good full moon stuff. Creepazoids was cool. Dream Maniac's okay. Like, he did some good stuff, like... How do you go from that to just not even? It seem, to me, it seems like he got lazy. Five minute shots of walking. I mean, anybody can do that. <laughs> like, to, to me, it seems like he got like cunning. He's like, I'm gonna make money doing nothing. <laughs> it sounds like David Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, looking at his Twitter, it seems like he might be some sort of like convention manager, like managing like I don't know because he has like all these things with like. Um, Adrian Barbeau and Brink Stevens and stuff like see them here at this con and stuff like that. So I don't really um, understand how 
this guy is doing so much stuff. Like in 2017, he did two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, or le- he did eleven films in 2017. That's one every month. Like how in the f- <laughs> like? So he's officially not editing anything he's doing then, right? <laughs> Well, he just passes that off to a different guy. do that, man. If there is another guy. I mean, these are so low budget. A lot of these I'm looking at, they say TV movies. Made for what, what channel? TV? What fucking yeah. channel's playing this shit? Like, Deadly Lesson? 1313 less? channel? Is that like the channel you type in 1313 and all you see is a bunch of fucking naked guys fucking Goddamn. walking down the street? He's the one that directed that 90210 shark attack film. <laughs> oh, what do you even gotten the shark one point eight on IMDb. That's amazing. This is the greatest day ever. All right. JP. So uh, next up here, uh, last Patreon pick for the month, we have nineteen eighties Mother's Day. Uh, this film was originally not this that I was reviewing. Um, they asked me to do Always Shine, but I had done a review on Always Shine already on Netflix and Chill. So I was like, hey, I'll do it again, but. You could hear it here if you want. And he's like, okay, then do this instead. And he picked Mother's Day because I had mentioned I had never seen Mother's Day. I uh, actually had to pop it in on VHS because I don't own a DVD of it. Uh, it is 1980 uh, Troma Entertainment produced. Uh, was this yep. a, a distributed film or a produ- in-house production? Produced. That's actually directed by Lloyd Kaufman's brother. No shit. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The not as popular Charlie Kaufman. Yes, yes. So, wow, Charlie Kaufman. Mm-hmm. wonder if he knows Charles Band. Charlie Band. <laughs> really original. Charlie Absolutely. Kaufman and Charlie Band should get together and make a movie. Starring, no, okay. starring Richard Lynch. Do we really need to see a Troma Full Moon yes. production? Yes. No, thank you. Uh, but yeah, Are they so going to do a fucking Killer Bong and Ginger Dead Man versus Toxie Part 7? Well, no, you gotta really understand, er, early full moon films are actually pretty decent. Some, yeah. some of them are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. they are. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so this one uh, is a trauma film, and it, I really, I, I didn't know this one is one of the more popular trauma films from from when they were doing their thing back in the eighties. Um, this one was this was this banned in the UK? I don't think so. No. No. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> thought it was uh so yeah anyway this film 1980 uh follows uh, a woman who's like kind of driving along picks up these two people and it's like super cheesy right away it might even be like i can't tell if it's making like is it smart enough to be like satirical or is it just dumb like i can't i can't really tell uh, but there's this person in the backseat who's like up to no good, like one of the people that she's driving. She's like this old polite old lady or whatever. And look, he's like noosing up this rope in the backseat, which clearly she would be able to see him like at some point doing that. When you see all his movement in the back, he's like holding it, <laughs> holding it up in the air or whatever, you know. And uh, she she uh, stops the car and he like puts it away and then somebody else kills him. And then we're kind of introduced into three new characters. We realize, Oh, the old lady's a bad guy. Um, and which I assumed she was since it's called mother's day. And there's like a mother skeleton thing on the cover. Uh, but so we're introduced to her sons. They kidnap these three girls. They take them back to the house and they torture and rape and, and kill them in order to impress their mother. Uh, these guys are totally like inbred hillbilly type characters. Uh, I would say that this is like, 
definitely inspired by films like Last House on the Left and Texas Chainsaw and Hills Have Eyes and all those movies that came out before this movie. Um, and kind of, you know, early like slasher elements as well. In 1980, you have this. What year did Friday come out? 81. 1980. Yeah. June of 1980. So just a couple months after Friday. Uh, so I don't know if they, I imagine they run produced this movie pretty fast but 115 uh thousand dollar budget that's actually not that's actually pretty good they did it they did a lot with that i like the location to this film um there's there's these houses that are like you know spray painted there's these signs like road signs all over the place and stuff like that uh there's there's a lot of silliness like this is not a serious movie like i didn't know that it wasn't serious i guess i should have known from trauma but uh, they also put out like they they've distributed serious movies. I guess I didn't know it was in house either though. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was pretty entertaining. It was it was fun. Like I was I was like this is this is pure goofiness, you know, when I was watching it. But it was fun. I've come around on trauma. It's been a long journey with me with trauma. If you guys listen back to the first episodes, I used to give mood shit for his trauma collection and and <laughs> talked a lot of shit on trauma. Um. I kind of like Troma, honestly. Like, I've always been a fan of Full Moon, but, like, I've definitely come around on Troma. I like, I've pretty much liked everything I watch by them now. Even the, like, I'm, I try to stay away from the extremely bad ones, but even stuff like Bloodhook I had fun with. So, uh, this is probably one of their better movies, honestly. But I just don't know. Is, do you think it's satirical? Like, they're making fun of the horror genre? Or do you think it's just silly? Like, because I know Lloyd Kaufman and like the Truman team and stuff, they're they're very satirical with like especially stuff like poultry guys and stuff. Hundred percent, um, this is totally a satire. Okay, of all the shit. Well, that, that makes me before. like yeah. it a little bit more yeah. even then, because it's like kind of making fun of the yeah. the Hills Have Eyes and the yeah. you know other backwoods movies at the time. Um, but yeah, there's a scene at the end with like a t- like this television set goes on dude's head and. Like nothing makes sense in this movie, but kind of cool. I liked it. I don't think it was like great or anything, but it, it was. I, I would like to get it on Blu-ray, maybe a little better quality. It, it was perfect to watch on VHS, though. Like I did kind of like that because I do own this on VHS, and I was like, oh, this is like reminds me of renting movies when I was a kid. It's like perfect first time watch movie for that. But I would like to see it on like Blu-ray or something. Is there a Blu-ray of this? Yes. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah, I would like to see a Blu-ray of this one and, and revisit it, but I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, it's a fun film. And the you know remake what? is way better, but it's a completely different yeah, movie. Yeah, completely different film. I agree, though. I mean, if you were to put them together, compare, the remake definitely outshines the original yeah, one. The remake is like the kind of remakes I like where they just take a general idea and a name and, and kind of do their own thing. Oh, big time. Yeah. All right. Moving on from the year 2018, once again, directed by Alex Garland, we have Annihilation starring Natalie Portman. Now, uh, I was a huge fan of Garland's first film, Ex Machina. I like that movie quite a bit. Uh, It's really a fantastic one setting, very similar to this film. He's very good with putting characters in an enclosed setting and letting them expand and and pretty much self-destruct. Ex Machina is is a very similar kind of a film in that sense. But we follow Natalie Portman's character, uh, Lena. And Lena is a uh, professor of biology at John Hopkins. 
and one day her husband comes back from uh, a tour of duty. He was wasn't hasn't been seen in a year, and everybody thought he was dead. But one day he reappears at uh, Lena's house, and uh, he pretty much goes into a seizure type of uh, incident, and he gets uh, quarantined by. Uh, a group of U.S. scientists who tell Lena that he went into something called the Shimmer, and this uh, it's like a dome that's like consuming. If anybody nature. plays Fortnite, it's like the storm in Fortnite. Okay, and it pretty much is consuming the world, and slowly. any slowly, and anybody who goes into the Shimmer doesn't come out. And Lena's husband Except is the only one guy. that has. Lena's the only one. Lena's husband is the only one that has came out from the shimmer, and basically Lena goes in, and she, she of course comes out and says her story about uh, what is going on. It's very, it's a, it's a complex movie. There's a lot of stuff going on here, and it's a movie that's definitely uh, a film that you would have to watch a couple of times to fully understand everything that was being uh, talked about. Uh, throughout the movie, it's very. It, I didn't even get anything. Everything that was going on in this movie, the ending. He, said, he says I didn't, as if like it's like, whoa, that's crazy. He didn't even get it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even did it. I didn't even get it, bro. I watch a ton of shit, and I didn't even get it. Apparently, nothing uh, with Richard Lynch. You know what? Fuck off, bro. <laughs> I like you can bust my balls, but I can't bust yours. Back. Oh, wait a minute. That's right, because you don't have balls. My bad. I have a vagina. I know. My bad. I feel like you. I feel like Jeremy just has a sack. <laughs> there's like, there's like not any like it's testicles just, in it's it. Just it's just a just big a pile of skin sack that just sits there. <laughs> anyway, just this movie has sack. amazing, amazing cinematography, and this movie is interesting because it was released in the U.S. by Paramount, and then in March it was released by Netflix and you know every other territory so it's very interesting the way that this movie was released like that i mean if you go up into the wonderful land of canada by moods you can fucking watch it on netflix so it's very it very, feels very, like a big movie too so it's it's i'm surprised it it's kind of interesting it got that netflix release mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh it's a it's a beautiful movie i i was telling jp this is one shot in, in the film towards the end of the second act i would say that's like it's a fucking amazing, amazing, powerful shot. This movie's filled filled with it. Very bright, colorful type of movie. So Alex Garland, very much like... Oh, man, I'm going to look like an asshole now. Uh, yeah, especially after you type. Back to uh-huh. episode four. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Fuck you, okay? <laughs> Alex Garland has a bright future, 8 out of 10. Fuck everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That was it? You did all that hammering on the keyboard to say that? Alex Garland has a bright future 8 of 10. Oh my god, I was lost with that. You know, you know what's funny about Annihilation is that the more that I have distanced myself from it, because I saw it, you know, when it, I'm, I mean, it's probably a month ago at this point it feels like, but it honestly, it's the best movie I've seen this year. It really is. So far, this out of all the movies I've seen, it's my favorite watch. And I actually had pretty big problems with like the ending of the movie. And I'm just not sure I really like 
the direction it really went in toward the, the with the final scene you know the final act and the final like stinger at the end and stuff like i love the world and i loved it so much that they set up like the like all, all the all the neat little things that they add into this world right inside the shimmer that i wanted to know more about this world i truly did i was like uh, like especially with that scene that you texted me about earlier jeremy with the um like the people plant thing yeah. like that was so beautiful and like even even the the crocodile was re- a really good scene and obviously the bear like all these things were were really really neat i just wanted to spend as much time as i could in this world i really did like it is a neat concept um, but I just felt like by the end of it, I was like, I don't like where they went with this. It just feels, I don't know. It, it kind of, it feels where you would expect it would go, but just mm. still like kind of unexplained. I don't know. I it's, it's a really good movie, visually stunning. It just kind of let me down in the end, but I still think it's the best movie I saw this year. So that's saying something. Yeah. I gave it an eight. Me too. So which one did you like better, Jeremy? Ex Machina? Yeah, Ex Machina by a lot. Not a lot, but it's a way better film. I didn't realize this guy wrote the beach, the novel, and he wrote 28 Days Later. The fuck? He wrote the screenplay for Dread? Yeah. Wow. He has a bright future. He's an awesome director. And he did the, you know, he got into directing, like, you know, just recently, obviously, just recently. It's only his second film. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. That's interesting. But yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Sounds uh, sounds decent, man. I gotta check it out. Yeah, yeah it's like it reminds me of like a movie that would just be a hundred percent either 4K or Blu-ray. Just like take oh, yeah. it in. Yeah. Like uh, I remember one of the biggest movies. Like when when I first got my Blu-ray player around when I got it, I rented a Blu-ray of Prometheus from the uh, Redbox, and that was like one of the it was like one of the first like new movies that I just saw and was like blown away by the the visuals in it. Yeah. Sweet. All right, moving along here, man. 2017, a documentary called Penny Pinchers: The Kings of No Budget Horror. So this is going out to all you people out there that uh, love your no budget horror, not low budget, absolute no budget horror. So it's a documentary. Nobody truly loves those, by the way. Yeah. Besides Mikey Fisher. I really do. Like, I mean, a lot of the directors that they um, that they showcase in here, I'm a big lot big fans of lots of these guys. Who? But they're fun, man. They're really, really fun. Uh, we'll no, I'm in. saying who's who's the uh, people that they showcase. Wow, look at that condescending voice you have right there. He's like, ah, fuck you. You don't know those guys. You just saw no, right I'm there. actually being serious. Like, who are the people? Like, like yeah, we'll get to I this here. So this this documentary <laughs> is directed by Dustin Ferguson. Um, it's also it, basically what it is. It's just a sequence of interviews with all these what I would what I would say, you know, classic shot on video directors and stuff, household names that are you know that people are fans of this genre, like this really low budget stuff. Know these names like Todd Sheets, Donald Farmer, Tim Ritter. Uh, Todd Jason Cook, um, mm-hmm. of yeah, course, uh, Christopher Seaver, you know, Johnny Dickey's even here, Phil Herman, um, which is pretty cool to see Johnny Dickey in here because, you know, he's really young. I think he's only about 16 now, and he's already directed like four films or something. It's pretty crazy. Um, but this is pretty cool, man. So Dustin Ferguson directed this, and, you know, he's done a lot of films himself, but uh, 
it's really interesting to hear the perspective of these these filmmakers and their stories of their films and stuff because a lot of people just generally think that you know these guys go out in the streets with a camera no crew and just kind of make these films and it's interesting to hear the stories of you know these super low budget films that you know todd sheets did and stuff like that uh you know talk about how he had such problems with his crew and shit like he shot on video films they actually had crews and you know it's really intriguing to hear man um of course, I got Lloyd Kaufman in here too, and <laughs> Lloyd Kaufman's kind of the breakup between like every single interview in this documentary, and he's you know throughout his interview, it's kind of broken up throughout the whole thing, and it you know kind of tells you know how Lloyd Kaufman is. He just kind of tells it how it is, and he keeps he keeps going on and on about f- how you should you know he's like fuck the big conglomerates, uh, big studio, blah blah blah, and shit like that. It's actually really fucking funny to hear him. I love Lloyd Kaufman, man. Um, but man, if you're if you're fans of you know these guys' films, this is pretty interesting to hear and like how much blood, sweat, and tears these guys actually put into this stuff. I know a lot of people can't appreciate these no budget, you know, shot on video. To I mean, not everything these guys have done has been shot on video. I mean, some of these guys are from the '80s that you know that's what they were shooting on, shot on video and stuff. And uh, but another really cool aspect is a lot of these directors they go through all the different type of cameras they've shot on and what they've shot films on and what sh- what films they actually shot on. Like mm-hmm. everything from video to like beta to like super eights to like these digital and stuff, and it it's kind of cool how the documentary progresses too. They you know they talk about their old school filmmaking and the and the progression through the eighties and the nineties and the two thousands, and basically the consensus is with a lot of these new directors is like digital is the best thing in the fucking world, <laughs> you know, because for a no for a no budget filmmaker, you know you can shoot or what you shoot you can actually see what you just shot right on the spot so you don't have to like mm-hmm. you know go and play your shit and you know waste all this fucking time and money and shit like that and man it's really intriguing man and you know it kind of gives you a different perspective and you know for even it might even make you a fan of these guys too how much heart they really put into the shit and how they talk about it and stuff it's really cool man really cool stuff <clears throat> and you know they put a lot of clips into here which is really awesome so if you're not 100 percent familiar with the directors themselves they show a lot of the clips and stuff and you know from their particular films and shit like that but uh, i mean a lot of like i said again you know a lot of people that are into this type of stuff know who todd sheets is and donald farmer and shit like that like i mean they're shot on video legends that's just what their synopsis with um but I highly recommend this, man. If you like documentaries and you want to learn something, you know, about this type of filmmaking and shit, check out Penny Pinchers, man. It's really awesome. Super cheap. <clears throat> SRS Cinema released it. And uh, it's definitely worth your time, man. It's I thought it was pretty well done. I really just wish they had have gotten a little bit more directors to talk about their stuff because it kind of goes back and forth between, you know, about the eight main guys throughout the yeah. whole documentary but you know i would like to heard you know some other perspectives too but you know it is what it is you can't ask for everything but um i highly recommend this man i mean i'm a big fan of documentaries and i know a lot of people that are horror fans love documentaries and stuff but give it a shot man yeah. it's fantastic stuff so this one um i was looking here it's on amazon for about 15 bucks right now mm-hmm. um I actually, if you do pick it up, you could actually add it to Letterbox now, thanks to me. Um, <laughs> that is right. That is right. Because I actually, <laughs> I messaged JP and I'm like, "What the fuck? I just watched another film that's not available on Letterbox, and five minutes later, it was available." <laughs> yeah, I JP. added it. It's it's actually a long, annoying process, but um, I did it. Uh, yeah, have you seen Horror Business from 2005? 
I, I have not seen horror business. I've had that in my Amazon. I think for like years because <laughs> it sounds it exactly like the movie you're talking about. Um, it basically follows like four or five guys who are making no budget movies, mm-hmm. and um, it's actually super interesting. It, it was, it, it's a little shoddy because clearly the guy that made it was also making a no budget movie in terms of his documentary. Okay, but. The more I think about that movie, like I actually want to revisit it because it was like I watched it probably, you know, three or four years ago at this point. And I feel like the perspective I have, the stuff that I've learned since then, I yeah. feel like it would be even more interesting to watch. So check out Horror Business. It's the same thing. And yeah. you'll probably enjoy that one. This as one well. looks really good, man. Like all the interviews are shot really well. You know, it's actually it's not shot on video. They didn't try to make it look like that. They actually tried to de- do a decent job with it and stuff. But um, it's pretty cool, man. Hearing Donald Farmer talk about like the dude's still going, and he looks so old and fat and like ridiculous, but he's still <laughs> fucking going. Like he's doing. He just did a remake of his, uh, I believe, nineteen eighty. What is it? Eighty seven film. I just I just showed up. Yeah, eighty seven. He just did like a remake of Cannibal Hookers. Like in 2018, I'm just like, holy fuck, that's crazy. But yeah, some good stories, man. Really good stuff. Give you a new appreciation for, well, what some people say, shit on video, whatever, shot on video. But it's cool. It's not all that though. Like I said, these guys have they they've shot on everything. So, but check it out, man. It's 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 fucking good stuff, man. Cool, Andrew. Okay, I'm just trying to just trying to think. Would you be uh, really mad if I reviewed Phantoms again? <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> no, I really wasn't going to. But um, all right, so this actually this review actually will come by the way of uh, a recommendation from JP because he told me about no. it on our our episode. I'm sure you do. You know what it is? The Wisher, aka Splice. Man, did I that even give correct. a rating? Did I give a rating for Penny Pictures? No. No. <laughs> I'll give it like an eight. I'll give an eight out of ten. I just thought it right, was like good 10. because Rob would have freaked. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> like, what's Moose's radio? Eight out of 10. Oh, I just thought yeah, yeah. fuck it. Do it every once in a while. <laughs> Proceed. <Cool. laughs> okay, so yeah, my uh my film's going to be spliced, which I did order the day after uh we did our episode because JP said there was a, a dig on resurrection in the movie and I think I caught it. Uh, there wasn't like I was thinking it was going to be like something they said, but it was uh, it was just a shot in the film that I think is what you're referring to. Um, no, um, I think there's another part. I can't remember, but I know that's on the marquee. Halloween yeah. Resurrection, and I think that everybody's going to see the Wisher. Yeah, there's there's five showings of of the Wisher, and there's one showing of Resurrection. <laughs> yeah, that was the big. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I did I thought that was really funny and it was like a very subtle dig on it, um, but yeah this is basically like uh, set in a small town a high school girl is um, the there's this big frenzy of this movie called The Wisher and this uh, girl goes to see it and after that she gets sick halfway through and the movie and after this. Uh, things start to go bad that the things that she happened to wish for so it's a like it's a kind of like a whodunit of like is it a supernatural movie or what's going on here um so i'm, I'm not gonna say what it is i'm not gonna spoil it i don't even know if many people have even seen it because this isn't like a movie that's very well known or talked about at all so 
I won't say anything else, actually. Um, I actually did really enjoy this movie, and I enjoy the premise of these kind of stories. Like, I actually did a review for this on uh, Body Bags today. Um, I just kind of wanted to double dip just to get my thoughts a little bit more out there on this one. Um, yeah, because nobody watches Body Bags. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, we do get, like, 20 views for every video so it's it's a little frustrating um yeah i i uh i actually it's because have, we're gone yeah were oh, you ever there yeah oh <laughs> actually was the one who got me on there um yeah so yeah back to the film the uh I actually have not seen the Wishmaster yet. Um, I I've been really slow. Have you getting seen around Wishmaster? It. No, that that's the, what, what I was saying. Like I haven't seen the Wishmaster yet. Uh, I know, but have you seen Wishmaster? What a dick! <laughs> I feel like I'm on fire tonight. I feel like I've inherited Brandon's stealing of jokes wit. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if you want to be compared to Brandon, then go right ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought this film was really intriguing. I was never bored by it. It doesn't stay its welcome, uh, overstay its welcome, should I say. Um, it's The production values are pretty good. The acting isn't, like, the greatest. It's not going to – it's it's just kind of eh, average. Um, I, I was intrigued the whole time. Um, my – my rating for it, I gave it a seven and a half, and I feel like pretty content with giving it that. Yeah, you know what, man? It, that one, like, it definitely has some problems and stuff, but I look back on it kind of fondly. Like, I was like, okay, that, that movie was pretty fun. Yeah. It Did you watch that for 2002 moots when we covered 2002? Yeah, I think I, I, yeah, I think I did watch it again. I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, because I, I, when I reviewed it on the show, I know at that time you hadn't seen it, I think. Oh, is that... I don't even remember, man. If I've seen it or not, <laughs> to be honest, I can't remember. Obviously, That's why you need letter, letterbox, man. Yeah. it's weird. It sounds like completely familiar, but, you know, I get the odd film. I'm just like, I don't remember it. Yeah. I, I don't even know what I called it. Wait, what year did it come out? Let me go check the DVD over. Well, 2002. I'm just, I literally just said that. I was <laughs> like, you didn't watch it for 2000. Uh, I was, I'm trying to figure out where I rated it at, what episode it was, but I might have put it in under the Wisher. So. Yeah, you know yeah, what? I don't yeah, think I, I did. I don't think I did, man. I'm going to say I didn't. Yeah, I watched it way back on episode 55. Because, like, so. as I'm hearing Andrew talk about it, I'm like, okay, I know the film. I've seen it. I don't know. Oh, that was the episode where Jeremy reviewed all three Paradise Lost movies. <laughs> yeah. Good episode. Variety all right, for the win. so um, did you – were you done with that? Right? Yeah, I, I'm good. All right. Uh, <laughs> the last film that I'm going to talk about, not going to get into it too much here because um, – well, just because. Uh, it is Naked Massacre. Um, this film came out in the year 1976. It's actually the only other movie besides Blood Sucking Freaks that I watched this week and the films that we're reviewing and my Patreon picks. So this was the only like additional watch that I had. Uh, and this movie is a West German, Canadian, French, Italian co-production. 
uh, from the year 1976. Uh, it follows a Vietnam vet who, and I didn't plan that either because I've been watching a lot of movies involving veterans, but it, it follows a Vietnam vet who's like kind of out and about and then it's like weird because it, it doesn't, I don't feel like it leads into this. I feel like it just eventually happens. Like, I don't remember there being any dialogue like, Hey, I'm going to do this stuff, but he basically breaks into this. I guess what it would be. It's like a, it's like a, like a housing unit for nurses. I don't know if it's like in training school or something like that. There might've been some dialogue I missed. Um, it's, it's a very like, shoddy looking like i would almost think that this was public domain or something because of like the transfer and just like you know stuff like that even though the dvd i had wasn't too bad uh it's actually a dvd r i noticed that afterwards um but uh he breaks into this this little housing unit for these nurses and basically just ties them up captures them and and molests them and rapes them and kills them and makes them go down on each other and all the sick twisted stuff that you that you uh, expect from like the seventies exploitation uh, type movies. Um, I don't really like there's, there's a little bit of incestuous like stuff going on in there too. Uh, there's not a whole lot of backstory on this guy. There's not a whole lot that you know about him. Uh, there's not much to the plot, but I found this movie incredibly intriguing and, and uh, I guess uncomfortable and, it actually worked on me. Like I was like, "Oh, this is twisted." And I think one of the coolest things about this movie is it's based on a real life serial killer. And while I was watching this, I was getting flashbacks as if I've seen this before, because I was like, "These this nurse thing is like so familiar to me." Where there, this guy breaks in and and like holds these nurses captive and like rapes them and stuff. And I had realized that I had seen like an old true crime like show like some kind of forensic files type thing or something back in the day and i don't know if it was nurses per se or if it was just like somebody broke into like a college dorm and held girls captive and stuff but it was it was basically this kind of story and and seeing like the true crime about the guy who was the killer um his name's richard speck on tv before um so that was kind of cool and yeah so uh this movie not the greatest kind of sleazy i don't really know how to review it but i will say that i enjoyed it very much i actually really like this one from 76 uh and i came in at a 7.5 out of 10 richard speck from illinois yeah yeah they've made a lot of films about richard speck that story yeah man it's okay. It's so grimy. I, I would love to see like a good <laughs> transfer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, the DVD I have of that is so damn budget. It's just like a VHS transfer. So shitty, mm-hmm. but it, it's a decent film. There's not really much of the story at all. I just kind of, I agree with that. Yeah, no, it, there wasn't any real story to it. No, but it's a pretty notorious story though. The real life story to it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, like, I don't even, like, I don't, I hope this doesn't make my top ten, because I'm not going to be able to say anything about it. 
Um, but as of 76 right now, it's looking it's looking locked and loaded up in the top 10 at this point. But I've only watched 11 <laughs> movies, so yeah, you... um, and I've avoided all the heavy hitters. Uh, but I don't know what to say about it. it. The sleaze just worked for me. I was entertained the entire time. Um, so yeah. All right. All right, man. So, go ahead. With Jeremy, you just what? Oh, it is your go. Shit. Fucking dickhead. All right. Talking about a film, another film from the year 2018. And when I watch like a movie. Okay, where's your 76s? Because you're prepping for a show that's not even. I watched this film a few weeks ago. I didn't watch anything besides those two last two movies and the three films for this week. That's all I watched. You going to watch any 76s this week? Jesus Christ. Yeah, because we don't have a show, so yeah, I will actually. Yeah, by the way, we are off on next week, guys. Can I go now? Yep. Can I talk about Mohawk from the year 2018? All right, Mohawk. This is a new film from uh, Ted Chigo Hagen, of course, who did We Are Still Here a few years ago. Just a really awesome atmospheric winter isolation movie. That's fucking awesome. So, Fulci homage. Yeah, this is another isolation type of a film, but this one takes place in 1812 during the War of 1812, and we basically follow a Mohawk uh, tribesman woman named Oak, and Oak is in a kind of a double relationship with a British soldier and another person of a local tribe, and... Uh, they are being hunted by a group of American soldiers in a forest, and it's pretty much just a cat and mouse type of a narrative. Mm-hmm. What? Who went eh? Who did that? Hey, I was just being goofy. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> That's kind of funny. Okay. <laughs> so the film is a, a pretty much just a cat and mouse game between... Uh, Oak and these two guys and these American soldiers that are hunting him and the, basically the film turns into a revenge film by the time we get to the end of it. It's shot really, really well. Very similar cinematography of We Are Still Here in the sense that it's it's very good at establishing the setting and the way that the camera uh, explores the setting of you know basically this place that we're with the entire film. Uh, you know, and we are still here. It's the house in the winter landscape, and here it is the forest, and and the way that these characters navigate it, and and how well that they know the landscape of this forest, and that basically is what ultimately leads either to their survival or their demise. The film is very, very brutal, brutal movie uh, towards especially the end of the second and into the third act. It gets extremely, extremely violent. And uh, it's a it's a really fantastic movie. It's shot extremely well. Uh, the acting is fantastic. Everything about it is really really well done. It's definitely my favorite movie of this year so far, hands down. Uh, so I give Mohawk a nine out of ten. It's really good. Cool. <laughs> All right. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody talks to me. Give me any fucking feedback. Well, I've, I, hey, I, I, I haven't seen it, so I don't know what to I say. Know. 
I actually attempt to tune out during 2018 reviews sometimes because I don't really want to spoil myself. So, yeah. All right. So last up for me tonight is a film from 2017. I believe it just got released on Blu-ray from Screen Factory IFC line. And that is 68 Kill. Uh, This is one that uh, had me intrigued, man. It's directed by Trent Haga. I think that's how you say his name. I'm I'm not 100% sure. He also directed... He's actually only directed two films. His first one is Chop. Have you guys seen Chop before? Chopped? No. Is that a bloody disgusting selects? (laughs) Okay, yeah. Yeah, it is. Fucking crickets. Jesus Christ. Well, I had to think. I was trying to think what Chopped was. No, Chopped. (laughs) Yeah, it's just called Chopped. Oh, um, Chopped. Yeah, yeah. And I had to think if I had seen it before. Dude, that movie might have the funniest ending ever to a film. It's so fucking goddamn funny. Um, But this guy's got an interesting career. Like, he's been in so many low-budget films, you know, from trauma films to... Uh, whatever, man. Just so many low-budget films. But he doesn't really make those type of films. You know, this is kind of different. Um, but 68 Kill, starring Matthew Gray Galber and how do you say, Anna Lynn McCord. Uh, she was, you know, in, uh, from Excision. And also, oh, in, yeah. and yeah. also in the 90210, you know, reboot type thing. That's where I know her from, uh, Excision and that. But, uh, but yeah, they star as a couple, as Chip and Lisa, Liza. And... Uh, so basically, Chip, you know, his day job is he works for this sanitary company. He basically shovels shit all day. And his girlfriend, <laughs> Liza, is essentially an escort. Um, they're, they're like in a loving relationship. And he just kind of accepts that this is how they make their big money is by selling her pussy. <laughs> you know, and she they seem to be cool with that. So anyways, this one particular day, she heads out to one of her normal gigs. She's got this guy that, you know pays for some regular pussy from her and she comes back <laughs> that night you know it, it, it's it's kind of a funny mont or funny scene because it kind of cuts to him cutting some shit and then her getting fucked and it's kind of funny but anyway she comes home later that night and she's she tells chip she's like i've got this plan you know this dude that you know i go to see um we can uh he's got sixty eight thousand dollars in this vault in his house in his room and you know Here's a plan. We'll just go in there with some guns. We'll we'll rob them blind, and we'll get the fuck out of there. Drive off into the sunset and start a new life somewhere else. And Chip, of course, is like, he's one of those characters. He's very kind of set in his ways, and he's very kind of naive. And you know, he's he's not like Liza. He's not crazy, and he's not insane. So he's like, he really doesn't want to go along with it, but then he finally gives into it. And of course, so they get to this place and she assures him that nothing bad is going to happen. But of course it doesn't go that way. They get to this place and one thing leads to another. Everybody in the house ends up dying or getting killed by Liza. She just goes ape shit and kills everybody. They get the money and they end up having to abduct this girl where everything just goes fucking insane from there. And I'll just leave the, the synopsis right there. Uh, this is a fun ass movie man it's not necessarily like a full-blown horror film it's more i would say more action comedy i mean it's got like romantic shit in there but it's got tons of horror elements man it's super gory and shit but uh anlin mccord man plays an amazing psychotic bitch like i'll give her this man she's a good actor 
She plays an amazing psychotic bitch. But this ride that Chip goes on. So basically what happens after the scene, they kind of, they end up kind of parting ways. Like Chip has this, this moment of truth in his life right after this, this thing happens at this house and he kind of breaks up with her. (laughs) And so it kind of sends him on his way and then they kind of separate and shit. And that's when everything just goes to fucking living hell. This is one funny ass movie. I think it's really, really well acted. It's really well shot. There's a lot of really great sequences. There's only one sequence in this film that really kind of threw me off guard is the scene where chip is in this hotel room and he's with this girl that he had picked up or not picked up, but the abductee. And it kind of goes from that scene to like the next day, but like a whole pile of shit happened in the night that were not shown that were eventually told about that leads into the third act. I thought that was really odd editing and a really odd choice of filmmaking to do to not to really show anything because it kind of like throws you for a little bit of loop. You're like, wow, what the fuck just happened right there? I mean, I'm probably sure that's what the intent was to kind of throw you off a little bit. But at the same time, it is, it's very odd. Um, but this is a really fucking fun film, man. I haven't had this much with a, this much fun with a film in a long time. Like, I was laughing throughout the whole thing. And there was, like, a lot of shocking moments in it. A lot of fun-ass characters. A lot of strange characters. The dialogue was fun. Uh, Liza has this insane brother in this movie that I won't get into. But what he does for fun is just outrageous and ridiculous. Uh, so that kind of plays into the whole third act of the film too, and um, but such a fun ass ride, man. Um, I can't really see a lot of people disliking this film. Like I said, it's not strictly horror, but it's definitely worth your time, especially for the third act. It's awesome. I'm gonna come in at a nine out of ten. Like I said, going back to an earlier conversation in the show, uh, IFC and Screen Factory doing such a great job with the releases, man. This is a great one. Give it a shot. It's awesome. So like. Like, plus or minus, would you say this is better than Happy Death Day? <laughs> it's just, like, not even comparable. It's, like, totally two different fucking movies, man. I mean, this one is just... Uh, man, you gotta, you gotta see this shit, man. And now, our feature presentation. Oh, yeah, let's get into these feature reviews for the show that remains untitled. Still have no idea what we're going to title this this uh, episode. 133. It's very odd to me still. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but we're going to start this one off here with what we have concluded is definitely a Floating Heads film. <laughs> For from, sure. From 1998. On IMDb, it's titled as Dead Man's Curve. We mostly know it as The Curve. As the DVD says. So, either or, but uh, let's get into a quick, uh, quick little synopsis here. Two college students kill their roommate and make it look like a suicide. Yep. Yeah. Ratings. In order to, uh, apparently, I don't know if this is real or not, but in no. this movie it is at least. If it is, that's the most retardedest thing you've ever said. I was you actually going to thought ask, that might be real. I actually was going to ask you guys if you if that was like a real thing, maybe at a school or two down there. So I've, it's like the most ludicrous idea yeah, ever. If it actually was stupid. real, stupid. <laughs> Makes uh, no sense. So essentially, the idea behind the film is these roommates. Um, well, the idea is if your roommate commits suicide while you're in college, um, you actually get a 4.0 grade average for that semester. 
So these guys get this bright idea that, you know, they're basically just slackers and don't want to study, essentially. Um, they all want to get into, I believe it is Harvard Business Harvard. School. It's Harvard Business mm-hmm. School. So they come up with this master plan that, you know, they kill a, one of the roommates. They can succeed with a 4.0 grade average, which is insane. This movie's starring Matthew Lillard, of course, from, you know, Scream fame and so many other films from Never this era. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's got, also got Carrie Russell in it. Uh, Michael Veridon's in it and stuff. So a lot of familiar faces. So why couldn't they just trick the bitch to jump? Off the curve and then fucking just take the four point off. Off the curve. Off the curve. <laughs> jump off the curve. Yeah, jump off the curve, bro. <laughs> well, what do you mean? How do you convince somebody to kill themselves? Can't you just say like, yeah, you get nothing out of it. Just, can't just like one person not show up for class and be like, up, oh, he's dead because they never found the fucking body. So how do they know he's really dead? I mean, not going in the spoiler. Well, because there territory. was a suicide note. Yeah, I mean, well, it's different than just somebody dis- like not showing up for class. I mean, uh, that's that's still stupid. Why? Because couldn't <laughs> they just write the suicide note like they did? Yeah, but then well, how are you going to not get the guy it? to show up for class? And then when he eventually does show up for class, everybody's going to be like, well, he wasn't dead, so your 4.0 isn't and, happening. Yeah, and they would have known it wasn't his handwriting. Yeah. It wasn't his handwriting, though. No, the dude actually wrote it before, before, while he was drunk yeah. that night. Okay, but um, <laughs> so so the reason why I <laughs> I thought the uh, I was curious about the the four thing is because apparently even before this movie was made, it was like a heavy a, 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 a big rumor around college campuses. It probably just one of those urban legend things. And because of how they explain it in the movie that it's like completely confidential and like, you know, nobody talks about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that would lead to the speculation of it being a true well, they, thing. They don't play it off like it's an urban legend in the film. I mean, the whole idea yeah. stems from literally a comedian's act that they overhear on TV talking about, yeah. you know, if you kill your roommate in college, you know, you can get uh, a 4.0 grade average. So they don't mm-hmm. play it off like a Zerma legend. They actually play the whole film stems from like this joke, you know, mm-hmm. and then they get this idea to do this and yeah and stuff, which is kind of psychotic in a sense, I guess. Well, Cause yeah. They, Cause they don't really know. <laughs> they don't really know if it's actually going to lead to a 4.0 or not. So if you go and kill somebody just for the sake of this, potential, I mean, I think it, in this movie, there's no, there's no suspicion that it might not be true. Like, yeah. I think in the movie that, like, in this film, it's known as a factual thing. It's hard to tell, though, too, because in the scene after, basically, um, you know, what is it, Tim and uh, Tim and Chris, they, mm-hmm. you know, essentially off their roommate, which is the name Rand. And there's a scene where they're in the uh, the dean's office and, the, and mm-hmm. the dean and their assistant or whatever, they're telling them, like, oh, you know, like, you know, your roommate committed suicide. You guys are entitled to this 4.0 and stuff. And Matthew Lillard is just totally playing it up like he had no fucking idea. He's like, oh my god, really? See that guy? Like, how, can know, like, you know, how can you know I take this? How can I take this 4.0? How can I take this 4.0? He reminds me of Moods. Yeah. He reminds me of Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> really? From, from yeah. where? He looks just like him, too. It's funny. Yeah. Who's Jesse? From Big Brother. Oh, that, okay. That is kind of funny, actually. Yeah. But like that whole scene is just like, you know, he doesn't 
he's just playing it up like he had no idea, you know, kind of thing. Uh-huh. But, you know, yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of, you he, know. He turns the acting in this film up to an 11. Well, like, that's Lillard fucking, like every film. Dude, like, he kills it, dude. Ma- Matthew I Lillard. love his psychotic yep. nature. In this Matthew film. Lillard is yeah. Matthew Lillard in like every film. He always yeah, has that over-the-top type <laughs> approach to everything. I was recommending this movie to Carly because I think it would be something she would like. And I was like, okay, picture Scream, right? And you have Matthew Lillard, and he's doing his Matthew Lillard thing, but he's playing the character of Billy. And that's what his character is in this movie. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually good. (laughs) That's a good description of him. Instead of, like, the sidekick, he's the the main dude, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so... I think that this movie succeeds on on Matthew Lillard as a character of Tim because everything in this movie is just this master man- manipulative psychopath, this sociopath who clear every single thing he does is calculated. Every single thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I understand an argument right there, but when it when it comes down to you know, the full, or I mean, like the end of the film here. Yeah. Don't you think, like, I mean, as smart as he appears to be in the film and how everything is apparently calculated, don't you think that he probably would have figured something out? I mean, is there evidence to say so? I mean, they didn't find the body, but they found his girlfriend's body. But the thing is, though, man, don't there, you think there's one scene in this film, though? Like, I, I don't know, man. It was, it was a, I mean, I didn't see a couple of the you know the twists happening maybe one of the twists but there there's a moment there you know there's a scene where you got tim and chris and they've apparently drugged rand right he's drank this rat poison and this is the moment in the film where they're going to off him Uh you know to succeed in their plan and they're in but i noticed it right away i was watching it with the wife actually and neither of us have seen the film before and uh so there's a scene where you know tim goes to push over push Rand's body off the off the cliff the and curve if, off the curve and if you notice <laughs> you. and if you notice <laughs> in that scene Chris is actually facing them at first and then he turns away he turns away and mm-hmm. then he pushes the body over and then he turns around and you know the body's gone it's kind of like a jump cut there's like a jump yeah, edit but right there did he not <clears throat> was he not supposed to push anybody over well, I mean, to in in that sense, yeah, that was supposed. But how to the happen. fuck did he get up and run away so fast before Tim would turn back around? But I, for me, I think. That and where was what the hell the, was he hiding? That was the giveaway that something odd was up right there in the film. It's fucking stupid. It doesn't make any sense, right? Because I mean, there's more than one twist. Nobody in this film, well, kind of. Well, it no would make. It would See, make. This is why sense. I don't talk because nobody fucking answers. I'm literally this. answering you right now, you dumb fuck. And I and and the answer <laughs> is, it would make sense. For Chris's character. Why? Because of the... If if he didn't get pushed over the curve, how the fuck did he get up and run away before anybody was able to... If Tim was able to see that he wasn't actually pushed off the fucking curve. Because Tim already knows he's not pushed off the fucking curb. Yeah, because Tim never actually pushed Rand off. Right? There's Jeremy a, didn't get the. He there, didn't pay attention. There's the, the scene right here, and, and you can and you you can figure this out if, as a viewer watching it because by having Chris having his back turned, you know something's up there, right away. 
because he turns yeah, you after know that, the body. They're probably par- not going to find the body. Yeah. So you're kind of like, okay, so what's going on here? But, you know, it, it definitely I plays don't think out. that necessarily leads you to believe what eventually comes no, in no, no, this no. film. For sure, for sure. I knew something was up, but I didn't know what is, you know, what was going to come of it. Kind yeah, of thing, I right? definitely didn't expect that it to go down where they they got away with this murder and then, you know, the like I expected I expected there to be something some sort of twist at some point in the movie. Um even the first time that I saw it. Cuz I was like that there's there's just these guys, this can't go down like this. You know yeah. what I mean? They can't just get away with it and then struggle with it. I didn't, I didn't think it was a movie about them struggling with the the fact that they killed their roommate or whatever. You know, I figured it was going to be something different. <clears throat> well, it seems too basic, right? I mean, if that was yeah. if that was the end of the narrative, and then they're dealing with you know the aftermath of you know their four and you know the school and shit. It's just you know when you put it in perspective, it's kind of an odd thing. Like you know, doing something like this and then having this funeral and having the whole school kind of mourn over this person <laughs> stuff this seems like but it's funny they mourn over him but they don't mourn over the bitch that fucking jumps yeah, over the yeah, curve after him not yeah, really i mean yeah they have her pictures hanging up and yeah, there's all these do. people standing outside yeah, vigils and uh, shit yeah that's actually one thing about this film i did like you know how there's so many twists and turns in this but you know essentially they Oh, I don't. I don't really know how to talk about this without giving straight up spoilers. It's like so. actually hard. It's actually hard because. But what they do to like even the other girl and stuff with the whole pregnancy thing is, yeah. There's a lot of malicious shit going on here, man. Yeah, and I, I kind of like that. That pretty much everybody in this movie is a piece of shit. Everybody's a piece <laughs> of shit. Like there's, yeah. you know, I will give them credit though. I mean, at least they tried to write something that was you know not straight straightforward, which appears at the beginning it might be. And then it kind of yeah. goes, and then uh, What's there's like a bunch of that psychiatrist bitch. There's a bunch of different characters in this film that are How completely she still job. So has her job? Well, yeah. because she was, Probably. you know, she was the con- confidential one. I don't know, like she was really taking her job serious, you know, like any psychiatrist, and you know, you think shrink. she was taking her job serious? Well, she wasn't. She wasn't, you know, giving away the information, right? You know, even when the cops were interrog- interrogating her at the end, and she, well, she yeah, was she supposed, supposed to, to be confidential. That's not com- true. If 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 she if somebody tells a psychiatrist something illegal, they're um, obligated okay, to but, by law by law. But, but she was she was that person that was willing also, to hold that confidentiality information. Yeah, if you tell a psychiatrist that you're you you killed somebody, yes, but we never know what he tells her. You get what I'm saying? He could have just. And, you know, maybe kind of, uh, you know, just talked about details and she just didn't want to tell the police any type of details because that wasn't her place to, you, you know what I mean? Not, not, he, it doesn't mean that he confessed a murder. I mean, in a well, sense, figured, in a I sense, figured, it kind of like, did I figured though. through like, through like different, he didn't actually say I killed him, but through suggestive actions, I think she knew what was going like on. Like what? I don't remember off the top of my head, but I know she I never just... tells her anything on screen. So the way that I'm seeing it is, yeah, if if he flat out said, like, I killed my roommate to get a 4.0, she probably would have been likely to tell the police. But he she probably he probably just told her, you know, and plus, by the way, when that dude shows back up, wouldn't that make her look dumb? If she was like, yeah, he confessed to this murder. You know what I mean? So. I, I think I he like might be, I think he might be talking about the scenes where Rand is being, you know, he's in, 
he's being or he's talking to the psychiatrist at that at that moment and he, he talks about like oh he's like oh fuck you know i left the fucking suicide note there and yeah. blah 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 because he like he yeah. totally admits to her like you know that he booked off and he went somewhere else mm-hmm. kind of thing so right? what <clears throat> so what would that do i mean they're frauding the school it, yeah, but but at this point, her at this point, they know mm-hmm. that he's back. Yeah, but wouldn't he? They fucking kick him out. Don't you think they would kick him out? I mean, the way he describes fraud? it is like a he didn't he didn't fraud anything. He what he he didn't get anything out of it. Yeah, he kind of played it off like, you know, I, I booked off there because of this situation and, you know. I was feeling stressed. I had to get I, I away feel, from I feel kind which of which sh- is not illegal. <laughs> I feel kind of shitty that you guys had a memorial for me. <laughs> yeah. But by the way, you know, I'm actually here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but yeah, because, the you know, the core of the, of the narrative isn't revealed in there, which I, again, don't want to yeah. spoil. But with. like he doesn't, he doesn't, um you know, implicate himself in any actual crime while talking to her. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yep. Uh-huh. Do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, it's actually really not hard to follow, man. Like, even the wife yeah, was I like... Yeah, I feel like you she's had, like, like oh, she's watching like, this movie. Yeah, yeah she, I did. She even had a couple things to say. Because I thought, like, I didn't see him book, like, just leave because he needed to fucking... I thought that he was in it with the other guy... Well, but he nine. tells her that he just he he you know the reason. So why did he write the suicide note? Well, then? the whole thing the whole thing was a, a setup from the pregnancy. They they used the the pregnancy as the yeah. catalyst to set this whole thing off, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is kind of which is kind of smart, but kind of yeah. real douchey in a sense because yeah. you end up taking out somebody that you know you didn't really have to do that <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucking very very malicious man it's really malicious. also jeremy you said at the beginning why didn't they just convince that chick from the get-go to kill herself and and get uh you know 4.0s because mm-hmm. they that chick wasn't all of their roommates yeah. they have to be their roommates yes you have, yeah. to have to actually be in the room and those three guys were well, that's even more roommates. retarded because you spend all your time with them yeah you know what i mean it's I can imagine it being pretty stressful if your roommate. Well, that's how they play it off. It's like a stress thing, right? Like, I mean, if yeah. you're spending all this time with your roommates and one offs himself, like, how are you supposed to concentrate in school? I mean, it makes sense. Like, I can understand them putting all their studies on hold and being like, you can make up all this shit, which apparently, from what I researched, is kind of what they do. Um, but yeah, the 4.0 thing is a myth. My head's going to fucking explode. <laughs> this movie's not even complicated. But I will tell you one thing. Yeah, the whole entire week, Jeremy talked about how shitty this movie was. So go ahead, Jeremy. I have the floor. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's the lure all over again. <laughs> Jeremy. Hey. Are you there, buddy? Nothing to say. <laughs> you just said you were saying that you were gonna you were gonna talk you were gonna tell me why this movie is complete shit. Maybe I just didn't get it. Oh, maybe he just didn't get it. <laughs> did you pay attention? Yeah, I did. Okay, Andrew. Yep. What are you feeling about it? I I will admit I will give Jeremy a little bit of of credit. The first time I watched this, because this is my second time uh, viewing it, and 
Uh, I actually was a little confused at the double, t- the 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 twist at the end. Um, it's I, I was like, wait, what, what, what's going on now? I I was confused, but this time I watched it, I was pretty, I got it. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe Jeremy just needs to watch it one more time. Well, that will never happen. I think it, I think it, <laughs> you know honestly, I don't think anything is really that confusing in this film at all. I mean, no, I mean, I, I watched wh- it back in 2011, I think. Yeah. Um. Maybe 2012. Maybe 2010. I can't remember. It was on Netflix or or Prime or something way back in the day, and I watched it because I just seen that it had Lillard in it, and I like I like him. I wish he had done more horror films. And I watched it, and I got it back then. It helped watching it this time, knowing even though I forgot who was involved in what by the time it got to the end i couldn't mm-hmm. remember for the life of me like how it played out i knew it was com- a little complicated but i couldn't remember and then it all came together after after i saw it but yeah um so you said you were a little confused and what else i mean i i i really dig this movie um of course um i wouldn't have picked it for us if we if i didn't um, I, I honestly don't have much to add because I think pretty much what you guys were saying is how I feel. Like you, you were pointing out some good things. Mm-hmm. Just don't really have much else to add. It was I, I, I dig it though. Yeah, I think that. Um, I know. think I think one of the coolest things in the film was you know the like the whole Carrie Russell storyline, like because she was you know girlfriend or she was the girlfriend to Chris, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how they incorporated her into the story and then yeah. into the twist. I thought that was really cool, man. There's a really, really fucked up scene involving Matthew Lerler's character. The where blowjob? Yeah, that scene right there. But like Dude, how that, that comes. That is a showcase of how I fucking love that. Up is. But I like the writing in that, too, because you're watching it yeah. going, this guy's a fucking piece of shit, man. Yeah. Like, but then he, he bounced, literally set his I love buddy him up. So much. I love him so much because he immediately. Do you believe? It. Do you believe this mofo moves is fucking setting me up? He messaged me on Facebook saying that this movie was shit, and he always fucking praising it. <laughs> this mofo fucking set my ass up. What a load of fucking doobie shit this is. What a load of fucking balls. Uh, he, said, he said he set me up. <laughs> <laughs> what a I'm bunch of. Surprised moods likes this as much. I I. My hey man, I didn't love this film. I, I, honestly, man, my biggest problem was is that I knew something was up while watching this film. After, after Rand's body went, he even over. said, "LOL, the curve is ass balls, dude. Wowzers, why did they pick that junk as a main review? What a waste of time." Well, we will yell at him on the show. Part of it, <laughs> part of that right there is it's a hard film to talk about. That's what I was referring to. Because without giving everything away, he says it's ass balls. How is that hard to pick? Hey man, you I didn't say that. Hey man, I don't ass love balls. The, ass balls means bad. I don't fuck you. You set me up. I don't love this film. I'm not, I'm not saying I fucking love love this film, but I think there is some clever moments. But I think there's also some dead giveaways in it too. I think that, like I yeah. said, the scene where Tim is pushing the body over that the way that whole film is ed, uh, edited together, you know something's up right away. So if you don't catch that, I think the film might play it a little bit better. But I literally looked at yeah, my wife and said, "One thing that I will say about that, the moods that. is the very next scene we find out they never found the body. So I I don't think that it's necessarily ruining anything that, well, that I mean, you caught the editing. No, but in the but in that you know in that context, I mean, shit, you, you don't know really know 
what the you know what's going on down there. We don't know if the you know the bodies wash way the fuck out there. We don't really well, know what's going on. Clearly not, because there. they found the other bitch perfectly <laughs> fine. But I mean, it could. I mean, she could have landed in different. Who knows? We don't. Nobody ever. You could have landed in the what was the wind blowing two miles an hour more to the left, and so they fucking found her. Come on, man. Dude, it's just yeah. Like, well, it's everybody like knows if you throw something off water. a cliff, it isn't like it's gonna go the same place every single time. I didn't that, say that, but it's point. not gonna be that's... like that big of a difference that the fucking would carry one person downstream and the other person well, not downstream. Well, you never downstream. know, right? Like two people, they're not gonna end up in the same. They could jump off the same spot. They're not gonna end up in the same spot. Who knows? You might find anything. You might find happen. exactly Boats that. Could drag that's away, kind of the point, fucking, right? That they can get stuck underwater on something, mm-hmm. but um. So back to what I was saying, though, about Tim. So that scene with the blowjob and then what I love so much about his character. And honestly, I actually have issues with the double twist and the triple twist. And everything. So you're in Carl's blowjobs go down. Well, and that's me in you the know closet what? watching. Yeah, I have problems with that, um, too. And that's what I was leading into, too, with the double twist. Yeah. So I do have issues with that. But I think what, you know, those aside, the way that Tim can do that with the blowjob thing and then immediately flip it on his friend and be like, listen, this is the reason that I did that because I never really had friends. And, and like, you almost believe him, you know what I mean? Like not me or you, because we know that he's up to something, but like the way that he sells it to people, he's a salesman. Mm -hmm. He will sell, you know, what, what's the saying? Ice water to, something but that something, whole but you know? that whole scene by you know by the end of the film and the reveal is that you know tim's spilling all that shit chris is looking at him going well it doesn't fucking matter yeah whatever you're telling me right now it doesn't fucking matter mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because you know of what's gonna happen well that's here, because so. they finally got one ahead of him you know yeah. what i mean but i'm saying like that i'm saying that shows something about your character. It isn't like he just picked this up and started doing this at this point in his life. Yeah. You get the idea that he's been doing this his entire life, manipulating. Yeah. Well, that was kind of the justification for what eventually happens, right? Is that, you know, they kind of lean towards the fact that these guys have been friends for a long time, but not really friends. Yeah. You know, they knew that this guy was, he was the perfect person to probably kind of cleanse their conscience a little bit. Mm-hmm. to do it to because he was a bonafide piece of shit and he even admitted it he was yeah. a, he admitted it through the film so there's justification right through that which is he, kinda- he also uses a lot of like psychology type things on his prey if you will yeah i don't know if you guys caught this but whenever he is trying to manipulate somebody he like especially his friends, he touches them or grabs them or puts his arm around them or something, giving that you know, that false sense of like security that, that this is your boy and they got you. You know what I mean? I noticed that throughout when he's talking to um, Chris that that anytime he gets like he's trying to convince him something, he like, you know, sit next to him, put his arm around him and, you know, be homies with him. Yeah, that I false security that, that hey man, I'm, I'm I your homeboy. I love that about this guy, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. But it's also messed up once you realize, you know, the other the, the other female character like what happened to her, you know, it's like it's like wow. <laughs> God, I'm just stupid. But you know, it, it there, there's an inter- there's an interesting scene, man. It actually one of the scenes of I couldn't fucking stand in this film is I don't know who the fuck does these things. I mean, I've partied a million times in my life, been to a lot of house parties and and dorm parties the and beer shit. Opening the beer opening shotgun, 
the, no, I thought the, that the was a Canadian thing or something. The because slash, the, no, no, the slapping of each other. That you're slapping each other around and shit. I'm like, what the fuck slapping is... Slapping each other? I don't remember that. I'm like, it's fucking ridiculous, man. It's like so... I, I think they're sitting around and they're just having this slap game and shit. I'm like, who the fuck does that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's like when they're do. They're all like talking and like... Yeah. I feel like they're trying to impersonate like movies or something like that. But they're like literally was... smacking the shit out of each other. I mean... Yeah. Around here, even if you're going to have a playful game of slap drinking, that shit ain't going to end well. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. But I guess that kind of leads into the scene where they really try to sell it off where um, Ran knocks the fuck, knocks Chris right the fuck out in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and that, to me, felt so damn Canadian, especially where I'm from. That happened yeah. all the time at parties. It, Friends would Rand, knock out Rand, each other. Rand's it was a, fucked. Rand's a real piece of work in this movie, too. <laughs> Right? Like, he's a dick. <laughs> Total dick, man. Big yeah, he's like, dick. Moods for setting me up. He's a dick. <laughs> dude! You do... Dude, Jeremy, you, dude, you do realize dude. you can come up with thoughts on yourself. Jeremy, right? on you, your do, own, right? you do realize this, that was, proves this was my a push. theory all along that anytime somebody says something to Jeremy, it influences opinion on movies. No, no, I said it before. He messaged me on Thursday. I was saying it was shit a long time ago. So how exactly did he set you up? He said the curve is ass balls, dudes, and now he's saying that the movie's good. He okay. fucking set me up. Set you up in what way, dude? I'm not. I saying thought he was going to be with movie. me. <laughs> I thought he was going to be with me. Help me out. Because I clearly right. can't say why I don't like it. So I thought he would help me out and spark some ideas well, about Jeremy, why I don't like it. But you, <laughs> dude, you also watched the <laughs> I film he was also. going to review the movie for me. But you also watched the film, too. I mean, I did watch things, it, I swear. <laughs> I, think, I think this is a product of its time. And, and one thing I don't like about the film is it, it just sounds atrocious. The music, oh, the soundtrack, it. everything about it is just really, really fucking. Oh, it's it's gritty. It's got a terrible soundtrack too, man. Terrible soundtrack. Um, and a lot of you know a lot of the dialogue besides Lillard, I think a lot of the the dialogue that he has in this film is actually not too bad because maybe you're a little bit more interested in that psychoticness of him. But he seems to spit it pretty well. But a lot of the back and forth between characters and shit is pretty cringeworthy at times. Yeah. I had a lot of that, especially the scenes between Emma and what was the other girl that killed herself, Carrie Russell, and. Um, yeah, is it? I the thought it was Christina, but I may be wrong. There, there was some exchanges there. Where I was just like, "Oh God, the dialogue is atrocious. It's really, really fucking bad." Actually, me, like again, we were laughing. And fuck you it, guys, so. Andrew Schroer. All he said is, "Yeah, I agree with what you guys say." So don't give me that shit. He we're didn't not say giving why you like shit, it. man. We're not giving you're, you shit. <laughs> you're just embarrassed that you're gonna look like a fool. We're not I, giving you shit about it. Really, you're do the you one really that think did I, say. Do you really think I give two shits if I look like a fool? All I yes, have to do is go I do. back. I go do. back a month and a half ago. Do. All they have to do is go back a month and a half ago and listen to my number six pick of 2017, and then they know like I really don't give two shits that I look but like you a do. fool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because afterwards, you're like, man, I really blew that one, guys. I feel dumb. <laughs> but again, that well, I already felt dumb once with Annihilation today, so it doesn't really fucking matter. Why? Oh, yeah. Cause but that proves my understand. point, though, man. When I messaged you and I said, this is going to be ass balls. I'm thinking, how the fuck are we going to oh, talk about this, this film? Oh, you said this movie is ass balls. You didn't say how the, how we're going to talk about this film is ass balls. You said this movie is ass balls. Well, with the intention of how the fuck are we going to talk about this shit? Oh, get the fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> Either way, listen, let's get into ratings here. I'll go first. 
this movie I actually really enjoy. I think it. I think it's a a pretty fun movie throughout. Jeremy said it drags in in chat. I didn't feel that way at all. I don't know how it drags when you got Matthew Lillard acting like a psychopath <laughs> on screen talking to these professors like. You want me to take this grade on my dead friend's conscience? Like, all this stuff. I'm just like, this is great. This is because he's so much of a goddamn piece of shit. You know what I mean? I love that stuff. Um, but I do have problems with this movie. I, I think that the whole concept of this actually working, like all these triple twists and stuff, completely unrealistic. I don't even know how you'd have a conversation to fix all this shit exactly. like to say like oh we're gonna do this and then they're gonna do this and then we're gonna do this but secretly we're gonna be doing this and they're gonna be doing this and you know it just no it doesn't work um but i give it props for trying to throw us off that's what because they, they had too many characters involved in it man you know with the uh, carrie russell okay, character all four. <laughs> that, that that's the problem i mean it's so yeah. unbelievable to have that many twists involved yeah. when you have a bitch involved there's no way that she's gonna keep her fucking mouth shut the whole time <laughs> There's no way she's gonna be able to pull that shit fair, off. Fair, fair I mean, point. Um, right. Well, so yeah, uh, but well, if you notice, there's one twist that actually reveals that she is not involved. <laughs> yeah, so maybe they had it right. Um, but yeah. yeah so uh, anyway, so I have problems with that. I feel like this movie feels a little like a Lifetime TV movie. <laughs> to sorts as well, which I'm not saying is a bad time, a bad thing. I've watched hella good Lifetime movies in my day, um, but it just kind of has that feel to me for some reason. Um, and I think besides that, though, I really like the performance. I actually like the concept. I think it's pretty original. It's actually cool, you know. Like you kill your room. Like it would actually make sense why that it would be extremely problematic that if this thing actually existed, because I feel like people would be trying to kill their roommates. Jesus. All the time. <laughs> Yeah, moods. <laughs> Fucking farty, farty uh, McGee. But I'm coming in here at a 7.5 out of 10. <laughs> Four and a half out of 10. <laughs> so everything we said did not change your rating at all. We didn't talk you up at all. No. Why? Because. Because that's what you wrote down <laughs> and you're not changing it? Or? <laughs> he, he's like, he legitimately thinks I totally set him up. Like I was yeah. giving this thing a 3 out of 10 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I never, t- I never said I was giving this shit. You like kept bragging all week. Well, you're gonna see on the show. I didn't why, say that. Why this then, is ass. I saw my response, and I said I want to get your hopes up. And then you said shut up. So I shut up. <laughs> That's what right. you said, bro. What do you got, Mids? Um, you know, it's not a bad film. I mean, again, you know, it's from that era. What a um, dick. But uh, Jeremy, you're so goddamn butthurt. You mean the era moods? It's yeah, from the <laughs> era exactly. It's make it's making my head float right now. Um, but yeah, you know, I, you know, the premise was okay. I think, I think it's just like JP said, man. And that's one thing that I had said. I have in my notes. I said the the idea of this ever working is outrageous. This There's no works. way having this many people involved could ever work like this. And the way it actually comes down to it, there's no way. Um, I was not a big fan. I mean, the music in this movie was atrocious. I think a lot of the the dialogue was really bad. I think there was some really good ideas. I think Lillard is the one person and character in this film that actually kept me aboard to the end. Um, because that psychoticness and that and that type of uh, 
that kind of delivery is intriguing. You know, he said all the right things. He's got that charisma, you know, on screen, which is which is nice. It's nice to see. Um, you know, all in all, but I think maybe too many twists, maybe a little bit too unbelievable. I didn't mind this film. I didn't think it was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, I give it a six and a half. That's exactly what I predicted. I actually predicted a six or a six and a half. That's that's funny. Uh, JP, I, you came in about what I expected you to as well. Um, as for me, I really I love these kind of premises, like these like very psychological, like what's going to happen, like kind of things. There's like you know bu- bunch of twists, and I actually don't ever. Like when I'm watching a movie for the first time, I don't ever like think ahead and be like, "Oh, I bet you this is going to happen." So I'm always like intrigued to see how they're going to do these things. I don't. I'm not really necessarily as much concerned with the uh, unrealisticness of it. But I, the funny thing is, I didn't even question the fact that that the 4.0 thing wasn't a real thing because <laughs> when I was in co- my first year in college, a kid died at a swimming pool. And he, uh, I, I, there was rumors all over campus. Oh, his roommate actually is, he's, he's not, not taking classes the rest of the semester. He got all A's at literally that actually happened. I, that's why I never questioned. See, it it lives today. This was a real thing. Like I'm not, like I was going to interject that at first, but I thought I'd do this now. So I was like, huh, I guess that wouldn't be, I guess it isn't. Uh, if you, if you say you researched it, um, so yeah, that's it's kind of intriguing. Um, as for, I'm actually around the same area that uh, JP did. I I come in at an eight out of ten. Oh my god! <laughs> what you literally said? No reason why this movie sucks, and then you're gonna say that uh, eight is wrong. Uh oh! Retard alert! <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, man. Moving along here. Uh, Also from the year of 1998, released apparently on Christmas Day of 2000. What a Of of 1998, (laughs) not 2000. Which, yeah, I I never understood films being released on Christmas Day. Who the fuck goes (laughs) to the theater on Christmas Day? I mean. The Jews, you dumbass. Yeah, but, I mean, there's only so many. I don't get it. I don't know. It just seems it just seems like a bad day to release films. But anyways, um, directed by Robert Rodriguez, The Faculty. Finally, yeah. nice to us. And now this movie right here, man, has such a crazy cast. We'll get into the synopsis here first. Quick little one-liner: Students suspect that their teachers are aliens after after bizarre occurrences. Now this movie right here, man. I remember watching this one, I think in the summer of 99. I was trying to think back on the first time I watched this one. And not really knowing who a lot of these people were. I remember Josh Harnett. I think he was he had done a couple of films at the time and stuff. But this movie has a crazy cast. He would have done H2O by this point. Okay. So, yeah. But, man, there's so many people in this film. Right away you notice Robert Patrick in this one as the football coach. Uh, <laughs> You know, John Stewart, Elijah Wood, uh, Selma Hayek, which kind of makes sure. 
What Dude, Selma Hayek can be sick as fuck, and I still find it incredibly hot. She's Jordan, the hot. She might be the hottest Jordana woman in the world. Jordana Brewer is so fucking hot in this movie. Jordana Brewster. Oh, she's amazing too, man. She's um, only done one nudie scene. The movie after this one, she's got perky nipples. I just want to say that. <laughs> I mean, we even. I mean, Robert Rodriguez even casted Piper Laurie in this one. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a lot. Almost everybody in this film is really, really <laughs> familiar. Sean, uh, what's his name? Sean Housey. The guy that was from Alpha Dog. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, Alpha Dog. Alpha. He's also in a movie called Tangled from that period. <laughs> oh yeah. He I'm plays s- Elvis in Alpha Dog. Like Jeremy, you haven't seen finishes. Alpha Dog. Yeah, that's the one with Charlie Lee Booth, isn't it? No, no, no. This is the one with uh, Rest in Peace Anton Yelchin. Yeah, it's a fucking great it's amazing. movie. Amazing. It's like a straight ten out of ten. It's from two thousand five, yeah. right? It's I think. An awesome it's film. So, yeah, yeah. But I always remember him from that film too. And but like this movie just woo, the cast everyone did really big things. Elijah Wood was really nobody at this point. Obviously became mm-hmm. fucking Frodo. <laughs> the guy's like ridiculous. No, now he's uh, producing movies like um, the uh, Greasy Strangler. Like the Greasy Strangler. Yeah, well that's the cool thing about Elijah Wood though. You know he, he's a fan. He he's became a genre this fan. Yeah, he was this like huge kind of movie star, and then he started producing, and he started in the remake of Maniac. Crazy, yeah. you know. I, I, it's good, and you know. Have you seen the um, the what is it, seventy eight fifty two shower scene, oh. the Hitchcock? Yep. Yeah. Anyways, he's 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 in that too, talking about it. Yeah. It's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. Got respect mm-hmm. for the guy. Um, but the Faculty Man from nineteen ninety eight, directed by the awesome Robert Rodriguez. Man, I think awesome. this guy. I've always liked Robert He's Rodriguez. He's good. Man. I wouldn't say awesome. I love his films, man. I mean, I have never yeah. seen the Spy Kids films, which I know he's been on record saying he made those films for his kids. For his kids, which is dope, yeah. you know? That's so, I, yeah. Like, anybody who wants to talk shit on that, fuck you, because that's yeah. cool, dude. Yeah, I mean, he is cool. I mean, from Dust Till Dawn, come on. Shit's, shit's awesome. No, it, I'm not saying he's not a great... I'm not saying he's not a good director. I just wouldn't say he's a great director. Yeah, he's fun. He's, he's a fun he's director. Pretty, yeah, he makes... I think he's he, I think he's on the borderline of being, you know, great. I actually feel bad that we left him out on the bracket, man. Yeah, you know, I know. It's, it's kind of crazy, but the faculty yeah. is. I mean, he did Road Racers, and that's like his first movie, Road Racers. That movie is fucking underrated. Yeah, that that's a really good like, fucking movie. That movie is good. I agree. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the faculty man to me is kind of like um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers meets like the Puppet Masters, which they talk about in the film. They reference those films yeah. in there. Which is kind of cool. Which is this, this cool because very it's self-aware. Like, this movie is very self-aware of what it's doing, you know, for the audience yeah. and shit, which is really cool. Well, you you also don't want to be like, like it's better if you're gonna make a movie that's very similar to other movies. Acknowledging them is the best thing you can do. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, man. And I think you did a good job because they bring up those films. They bring up a bunch of different films in this one, and you know, it it never tries to be more than the idea. Which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a f- <laughs> this is a fucking great film, honestly. So JP, why did you have the hots for Stokely more than any other broad? I didn't say more than anybody. When I was a kid, I had a crush on her because she was like, she's all into like the body snatches and stuff like that. I don't think she's bad looking either. She's like that gothy kind of. I like goth girls. The I'm gothy dyke. Had- she reminds me of the girl from. I always forget her name from uh, Child's Play Two. Oh, Al. Um, Ah, what's her Alex, fucking name? right? Yeah, Alex. yeah. What, what the fuck's her name in real life? Um, Kyle. Her name's Kyle. In yeah, the Kyle. Movie. But like, what's her name? Uh, oh. 
I forget her name. Anyways, I, I always get this chick mixed up. You know how people always do that sometimes? Yeah. I always get her mixed up with her, but anyways, yeah, she's the gothy dyke. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cracks me up in this. But she's not really a dyke like Carly. Yep. Yeah, because she, that's just what people say. Oh. <laughs> No, I'm saying, like, that's what the people say in the movie. I know, and that's what you say about Carly. Yeah. You're, you're the one that started that rumor, so don't fucking... One thing, one thing that this movie does way better than The Curve is that it has an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. The, the, the oh, music... dude, and it's implemented, like, perfect with the movie. And we yeah, forgot to dude. mention that this was written by Kevin Williamson. That's oh, that, right. That's right. I, I knew I even had that written down to say. Yeah, Kevin Williams, of course. Scream fan. It's just a much more enjoyable viewing experience than The Curve. At least well, I do agree with that. I, 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 I agree with that wholeheartedly. It is this a, movie kicks major ass, dude. It's a fucking, you know, it's got a real fast pace. It's got fun characters. It's got interesting characters. Well, let me ask you this. So it does the freeze frame thing where it, like, lists off the characters. Yeah. Was that you that doesn't like that? Or is or am I thinking of something else you don't like? Who, me? I love that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I love that, too. And it and the style of this movie. I, I have it noted it as. It fits perfect for this especially because you're meeting all the archetypes you're like okay that is the nerd like jeremy it's the breakfast, breakfast club. club yeah so yeah um 100 yeah you could obviously like no doubt every everybody fil- making films at this time was probably influenced by the breakfast club um and also you have you know it's a classic the reason the breakfast club works so well is because it's a classic everybody knows those type of people in school the yeah. jock the nerd, well, the realistic. bad kid. It's realistic. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. And I, I like. I used to think that when when I seen this movie when I was seven years old, oh, yeah. I thought these the day kids Breakfast were Club fucking... took place too. Really, March twenty fourth, nineteen eighty five, bro. Oh. Damn. Oh. So I thought that these kids were the motherfucking coolest people ever when I was a kid. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, I can't wait to grow up and have a cool ass like corvette or something and sell scat out of the back of my trunk scat because i because i i related to zeke the most i still <laughs> love the fact that zeke called his shit scat which is another yeah. word for shit yeah. <laughs> well good. he knows he knows shit it's man. just a it's just a concoction of shit pills. man it's just <laughs> caffeine and other chemicals as he likes to dude, say dude that's a great idea like in those, in those pens with the you know the twist off ends and shit. That's the a only idea, thing man. is it would not be you would not be able to snort it like that. I don't. I never really snorted much shit. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying know. there has to be an air. Just basic physics will tell you there has to be an air opening. Oh, for at sure. The bottom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so basically, it's uh, it's impossible. But whatever. That's such small, minute details when it comes to. Uh, you know, the plot holes and shit like that. Oh, you know what I mean? For sure. You know, one thing about this movie that always cracks me up, man, is Elijah Wood is basically our main character in this film. He plays kind of like this reporter. He's like down the school newspaper type thing, I think is what he is. He's um, like a journalist in training. Yeah, he's like a journalist in training, basically. And like he literally looks like he's 10 years old in the film. <laughs> he does, man. <laughs> he it's really does. So funny. He kind of looks like that. It's <laughs> so funny to think that he would have got this type of role. You know, he's a, supposed to be like a senior in high school, but he doesn't look that. But he actually was in real life. You know, he's yeah. basically playing his real age, which is so funny. Um, yeah, the film opens up with The Offspring, too, man. And yeah. it just gets you like well, right every film era. from this era fucking opens up Fuck with The Offspring. Fuck yeah, it does. 
but, <laughs> but it's, it's good. At least at least it was a little bit. Yeah, it was better. But I will say it's better. But so essentially, what happens? Elijah Wood finds this um, this little parasite thing, this little weird thing, uh, out in the uh, you know in the field there, and he brings it to his teacher, played by John Stewart, which is really cool in itself. Yeah, because we know yep. John Stewart became a mega mega star. Um, who, I was listening to him on the Stern show one time talking about this movie. And uh, he says he sucks, but I don't think he sucks. No, I think he was. He, he wasn't in the film okay. a whole lot. Yeah, you know, I don't yeah. think he was in the film enough to suck. I think he was fine for what he was in there for. But he prefa- he plays uh, Professor Edward Furlong, and so <laughs> Elijah Wood takes it to you know to him and stuff, and they they basically figure out that this is like a new species that they found. You know? Yeah. And so they throw it in this water or in this fish tank and uh, it kind of duplicates itself. So they're like, wow, shit, man, that's that's some shit going on there. Meanwhile, they're they're noticing some really weird stuff with the teachers. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the film. <laughs> they're trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with the with the teachers and the students and shit. And we get in- and they love water. And that's the thing, man. Yeah, that's kind of the the ingredient that ties everything together is. These when he's fucking standing parasites. out in the field, when he's fucking standing out in the field with those sprinklers going off. <laughs> he sees fucking <laughs> facial expressions. Dude, it's fucking it's hilarious. A, it's funny because he's crossed armed too, right? He's just standing there. <laughs> yeah, like, he just looks. I like don't a give dick. a fuck. He fucking has the same facial expression the whole fucking movie. Like yeah. anytime I love that. Yeah. Dude, he's he's like perfectly cast, man. Robert Rodriguez and the casting agents did a phenomenal job on casting these characters. Oh yeah. You know, I'm a big fan when you know you have characters that are self aware of you know the reality of reality situation you know it's like you know you know so we got this goth character and you know she's ridiculed and stuff by um i guess elijah wood's love interest in the film jordana buster yeah everybody kind of switches love interests (laughs) yeah so she's got it out for this gothy character you know it's just that it's kind of like that popular versus non-popular kid in school and they just kind of clash you know kind of thing and but you know but of course everyone comes together start the blonde bitch was trying to snort the scat. How, where, how the fuck did it disappear? She her well, finger show. turned into a tentacle and she twisted off the bottom. Yeah, and it falls. And it fell the off the bottom. That's right. That's right. That's, yeah. right. that's right. I still don't understand how nothing went in her nose, but well, she it shows a shot of yeah, her I know, nostril. Like, like yeah, 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 I understand that, but you would think at least something would fucking yeah, go towards up there. the end of the How film, she doesn't snort; it just yeah. falls out the bottom. Yeah, as she puts it in yeah. her nose, she literally twists off the bottom with her with her finger, yes, yes, and it I falls know. out the bottom. But, Which, uh, by the way, that that might be a little bit of a, a plot hole in the film because, because like when you, that it scene doesn't actually show it, filmed, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. like it, they when, retconned it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, which I've never been a fan of. Dario Argento does it in The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Don't like that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not a fan of of actually changing what happened that the audience sees. Right? I don't like that filmmaking. But whatever. It, well, it's, it's not kind of a be- cop. It's not I the mean, best thing. To it's me, a cop out a little. It, to me, it's the ultimate cop out because you have to because remember you in that scene. In that scene, she, well, yeah, but in that scene, everyone's watching her because in that scene, as they pass around the scat, everybody is watching everybody snort that. How yeah. in the fuck could everybody in the room miss that shit falling out the bottom? Well, because it wouldn't happen. the other chick like freaks out right when they do it, so it's like this chaotic oh, so they thing. Try to justify, it. yeah, okay, yeah. 
Um, yeah, the other it's possible. It's very unlikely, but it is possible. But I like the way this yeah. film progresses itself. Okay, so we got Elijah Wood and we got uh, Delana. And, you know, everyone kind of comes together because everyone's, you know, there's some shit going on here. And, of yeah. course, we've got uh, the goth girl. And she's the one that's knowledgeable with the films, you know, with Puppet Master. Because that was like an alien parasite type thing. And then we got, you know, Invasion of Body Snatchers. And they're going to her for a little bit of information on how to, you know, if there is aliens taking over. Or if it's like a Body Snatchers type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, how to solve this problem. So I like how yeah. these kind of, you know, all these unlikely friends kind of come together and shit it's, yeah yeah it's awesome it, I, it really is cool and yeah. there's like some great scenes with them like all talking to each other mm-hmm. like you know and sometimes movies like only these two will be like talking to each other and they'll go off and do their thing these characters all have dialogue within each other yeah and that's what's really cool is they're all bouncing off of their different personalities and different uh types and and they all know of each other because they go to the same school so they all know who each other is but they've clearly never been hanging out the same place one thing i like about robert rodriguez's approach to having all these type of different you know all these characters from different circles come together as one is that he doesn't like Overcreate or over dramatize the situations like you know that you know the popular girl doesn't like the goth girl and blah 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 yeah. and, and it showcased very quickly and it, it doesn't it, cause it, too much of a rift between the group like yeah, most movies have it gets to, do. to the point. yeah i'm with you on that we, i didn't it, think of that but i'm glad you brought it up we introduce there you know the characters are introduced and we know who they are you know and, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing it doesn't overdo in that sense and i think that's a really yeah. good thing um, you know, with with Josh's or with Josh Harnett's character too, and you know, I've never been a big fan of his acting and stuff, but I think he's fine in this role uh, for what it is. I never yeah, really he's kind care. of a badass. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's definitely actually, like the. I just want to know why the nineties. You know who he is? <laughs> you know who he is? He's fucking. He's uh, Van Wilder of the school. He's the guy that like purposely failed just so he could stay behind because you know he doesn't yeah. really want to move on with his life. I just want to sit usher on the cover. Scat. He's only in the movie for about. Two minutes. Actually, it's funny you brought that up, man. I was laughing again watching this film going, okay, Usher as a football player is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in my life. It's not a fucking football player. Come on, he's tiny. Once in the beginning and once at the end. I never, I never. You do realize when, when, like, Usher at the time, man, he was, like, the biggest star in the world, music-wise. He was so big, so why not sell the film like that, but. But as a football player, could they put yeah, it in the worst Yeah, they put Usher role? on there and don't have Stan on it. That's fucked up. Yeah, I mean... Oh, dude, imagine being that actor. You'd be such a pissed off about that. But, yeah, I think, like, the 90s and, you know, early 2000s, like, even when I was in school, it was definitely cool to be the bad kid. Like, it was, like, you... the Like, the more you didn't give a fuck about authority, the more you, like, kind of slacked off and, like just did your own thing like the cooler you were way you know what i mean it was like very popular to to have like a character who is you know um but it's also was popular for that person to secretly be smart you know what i mean they just they they completely slacked they completely uh you know you know failed all their shit but they were actually really smart you know what i mean and and that's this character because clearly he's the smartest of them in terms of like like he knows like chemistry and all that bullshit, you know. What and I that's mean? another he thing has, they don't overdo. Yeah, street too. smarts. He's a hustler. Yeah, th- that they don't overdo. Like they they consciously know that he's smart. Like oh, 
well, you can't be that smart because, you know, you fucking failed your classes. But they're looking at him like, damn, this guy's motherfucking smart. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny, yeah. man. Um, actually, one yeah, guy. And, we... and... Go ahead. No, I... no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. So you go ahead. One guy that what? <laughs> I was going to say uh, Elijah Wood's dad in the film is fucking Shooter McGavin. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta put the popular so over the top too <clears throat> i so, love the scene where she's so like funny. she's like his porno and he's like huh oh. <laughs> i love the way he reacts he's just so calm about it. he's like yep and he's like you're not wagging the the meat or whatever the fuck he says. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. honey his porno <laughs> dude that's just great <laughs> oh also the um the uh in the bathroom one of the one of the scat buyers that's a uh, Hyde from that '70s show. Oh, and you know yeah. what else? But you know, <clears throat> there's another scene actually where Hyde comes up with another kid. The kid that's next to him, he's got short hair in this film, but he's actually the long-haired kid from Days and Confused. No he's, shit. He's, he's like the oh, main kid from Days and Confused. I don't know what his name uh-huh. is, but isn't that yeah. isn't that the guy who's Hyde from that '70s show also one of the characters in Resurrection? I actually is, don't know. I can't remember. Is, yeah, I don't. He might be in there. He might be. Yeah. I, I think know. he's the guy who gets his like eyes like not popped out, but he bleeds from his eyes. Towards maybe. the end. Oh, maybe. I know. I, I haven't I've only seen that movie one time. Yeah. Um maybe twice. <laughs> uh but uh, also the one one of the characters they're just titled as Forget You Girl, and it's the one that the <laughs> boy and the girl are fighting and slapping each yeah. other and shit. Uh which totally reminds me of my high school, by the way. <laughs> um but yes her, that's summer phoenix uh river phoenix's sister I oh believe. yeah yeah for sure <laughs> um, there's just so many <clears throat> people in this movie speaking of more people man uh what's her name femi jansen uh she's from yeah. like, the x-men films and shit she's one of the teachers lord of illusions yeah lord of loot yeah and uh she's um <laughs> kind of got that odd relationship with uh um, I guess Zeke in the, in the film. <laughs> There's that fucking hilarious oh, yeah. scene where, where he's like offering her the the oh, cherry condoms. And shit out of it. <laughs> and yeah, first he offers her laxatives, and then he offers actually. The cherry I think the, that's scariest. two of the funniest scenes in the film involve her. Actually, man, it's that scene where he's there where he's totally ridiculing her with the mm. with the fucking condoms and shit. And then towards the end of the scene or the film where she goes through the windshield, and that it, it's the funniest dummy scene ever where the dummy flies through the windshield and hits the bus and then the head gets decapitated <laughs> that shit is fucking retarded you guys know what I'm talking about it's so funny yeah that is so, literally one of the funniest scenes I've yeah. I, I literally was busting out by myself downstairs just pissing myself laughing I'm like that the way the dummy hits the side of the bus I don't know if you guys know it but it just it's so obvious obviously a dummy I don't know. I just I think it's the funniest shit ever in films. Dummies. I like the uh, the um, scene where they first get back to the school, and it's like the montage with the you know a- another brick in the wall like remake song, mm-hmm. and it's like the the football game. And first of all, like some of that cinematography, they made football look as awesome as football can be. You know what I mean? Like yep. that's what you think of when you see football, and. And to see this, like, excitement and stuff, like, it truly reminded you of, like, in high school when everything was just so <laughs> fucking hype about a football game or something like that, you know, and everybody was there and shit. Like, it was it was really cool, man. I, this movie is super nostalgic for me, too. 
It de- definitely really you is. You know, there's actually a lot of songs in this film that are just redone. It kind of reminded me of, you know, Detroit Rock City, where there were some bands that had redone, you know, the classic songs and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I think there was a remake of Alice Cooper's School's Out and shit like that. And, and uh, you know, uh, the Pink Floyd songs and shit. That's kind of cool. But it actually, they were actually pretty well done for the film, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. The soundtrack yeah. was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely fit the tone of the movie and like. And I love Detroit Rock City. Yeah, God, me too. Fucking rules, I haven't watched man. it in like so good. ten years, yeah. but I fucking love that movie. It's so good. You know, you know what's messed up is there's no special editions of this movie. Yeah. Like when we just found out the Weinstein's are probably losing the rights to everything. I have and, the mill. I have the I have the Echo Bridge Blu-ray. Same here. Yeah. So hopefully, no special features whatsoever of the faculty. Shit, man, mine's not even an Echo Bridge, man. I've oh, I've got yeah, the, I've got the Canadian re- uh, release of it. Is there any special features on it? Uh, I might be bare bones. I'd have to take a look. I, I think can't. it is, dude. But the, I hope no, this doesn't even have a menu. You up. fucking put it in and it goes. I hate that shit. Yeah, <laughs> hate that shit yeah, this one does too. But if you press back, like the top menu or whatever, it actually goes to the menu. I got this in a so. double feature with Phantoms on DVD, so. I will, nice. say, I will say the transfer is pretty damn feature. good, though. It looks pretty fucking yeah. good. I don't know if it's the same transfer. Not on or not, this but double not on faculty disc. <laughs> not, not, not the Echo Bridge. It's oh, okay. okay. So, I, yeah, like I said, I do have the Canadian release, and uh, it actually looks pretty fucking good. <clears throat> yeah, so. this need this needs a special edition, dude. Hook it up. Yep. Yeah. Somebody out there, please well, pick it I up. I mean, you know what, man? A special edition of this film would be amazing because there's so many people that would be – that you could – Get. I mean, I'd like to hear their, you know, their, their views. I on guarantee the film 20 you, years Robert later, Rodriguez wants to talk about this movie. I mean, you could really do like some crazy commentaries of all the people that are involved in this film and interviews and all that type of shit. It's crazy. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. But um, nuts, man. I, I think I guess you know we've we've praised it a bunch, but I think the the weakest points of this film is obviously the CGI. Like there's oh, yeah. some, there's, some <laughs> there's some not so bad uh, stuff, but there's some really spotty shit. As well, well, I mean this is nineteen ninety eight CG and stuff, but you know I will give them props for the fact that you know some of the CG that does fail in this film is made up by the end with the huge ass fucking alien yeah. monster. It's practical. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's the only practical thing, though. But I mean, I mean, yeah, the CG that's leading up to it. I mean, it's pretty. Like when mi- they're standing out on like, the football I, field they're and minor. they're all looking at the sky and the fucking oh, it looks horrible. I, I like yeah. the um yeah the uh the, the 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 parasite monster. Like when it's a in the tank, I thought it looked alright. Yeah, that one does look pretty decent. It's probably the best. It reminds me of those little shrimp things you used to get, like the sea monkeys. Sea men. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite South Park episodes. <laughs> I put the semen and Miss Chokes on Dick's stomach. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think the CGI is the worst part. There's some stuff that doesn't make the most sense in this film, like the fact that basically caffeine pills and some other shit would dry out die. these things and make them die. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, because like, they, they, they do explain they do explain yeah, they do it though, explain man. Because it. caffeine is a diuretic, right? And it obviously dehydrates yeah, but you. That. But, but I mean, the whole <laughs> but the whole film though is that these parasites they need water to survive, right? So they are that creature that needs to hydrate twenty four hours a day. So a dialect is the natural enemy to that. So it does make sense, actually. I just don't know if goes. it would be enough. 
Well, prob- I mean, probably not, but I mean, in theory, it actually is the perfect yeah, okay, drug. It's okay. actually the perfect okay, drug. Okay, you talked me down. <laughs> talked me down. Um, um, dude, there's one scene I, You know who felt- actually annoys the shit out of me in this movie? That I think is actually the weakest character is the blonde. The um, Yeah, I don't like her either. From wherever the fuck she's from. North Carolina. North Dakota. She looks pretty good buck naked, though. I wish I had shown the muffle. I was a little bit pissed <laughs> off at that. There's yeah. so, and there's scenes of so close when she's walking buck naked, and you're just like, oh, come on. I want to see if yeah. that rug matches the fucking... <laughs> but... <laughs> oh, the uh, shit you say sometimes, man. Man, dude, ser- there's one fucking... I don't know if you guys noticed in this scene, but there's... They're kind of panning through the parking lot as they're escaping through. There's a scene where they finally realize that, like, they need to get the fuck out of the school. They jump in Zeke's awesome-ass car. And as they're panning through the parking lot, (laughs) one of the cars says, uh, Miso Hornet. Because (laughs) that's the the team school is Hornets. (laughs) I love that shit, man. Uh, So good. All right. Ratings? Eight out of ten. All right. Wow, that low? Come on, man. <laughs> All right. Well, Andrew, what do you go? What do you got? <laughs> ten out of ten. Oh. Get on with it. It is not a ten, but I do like it more than Happy Death Day. So you pretty much can know where that's going. <laughs> no, but to Next. give it, <laughs> I have a lot of nostalgia for this film. Um, I, I mean. Uh, Pretty much everybody that everything has been said I agree with. I even agree like the the CG does look pretty bad, so I do have to at least take something off for that. And um, I do the one thing that I th- I think we didn't mention is at the beginning of the film you met. Well, you did say about that scene with Robert uh, Robert Patrick that mm. literally could have been my coach in high school. Like I, <laughs> that's why I laughed so hard at that opening scene because it's exactly what my coach would do. Just scream at us except my coach didn't know what the hell he was talking about so it was just screaming for the sake of screaming but um yeah i love pretty much everything about this film uh nine and a half out of ten yeah you know it's funny because your high school played my high school in football like we're not that our, our high schools are close by which high school brownsville I probably scrimmaged your team. Did you actually play? The, did no, you play not in, I didn't play in high school. Oh, man. Okay. Huh. I didn't know you played at all. I Yeah, I was quarterback. Yeah, right. Were you? Yep. Did you Man, you must have got all the bitches then, man. No, I sucked. I we fucking were, <laughs> we were terrible. And, um, yeah, I, I got hurt in my junior year, so that pretty much ruined the... I, I was, like, quarterback for, like, a year and a half, and then I was not after that, because... I mean, you kind of got hurt. the frame for and it. Now, and now you're a nerd talking to us on a podcast. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which, you know, you were just you were always just a nerd, and now you're a nerd talking to us on the podcast, Jeremy. <laughs> True that. <laughs> so at least Schroyer got, like, a taste of the shine, right? Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, for those of you who don't know, me and Andrew actually live really close to each other, but we didn't know each other before he had heard the podcast, which is crazy. Um, we're, we're only like, he's only like 20, 20, 25 minutes from me, actually. Where, not where he is currently, but where he grew up. Yeah. Now I'm 20 minutes, 25 minutes to, from Jeremy. Yeah. Like, right. Sorry, never going to hang out, bro. 
<laughs> I pretty much, I, I'm aware. Are you scared? No. I just don't want to. Jeremy doesn't hang out with anyone. <laughs> Come on. Come on, dude. You actually have an opportunity to hang with friends. I have, a, I, have, I have an opportunity to hang with a lot of people from the podcast. I just don't want to. I hang out with Andrew every time he comes down. Congratulations. I'll go get your medal. <laughs> All right. Wait. So uh, I, I love this movie, dude. And you know what? Watching, I have not watched this movie since 2011. And I know that because I have a rating for it from 2011. And watching it, dude. I truly love this movie. I watched it all the time when I was a kid. It's an awesome movie. It's so fun. And I think that this might have just jumped into like, you know, my top something of, of all time. Um, I don't think that it is, you know, an amazing movie that's like, you know, a 10 out of 10 or anything like that. But it's a very good movie. Very fun. I absolutely love it. Super nostalgic. Uh, I came in at 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I got to say, man, rewatching this one, I was having a goddamn blast with this, man. Um, I remember when I first watched this, actually, at this girl's house. I wasn't dating or anything, but we were just hanging out and and uh, really enjoying it, even then. And it just kind of brought back those memories while I was watching the film. Uh, I watched this one a few years ago again, and it just, I don't know what it was this time watching it, but it really... I gained like a new appreciation for it. I guess just seeing all those familiar faces and what Robert Rodriguez put together in this film. I don't know. I guess the casting crew had an eye for, for talent and in faces and shit like that. I don't know. It's just, it's a product of its time. It's a fun ass product. It's a great kind of homage to like, you know, fifties films and shit like that. Um, to a certain degree. And, uh, I think there's not really a lot wrong with this. The effects are a little bit shoddy at times, but overall, it's a fun-ass film. Nine out of ten. I love this. Oh, dude, I, I feel I feel like I underrated here. I love this. Really? I, I realized. I even said right after I watched this film, I said, "God damn, I love this fucking movie." Like, I really fucking love the faculty. Man. It's I think it's a definitely blast. one of the best of the '90s. Like, truly. Why well, I, I wonder why this like people like Moods has said before like he's not like a huge fan of like the post Scream era films but even people who aren't the biggest fans of those love this film I I am always astounded by how people can love this one in particular and like not love all of the other ones too like this what, one in particular like, is like, murders no I mean like I know it should last summer and stuff Moods has gave oh, that a dude. six and a half out of ten. And this, this is one, so much better than that movie. Yeah, I, I I agree. It's a better film for sure. I I still I like I know she last summer better, but I <laughs> I agree that it's a better film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. no, it is surprisingly a fan favorite, and I think sometimes people forget how awesome it actually is. Like some people who might not have watched it in a while. If you're listening to this and you're like, I don't remember liking this movie that much, check it out. Watch it again. That's exactly where I'm coming from, man. Like, I just, it fucking blew my socks off. I was so happy after I watched it. I was like, damn. You know what? You know what the funny thing is? I went into my collection, and I was looking for the film, and I was in my DVD section. And I was like, where the fuck is my faculty DVD? I was like, shit, man. So I went down to the normal Blu-rays, and there, I'm like, oh, I got this on Blu-ray? I'm like, yeah, I remembered. I got rid of the DVD because I I bought the Blu-ray. That's how much I didn't even remember. (laughs) 
You know, I, was yeah, like, I, I didn't I even realize I had it on Blu-ray. I was like, what the fuck, man? But, man, I love So fun. It's so such a crime fun. that I own this movie in the way I do. Like I said, I've been a double feature with Phantoms on a flip yeah. of this. And I never know where I file it. Am I like, did I file it with Phantoms? Or man, the I like was the bomb in Phantoms. <laughs> Dude, Phantoms sucks dick. It's awesome. <laughs> Un- underrated movie for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the last one. <laughs> is it really is it though no <laughs> well to me it is not to everybody else all right all right all right let's move on here uh let's jump uh four years into the 2000s 2002 which we did a top 10 list for this years ago no, it wasn't years ago. Maybe last year. Yeah, two years was ago. It was a two. Yeah, it was a while, while ago. It was our first one, dude. Yes, like our first one after '68. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, with a film called the Fifteen. That's right. With a film called the Backlot Murders, directed by David DeFalco. Yep. Yeah, David DeFalco didn't really do a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he I actually, guess he didn't use his ass and his ets. He actually his directed chaos. He actually directed chaos in 2005, which is basically a remake right. of Last House on the Left. Roger Ebert. Yeah, it's essentially the exact same story. It's just done. He gave it four stars. This movie? <laughs> no, chaos. He gave chaos oh. four stars, okay. knowing that it was a remake. Yeah. What the fuck? Well, he liked Last well, House. He does on the like left, Last too. House on the left. Wow, too, yeah. I'm surprised. I mean, just I mean, Chaos is like a lower budget type version of it. <laughs> a lower budget more than the ninety thousand Last House on the left. Well, Chaos probably cost. I bet you it cost twenty grand, if that. Wow, you, you know what's awesome? I love going to IMDb and and clicking on the you know the movie that we're covering and scrolling down to the bottom and seeing that somebody rated it a ten out of ten. And then I look at their uh, year that they reviewed it, and they reviewed it in 2002 when it came out, which <laughs> always surprises me that, God damn it. But then you I read these old as shit. <laughs> but then you read those fucking reviews, and it's like, okay, so it's a comedy. So is this the one you're talking about? Where the dude like saw it in the theater yeah. opening night kind of thing? So his, uh, ra- so his yeah, rating yeah. <laughs> probably his rating probably adds into, you know, the fact that he had fun watching it. You know, he's probably rating the the whole situation that he was in. Who knows? Um, that's like a Schroyer rating. But that's what happens. I noticed a lot of like if you read through IMDb rate or uh, reviews and stuff, it's like, oh, I saw this, blah blah blah. Fuck this reviewer, blah. I'm like, what the fuck? How about actually reviewing the movie, not the experience? <laughs> Fucking retards. Anyways. <laughs> um, the Backlot this Murders, man. Movie. 2002, a rock band on the brink of success arrives at a movie studio to produce their first music video. Somebody doesn't have much respect for their talent and starts bumping off the members of the band and their groupie girlfriends and the crew. I just want to say, if it wasn't for the fucking director in this movie, it would have been a slog to get through. But he just makes it worth the whole fucking experience. The shit that comes out of this guy's mouth is just so... It had me stomach laughing hard. Like, 
Don't worry, don't worry, but don't worry, everybody. I've made pigs look kosher. Oh, like, dude. Holy shit. <laughs> I had this vision, Jeremy, that you were going to bring up that line. Isn't that some funny ass shit right there? It's so fucking funny. It's so good. Don't worry, I've made pigs look kosher before. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, everybody looks at it. If you take this film for face value, like I did when I first reviewed this on the, on the, um, on the podcast, I never was thinking that this movie was like a straight up satire of, you know, the entertainment business in general, you know, music and, you know, the film industry and also, um, which is essentially what it is. But like these people, this is what these people actually, Mm. this is how they are. You know, these directors, like there's a scene where he's talking about, he's talking about the fog set and your set. Yeah, like that scene too. But when he's talking about the fog, how he doesn't want that fake ass fog, he wants that fog from like, (laughs) it's fucking priceless, man. It's so good. But even what this whole movie comes around to being, like the reveal, you know, I mean, it makes complete sense of what they're satiring and shit. It's pretty funny. Um, Yeah. I like this movie a lot more than I originally did when I first watched it. I'm very picky about my fog. I hate phony fog. I want a very special fog. I do not want a white snake poison Billy Squire video fog. I want a 1940s black and white Peter Lorre Boris Karloff fog. God damn, dude. (laughs) How did you memorize that? That's fucking amazing. That's exactly what you said. I want a fog that seems like it's coming out from Satan's ass. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty much exactly what you said. But so funny. <laughs> Edgy, hello. We're shooting a rock band on the Lost World set. If I had any more edge, I could shave with it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so much good stuff, man. Yeah. Um, you know, th- this movie's kind of sad to watch a little bit because, you know, Corey Haim, of course, is billeted in this film as like a star and shit like that. But. You know, this is kind of like a mere reflection of where his career was, like doing a B-level film. You know, his life had really gone from A to B. It's really fucking sad. Like, he only yeah, has yeah. Like, how many lines in this movie? It's oh, it's just terrible. Yeah. And didn't he – Did when did he uh, pass away? 10, 2010. Yeah. He oh, was okay. re- actually, even at this time in 2002, this is when he was really fucked up. Like he, there was he a few was, years even before that he passed where he tried to get sober and shit like that. But early two, this like, is like the worst time in his life was when he did this shit. So it's kind of the last one of his last roles, I think, was in one of the best double bill movies you could watch today, which is Crank and Crank Two. I fucking love the Crank movies. Those movies are fucking awesome. Man. I haven't seen Crank 2, but Crank 1 was... I hated that movie so much. Of like this, like, oh, it was man. Like, I was like, this is the stupid... There's, I'm like, this, this exactly, the idea was the so... Point. I know, but it was so outrageous that I'm like, I couldn't even buy into it. I'm like, Those movies oh. are so... Looked always so goddamn uninteresting to me. Oh, I never would watch those unless somebody made me. Oh, they're fucking balls-to-the-wall stupidness, but it's fun. But yeah, man, this movie right here, man, is just, it's straight up industry satire, man. It's ridiculous. It's just nonstop jokes. Every character in this film is just a representation of of how stupid the industry can be. Like everything from, you know, the record producer and his daughter to the... To the fucking band themselves, how they all, like, the lead <laughs> singer in the band is like talking about how big of a rock star he is. 
and he hasn't even made his first fucking video yet, you know? I'm a fucking rock star. I'm right. I mean, this is the whole industry. Everybody, everybody thinks they're a star before they're a star. And yeah. uh, But, I mean, it all – when you actually put this movie into perspective, everything leading up to the reveal actually plays into the reveal quite well because mm-hmm. of how, how fucking ridiculous the industry can be and what mm-hmm. the reveal reveals, what it's all about, what the motive is for the killings. It's actually kind of clever. I didn't realize the first time I watched, but watching this again, I was like, "Wow, it's uh, actually better than I thought it was." Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I actually watched this movie, <clears throat> and what did I tell you? Do you remember what I told you, Mids? Vaguely, vaguely. Okay. Well, I said I think I need to watch that movie again That's right. because That's I didn't right. pay attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I at first I said it sucked, and then I watched it. I, I watched it again. And paid better attention to it. And I was like, okay, actually, you know what? Like, this this all, like, it is 100% satire. Like, they're making fun of all these different types of people that go out to Hollywood to start their life. And, you know, all these different, um, from, from, you know, the person who's just like, straight up like i'm coming in and i'll blow anybody let's go from the person that's like no i'm I'm not taking my clothes off like i'm better than that you know the to to the sleazy directors to the you know agents and like it's it's actually pretty good the amount of like parody they get out of that oh big time man you know and just having all the girls on the sets and stuff all the the fake titties and they're all, all, of the, shit. all, all of the girls the are hot. In this movie the attitudes, but they're but, all hot though. But that's yeah. what, that's yeah. what you would see in a music video for real. Like those are the chicks that would always be there. They <laughs> all have like the perfect fucking stomachs. Yeah, so they played that off pretty well. I mean, you can't have yeah. any other type of chicks in a rock. See, I thought it would have been funny if they would have had the the dog, the dad of the daughter, fucking have her tit, like have her shirt get ripped off at the end and her tits are fucking flopping out there because she refused to do the nude scene like that would have been so funny <laughs> yeah. that because, been fun. because all they do is rip off her shirt but her bra still on but it would have been fucking hilarious if they like something would have happened where her tits fucking end up flopping out <laughs> that actually is kind of funny well which is kind of a miss though too in the one scene where the one chick where the director's talking to the chick she's like yeah these girls didn't show up and you know we're gonna need you the short long of it was we're gonna need you to basically you know get topless kind of thing and that chick is super hot and then she kind of agrees to it and stuff but when she gets killed in the film it's kind of a tease you almost see her tits but you don't yeah yeah i was th- <laughs> i said I, I had the same thing i was, I was like the same. god damn what a missed opportunity like, because that chick you was have hot like, man if, if you freeze frame it you could fucking see them <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> Uh, yeah, got on my lotion. I didn't freeze frame it, but uh, but you know, honestly, man, one thing about the film that actually kind of bugged me was the name of the band. I think I think they were called Psycho, and of course, they were filming near the like the Psycho house and shit like that. Their music was definitely not dark. Yeah, they weren't playing. Well, Did you okay. see, like they weren't even fucking like trying to like line up with the freaking backing track. Like, well, that's kind hilarious. of, but that's kind of the joke in it, though, right? When I know, you're doing I know. Videos, I know. like nobody ever fucking plays their instruments properly. But like this band is supposed to be making this dark music, and they're filming in Universal near the Psycho House. But their music is not dark at all, and it's really cheesy '90s, uh, like '90s sounding radio rock music and shit. <laughs> Like so funny. I think that's part of the joke, though, too, right? It's just ridiculously mm-hmm. bad. It's so bad. But 
which comes a lot of great dialogue, man. There's a great scene where I think it's the, is it the, is it the, when they're talking about psycho, I can't remember if it's the, if, I can't remember if it's the director or if it's the, uh, the fall. Oh no, I think, I think it's actually the, the music director or the music um, producers and his daughter. And he's talking about like the horror movies and shit like that. He's like, yeah, Psycho, man. You know, that's where they film Psycho. Uh, yeah, yeah. And she's like, I think it's his da- her dad. Yeah, and she's like, I know that movie, Psycho. You know the one with Anne Heche? <laughs> <laughs> Which It's like one of the greatest parts in the film. Fuck, I lose it. I lost it the first time I watched it, too. Oh, that's good oh, shit, I, man. I would be remiss if I didn't mention at this point there, VV Nation. <laughs> Mar- uh, this is a shout-out to Marco, by the way. Oh, okay. I didn't get it. Cool, me neither. You got- you guys aren't aware on on your own page, Marco and uh, Ian, just every single day, just posting random shit about Vince Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. No. Yep, I do. <laughs> you I, I, I just I just kind of I just kind of played along with it, but I never understood what the hell the joke was. But I I know the joke is referring to the remake. But it's why? But why did they start that? Like, what's the joke though? We just understand. Randomly, that Marco started saying that he loves. Vince Vaughn and it just <laughs> just keeps going just Vince Vaughn nation because I've seen them even post that's it funny. like somebody will make a comment or something like oh that's definitely no Vince Vaughn performance <laughs> like, <laughs> <what the> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm currently looking at all the Robert movies on walmart.com speaking of the group <laughs> page because apparently there's these killer doll movies yeah. called Robert Oh my god, hey. dude! I literally just picked up all four in the last week. No shit, I'm about to see them at Family Video. I grabbed I'm all so four curious. of them because I, I keep hearing from people they're kind of fun. <laughs> so I'm like, four fucking. Where did Robert- you get them? The only place I could find them is Walmart. I Family them. Video, bro. Amazon. Buck Fifty. Amazon. Get get them all for me. No, I'll give you an extra five. <laughs> Come on, I have to J- get them first. JP, okay, there's then. a Family Video by the Uniontown Mall. I know, but it's in the fucking town. Robert film series. So, anyways, um, I think I think the one of the biggest issues with this film for myself, though, considering how big the fucking uh, the kill count. I, I mean, the body count in this film is pretty big. There's, I think there's a lot of deaths in this one. There's not really a lot of crazy, crazy deaths. You know, like a very inventive deaths and shit like that. It's kind of it's kind of disheartening. <laughs> It's kind of disheartening a little bit. And actually, I think one of the first kills in the film is fucking Ken Sagos. Crickets again. Nobody's like, who the fuck is Ken Sagos? Who the fuck is Ken Faisos? Who the fuck is Ken Sagos? It's fucking Kincaid, man, from fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. Are you serious? He is like the, he's the black guy that gets killed in this film, like right in the, like towards the beginning of the film. He's one of the prop guys, and he's testing out the shit. He's like, what the fuck? This shit ain't fucking working, man. This shit ain't working, man. <laughs> you know how the fuck he talks? That's fucking Kincaid, man. I was Makes so sense. disappointed that he died right away. I was like, shit, dude. He's like from one of my favorite movies of all time. But that was kind of cool to see him in the film. I did not know that. That was a cool cameo. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, the kills in this one aren't really the greatest, <laughs> surprisingly. There's not no. like an abundance of nudity considering all the hot chicks that are in there. I'm like, there's so much opportunity for it, right? But well, I do, I do get a kick out of the psycho kill. Like they, the, they referenced obviously 
pretty much just rip off the psycho kill from the top of the stairs. Um, it, yeah. That one's hilarious. Yeah. Well, if they got to throw in those homages, right? I mean, they talk oh, about yeah. they talk about so many horror films in here, you know, all the universal stuff, which totally makes sense. Which is kind of cool that they actually filmed there too. You know, it wasn't just like a set made to look like the universal sets. They actually filmed there. Yep. Which is kind of cool. So Which I'm curious what the budget would be here and then how Universal gave them permission to film here because I don't think this is a universal release. It actually isn't. Yeah. I thought it was too, but it's not. I don't know. Which, by the way, forgot the uh, mention of the the top here that uh, Dark House Entertainment's releasing this on Blu-ray randomly, really, really randomly. But yeah, I posted that last week. Yeah, yeah, which is fucking code red, right? <clears throat> yep. Yep. They're, they, I, I emailed the guy because I was like, when's this coming out? Because I'm really excited for it to actually come out. And he's like, uh, no no particular release date, but they're doing like a brand new scan of the movie from from its inner positive and like brand new artwork. And it's kind of come with this big case. Like basically, they're, it, I, my assumption is it's going to come in like an Arrow Hills Have Eyes kind of case. And that's what they kind of led me on to believe. So if that's true... I don't know why the Backlot Murders is getting this kind of a release, but why did, I'll take it. Why didn't they just go all out and put it in this, like, psycho house? <laughs> they just, like, put the release right in the psycho house. It's like, Jesus Christ, man, that's great. I, 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 was, I actually questioned it. Because I think it was Jeremy or JP, one of the two, said, Backlot Murders is getting released by Code Red. I'm like, what? I'm like, are you sure it's the same movie? I said that. Yeah, and I was like, I questioned it because I'm like, they generally don't release you know, modern films, right? At all. And that's really crazy that this movie's getting a fucking crazy release from Code Red. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but... I just wonder how much it's going to be, because I don't... I want to spend... I'm willing to spend money on it, but not what I hear Code Red prices are. Uh, Yeah, they can be frightening, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) For, For sure. Um... Yeah, one other person in this film I really like, man, is Priscilla Barnes. She does a great job. Is Stephanie as the uh, she's the agent, without giving a whole lot away yep. in the film. Yeah, but I think I, she's a great character, man. She's just like she's just that she plays that fucking character, man. She reminds me of somebody, and I can't think who it is. She's uh, what? What was she in? She was the mom from uh, Devil's Rejects, I think. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, that's not who she reminds me of. I know, <laughs> I know that's her now, but yeah, that's not it. <laughs> uh, she was on Three's Company. That's what I remember her from. Okay, growing up, I always remember her from that. But that's... Oh, apparently, she's in Stepfather Three. Oh. Nice. Okay. Coming soon to the Twenty Two Shots Moods and More podcast. Okay. Are you guys discussing the remake too? I've actually yeah. never seen Part Three of Stepfather. Believe it or not. But yeah, we are discussing the remake. Yep, the remake, which I just picked up. I just picked up, man. <clears throat> you guys have anything else on the backlot murders? I didn't say much of anything, but no. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a fun little movie. I enjoyed yeah. the titties. Some of the murders are still. It's it's really not the type of movie up my alley, honestly. But I did have fun with it. I think it was a lot more clever than I when I like I said when I first watched it. I didn't realize yeah. how much of a like. I mean, I got it, but second time around i really got what they were going for 
And it was actually kind of clever. There was some clever shit in there, and I was, like, very surprised by it. So, I don't know. Not bad. All right. Ratings. Five out of ten. <laughs> All right. This is pretty much going according to plan. <laughs> Andrew, what do you give it? Uh... Yeah, this one's. I actually didn't have a set score with what I was going to give it because I was. Uh, I was like, oh, depending on how the conversation goes. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a fun movie. It's nowhere near the level of like, like you can definitely tell it's inspired by the ideas that brought on Scream. Like, there's a lot of like meta jokes and like different different homages and different references to other movies in there, which I I I, I like, but definitely doesn't have like we were talking about in the faculty all of these like really big faces there's really you there are some people in there like we said Corey Heyman the kid guy who played Kincaid um but no one like really hot at the time or anything like that it wasn't nothing like that um even even still I still really enjoy it like I agree with moods the kills aren't the greatest but I still really have a lot of fun with it I come in at a seven and a half out of ten yeah um so I I think that this movie like there's like even though it's being like satirical and stuff there's certain things that I I don't like like how uh you know like there's that scene where the dude's like oh like hey there was somebody behind you or something and the way that the camera works like the person could not have moved out of the way without him seeing that person move out of the way you yeah. know what i mean it's just stuff like that like i just roll my eyes i can't even laugh at stuff but i like but that. a lot of it though like even in the performances um, man so that type of shit like i just see it as a joke though when i was watching it like i i get oh, exactly, it is a i joke. get i, get I just exactly don't think it's saying. funny okay i see yeah you, you get what i'm saying yeah um that stuff I, I find it more funny when it's like, you know, like uh, the, the the girls being dumbass girls who just want to get into Hollywood and stuff. But yeah, I like that stuff. It's funny. Um, but yeah, uh, I didn't. I, I definitely like because I, I knew that Moods didn't like this movie. So I, I thought that I was going to like it more than him. But apparently he's changed his mind on it. Um, but I'm coming in at a solid six out of ten. Well, I I. Th- I'm not sure what I originally gave it. It was like a five or a five and a half, I think. I think a five. It was a five. It was a five, yeah. So I was pretty average on it. But rewatching it, man, this is why I like rewatches because I actually had a lot more fun with this. It's not great by any means. I was really, again, disappointed by the kills and the lack of sleaziness in it, which I, you know, I think if they had made this, you know, today, you know, it'd, it'd make a little more sense, you know, the whole Weinstein thing. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Make it a little more crazy <laughs> and shit, but uh, you know what? I was actually thinking that the entire time watching this movie, and I also for some reason thought, I, like in my head, it just felt like a Weinstein movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I mean, I had a little bit of fun with it, man. I would like to seen maybe a tiny bit more Corey Haim. Maybe he just wasn't available because he was all fucked up. I don't know. Probably. But um, I did like I liked the, the satire, and it. it was kind of funny, man. There was some really good dialogue that actually had me cracking up. And I think I agree with Jay, or with uh, Jeremy, man. The uh, the director is the best part about this movie. Oh, yeah. Dude, he, almost everything that he spits is so funny. Everything. <laughs> it's ridiculous how funny he is. Some good dialogue. Like, whoever wrote that is pretty good. Um, I guess Paul Asenberg, whatever. Um, but I'm going to come in about a six and a half. It's not a great film, but it's it's pretty fun. 
it's fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Is that it? Outro. That is it, man. That is it. Andrew, thanks for stopping by once again. Hopefully Jeremy didn't offend you too much <laughs> by putting you down every three and a half seconds in the show. <laughs> but, you know, that's just the way it goes around here. Still got one more shot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> can i can i do my outro yeah all right thank you everybody for listening to episode 133 of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast always if you want to follow the man moods himself you could do so at youtube.com slash mood 616 and everybody be out on the lookout for his retrospective on richard lynch where he will tell the world who he really is because nobody knows and as always if you want to follow the man jp you can do so at youtube.com slash double shot J. And as always, you can follow me on my channel, youtube.com slash NES Ruler 22. And if you want to listen to the lowest rated show on Horophilia, you could do so. Listen to the wood. What, what, what's your guy's name? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> That's a dick that, move. That was actually clever. That's a dick move, though. It's pretty funny. <laughs> the wood bros, something like that. Yeah, you can listen to them on Horophilia. And as always, if you have any questions, you can leave us it at the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror at gmail.com. It's 22 Shots of Moods and Horror at gmail.com. And if you have any questions, you can leave us a voicemail at 724-426-6665. And those follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22 Shots Podcast. And join us on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash 22 Shots Podcast, right, JP? I don't know. Or uh, Facebook.com. Group slash 22 Shots Podcast. Or Facebook.com search for 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. So please support the Patreon to get the sand sucked out of my vagina. Or in this case, is Moods is tonight. Patreon.com slash 22 Shots Podcast. And that should do it for episode 133 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with some episodes. So stay tuned. Deuces. This is fucking bullshit, man. Polanski's beating, or uh, Sove is beating Polanski again. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. What honestly. the fuck? Well, at least Scream beat the Sleepaway Camp <laughs> in the twenty-two shots poll or the Exploding Heads poll. Dude, the West Craven. Fucking uh, coffin, Joe man. Nine was it? Ninety-five to twelve, right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of votes that Wes Craven got, man. Because you look at all the other fucking tallies, man. No one's listen. No one's even close day, to that. Wes Craven directed a Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Okay. More importantly, he directed Cursed. <laughs> Oh Jesus Chris Christ! Chris is man. solid. Um, okay, and he directed Scream, arguably one of the greatest horror films ever made. And and to the argument, Wes Craven also oh, credits that's in Woodsboro Hall right there, man. Wes Craven up, also credits the significance and the end result of Scream due to the screenplay. Yeah, like of course Williamson. he's humble. Of course, he thinks it's like one. He's of the never took screenplay. credit for and, anything. And I agree, though. I think the screenplay is amazing. With yeah, you know, but without the film that film is screen... also directed really fucking well. Oh, but you know, yeah. but you know, okay. I feel like what, when Wes Craven, Craven is, is that... passionate about something and he has a budget and no and and not much studio interference, that's when he kills it. Yep. 
But my point is, though, man, I mean, if you look at all the films that Wes Craven didn't have a great writer on, or besides Nightmare on Elm Street in Part 3, they're not really, like, masterpieces, though. Well, no, but I don't know how many of the Coffin Joe films are either. <laughs> but, I mean, those are all self-made. I mean, they're not masterpieces, but, I mean, he wrote and directed those and acted. I mean, he's pretty pretty full-fledged there. It's crazy. Yeah, he's pretty I mean, good. I mean, that's a so different Craven type of So is Craven with filming. New Nightmare. Well, <laughs> Craven certain, acted in New Nightmare. He acted in it. <laughs> to a certain extent, yeah. I mean, he actually wasn't bad in it. I mean, he was playing himself. It's kind of yeah. hard to fuck up acting like yourself, though. <laughs> I mean, if someone were to say, man, Wes Craven really sucked a new nightmare, that would be weird. He also directed People Under the Stairs and wrote it, I believe. Yep. Which did, is one of his better written works. Did he write that one? Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know. I actually like his work. Well, ironically, overall, I like his work when he writes his own because I think he's a tremendous writer and had great ideas, but mm-hmm. he wasn't the greatest, like, technical director. Like, Carpenter crushes him when it comes yeah, to Yeah, yeah, and, and he does. He does. He definitely does crush him. We well, hear a like lot of I people said, that they said they work with Craven. They said, man, Craven is like, he's like a yep. friend director. Yeah. He's, he's yeah, too, everybody. he was too kind to say exactly what he wanted, where carpenter uh, was the complete opposite he'd be like motherfucker get your ass in there and do your shit you know like so he always kind of got his vision out of it where i think Wes craven had these ideas but he never got his full vision out of what he wanted because he couldn't he couldn't <laughs> i don't want to say direct it but he couldn't get through sometimes because he was too uh, fucking nice about shit i think and like a lot of people worked when they said he was too nice of a director he was the best director they ever worked with because it was the easiest to direct to be directed by you know, there's a I lot of directors at, that'll sit there and, and, and tell you straight up, no, you need to act, you need to do this, you need to look this way, you need to do, you know, they're in your fucking face the whole scene. You know, and Craven was kind of like, you know, you play it by the numbers. You know, here's your scene, you act it, and he'll give you a little bit of guidance, but he'll also accept what you're doing. I think, it's I a think different that Craven has, like, obviously his two best films, Elm Street and Scream, but... Like when yeah, when you look at yeah. like okay so Last House and Hills Have Eyes highly influential movies highly important movies even though like you watch them and they necessarily don't hold up perfectly um, I say Last House more so than than Hills Have Eyes Last House is still cited as people's favorite horror movie look at Jerry that's his favorite horror movie because it shocked the hell out of him when he was a kid sure it's nostalgic but. It has that effect on people. Um, and then, yeah, he, of course he has, like, the deadly blessings and the swamp things. I know, I know it's in the Woodsboro Hall. Um, but then, you know, he also has the often underlooked Serpent in the Rainbow, which is greatly directed. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'll give him credit on that one, considering people, like, died and almost died <laughs> and during the making of that one. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So he has shitty ass Deadly Friend, but then he did Serpent in the Rainbow the next year. Deadly Friend then, is actually legitimately bad. And then he has shitty ass Shocker, and then he has the people under the stairs the next year. Yeah, Shocker's not a great film, but it's fun as fuck though. In my yeah, case, but yeah, and even like Red Eye is pretty well directed. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, that came within uh, half a point 
the making Woodboro of the Hall. Woodsboro Hall. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the Woodsboro Hall. Pretty easy to get in, huh? So how many films do you have in the in the Woodsboro oh, Hall? Oh, holy fuck. We, well, I need to go back and keep track, but we have quite a bit. Dude, make a letterbox. I keep telling Exploding Heads this since I you don't have a for, website. I, I keep forgetting, yes. I, I do mean to do that. Yeah, find out what's in the hall and then make a, a yeah. list page. For the Woodsboro Hall. Man, I still can't believe I came in higher on the faculty than JV did. I'm kind of pissed about that. I wanted to change my rating immediately. <laughs> man, I like... You know, it's funny, man. Right after I watch a film, I wanted to watch it again. And that like never it's, happens to It me. has that effect, dude. That movie... It's a good movie. I, did, I watched it... I actually watched almost all of it and I fell asleep. And when I woke up, I just was like, I'll just start it over, (laughs) you know, and I was clear to the point where they was fucking uh, the chick throws the whole batch of scat on the other chick. Yeah, on the principal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that would have made me even more frustrated, though, if you came up to a nine, because then it would have literally been a half a point away from the (laughs) hall. It actually would have been. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't Uh, realize that. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. I thought that was a really solid show, honestly. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I thought that was good stuff. <laughs> I know something's going to come with that Richard Lynch, though, for sure. Is your? Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I mean, honestly, to be 100 percent honest, after I looked him up, I did recognize him from Halloween, <clears throat> but yeah. I still didn't really. Know. I was kind of playing it up a bit because I thought it was funny. Well, it comes a night score, and that's not a horror movie. Oh my god. <laughs> Kill you. I'm totally joking. Fuck off. You're going to make Jason talk shit again. <laughs>